Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of uh, former Bellator fighters, Liz Carmouche, getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week, it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who, of course, uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ. One Patricky Pitbull is, uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check them out. If you're at home, check them out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life. On this Monday, March 21st, 2022, hello again, everyone. I hope you're doing well. I am fired up. It feels like a post-pay-per-view Monday. It is not a post-pay-per-view Monday, but it certainly feels like we just witnessed not only a pay-per-view level card on Saturday, but a card that I suspect come end of December, early January, when we're giving out those awards and the most prestigious award show in the sport i have a feeling that we'll be talking about saturday night saturday afternoon i have a feeling that we'll be talking about a few things crowd of the year card of the year perhaps knockout of the year uh maybe some people who become breakout stars of the year saturday was such a special day again a reminder of why we love this sport so much why we preach about this sport, why we try to get people on board, why we try to get people to understand why we love these fighters and these fights and these characters and the buildup and the cards and all that stuff. Saturday is one of those days that, like Dublin in 2014 and some other cards here and there, you know, uh, 129 in Toronto back in the day and 134 in Brazil, one of those cards that I think we'll be talking about for a long time. Another reminder why this can be such a special sport when everything comes together. A reminder why people like myself have been beating the drum for the last few months about why they need to get out of the apex, why they need to get back in front of crowds, not only for pay-per-views, but for live events. And a reminder, just like I watch almost every Saturday another matchroom boxing card on zone, why you need to be spending a lot more time 
in the UK, in Europe, because those crowds are different. And this is not me trying to disrespect any American city, any American fan base, but those crowds are special. It is different. Makes the stars on the card, the fighters on the card feel bigger, feel like superstars. Makes the performances better. Makes the experience at home better. Everything about it just makes it a hell of a lot more fun. It was magical. I was sitting in front of my computer where I watched the fights, as depressing as that sounds, from the first fight on. And there were 10 UK-based fighters on that card. 10. I say they couldn't have scripted it any better. In reality, had they gone 10-0, that would have been the ultimate. In the end, they went 7-0. Still pretty damn good. Three losses. Not the worst losses. And if we're being honest, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming most fans are happy about the ones who won as opposed to the ones who lost. Like, they would trade those losses for the kinds of performances that we got. Let's just be real. And just like Dublin in 2014, it felt like everything was growing, was building, right? From the first fight on, when the 21-year-old from Manchester, who had been talking a big game, named Mohammed Mokhaev, who had been heard, hearing about for quite some time, from the IMAFs, from Dagestan, the flyweight version of Khabib Nurmagomedov, when he comes out and he starches Cody Durden in 58 seconds, second fastest finish in flyweight history, you get the feeling, and I tweeted this, feels like it's going to be a special night. It was shades of Patty Houlihan back in the day in Dublin, and there were less Irish-based fighters on that card, way more this one, so obviously, you know, more room for error, but it just felt like it kept on growing and growing, and yes, like I said, there were some stumbling blocks here and there. There were some moments where you're like, all right, you know, Corey McKenna losing, that's a bummer, but you got Paul Craig coming back, hulking up. You got, you know, Ilya Tapuria and Jai Herbert. I know it didn't go their way, but like what a great performance that was. Jack Shore and Tamur Valiev in one of the best rounds of the year. We'll be talking about that third round. Mike Grundy was a bummer. That's probably the one that hurt the crowd the most. There was a lot of emotion. But then once we got by the Jai Herbert loss, Molly McCann with one of the greatest knockouts you'll ever see. And her celebration was incredible. Gunnar Nelson comes back to form. Great Patty, of course, with the walkout, which delivered. Although I thought they should have recorded him from back in the locker room, but alas, I digress. Huge win for him after he got tagged early on. Arnold Allen with the big knockout of Dan Hooker, an incredible win. And then Tom Aspinall makes it look easy. And I was speaking to someone earlier today. It's like, that felt like it was all, you know... Harlem Globetrotter stuff. It felt like it was scripted for the UK guys to win. Let's not forget, Tom Aspinall was an underdog going into that fight. Might have switched at the very end, but for the most part, he was an underdog. Allen and Hooker was essentially a pick em. Not all these fights were, you know, obviously Patty, big favorite. Molly was a favorite, but these weren't gimme fights. Now, do you want to see them continue to progress and get, yes, but this was magical stuff. And then you see the crowd chanting, like, this clip of Tom Aspinall, of the crowd chanting Tom Aspinall, I can't stop singing this song. Tommy Aspinall, Aspinall, Tommy Aspinall. 
La 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 la. I can't stop singing this. Tommy Aspino, Aspino, Tommy Aspino. La 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 la. Magic. That's a police car they're dancing on top of. This is outside the arena. You telling me they're dancing like this if Matt Brown wins on Saturday in Columbus? You telling me they're dancing like this if Justin Gaethje wins in May in Phoenix? They're not. It's a different kind of scene. It's a different kind of fan base. Different kind of emotion. It's just different. You feel it in here. You want to be a part of it. You feel like you're missing out. You got FOMO. Beautiful stuff. Uh, oh, Patty the Batty. Where do you get these chants from? Where, where do they come up with this stuff? But it's freaking beautiful. I want to shower in it. I love it. it. It gives you a jolt of adrenaline, a jolt of excitement. And again, it's a reminder why we love this damn sport so much. And you know you know what's my favorite part of the whole thing? My favorite part of the whole thing. Why is my chair so low? I don't know what's going on here with my damn chair. My favorite, I feel like a freaking, uh, what's his name? Mad Dog. It's going down now. Okay, let me get this up. My favorite part of the whole thing, my favorite part of the whole thing isn't necessarily what this means for Tom, what it means for Patty, what it means for uh, Molly, and what it means for all these guys. My favorite part of the whole thing is that you just know that there are kids out there in Europe, in England, in the UK, who watch that card on Saturday, and in five, six years, they're going to be stars as a result of what they saw on Saturday. That's the beauty of sport, not just MMA. It happens in, like, there's a great documentary called The Carter Effect about what Vince Carter did for Canadian kids who grew up wanting to play hockey, and then they found out about a thing called basketball, and then they wanted to be the next Vince Carter. There's great stories written about kids who grew up watching Patrick Waugh, the goalie of the Montreal Canadiens. Can, there's Ian Gary, right? Ian Gary talks about this, and now you see what he becomes. I can guarantee you, in five, six years, if we're doing this show still, if we're talking to fighters still, there are people that are going to reference this card. They're going to say they were in the stands. They're going to say they were at home watching it with their friends. And they saw the reaction that Patty got, that Molly got, that Tom Aspinall got. And, and, and they said, I want to do that. I can guarantee you there are kids at the gym right now across Europe, across the UK, who are talking about Saturday, who are mimicking what, what Patty did with that takedown, mimicking what Molly did with that spinning back. I can guarantee you that that is happening and that will happen. And that's the best part of the evolution of, of this sport and sport in general. That's the best part that they're going to be referencing this for years and years to come. Amazing stuff. Can't wait to talk about it with a bunch of the people who are on the card. I am pumped. I hope you are as well. As always, this program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the UFC. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code Hour for a special offer when you sign up. Again, that's code Hour only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Please support them because they support us. Tommy Aspinall, Aspinall, Tommy Aspinall. Now, for those wondering where is Tommy Aspinall, he'll be on Wednesday's show, so do not worry about that. That's the beauty of having two shows in uh, the span of a week. You're able to break things up and you don't have to load the deck with everyone. So stay tuned for that. But we've got a bunch of those UK... I mean, it's a very, it's a very UK based show uh, with one exception of course on uh saturday back into the show we'll be joined by new york rick as always rick's picks will be joined by gc i think he had another great weekend so he's on fire right now with the picks we'll see how his weekend went i, I believe if we run the tape back i sprinkled in a couple of thoughts on some pay. I'm, I'm pretty sure 
I said Aspinall via finish, no if, ands, or buts. And there were a couple of these, uh, you know, betting experts who said, oh, no, it's in Volkov. Dude flew like 24 hours all across the world just to get to the fight. I mean, that was Aspinall's night. There was no, and, and honestly, if you're into that future business stuff, uh, Tom Aspinall is going to be a title contender this time next year. Tom Aspinall will fight for a belt or will already be a champion by this time next year. Now, it might be interim. It might be interim championship. That's fine. Who knows what's going on with Francis, and we hope it all gets sorted. But Tom Aspinall is special. He reminds me of like a mix of Frank Mir and Cain Velasquez when they were super young. Body type kind of like Mir, BJJ like Mir, speed, agility, wrestling like Kane. I mean, and maybe one of the better compliments that you can give a heavyweight, Tom is very, very special. Um, so Rick, GC will join us, bottom of the show. Of course, it wasn't only UFC London on our minds, and it all worked out perfectly. Immediately after the event was over, there was a bit of a break there, and then we all settled in. All of us at MMA Fighting, the MMA Media, all settled in to watch our guy, Eugene Casey Leiden, at Celtic Gladiator 31 in Commerce, California, at the Commerce Casino, go up against that dastardly Fritz Frauendorf. And we all talked, you know, we had him on the show on Wednesday and what a performance it was. Got rocked very early, weathered the storm. And I thought it was three ten eights, if you ask me. Frank, twinkle toes, trig, refereeing. How crazy was that? Uh, and, and, and Casey got the nod. He got the dub. Got his hand raised via decision, 30 to 27. I thought... 30 to 24, and I'm not being biased. I mean, those were dominant rounds. The takedowns, the ground and pound, tremendous. Um, so we'll talk to Casey about the experience. His first MMA fight, again, longtime videographer. I traveled the world with him. Pick any interview from 2009 to 2018 that I did, any video package on this website, they were all done by him, every single one. Pick one right now, top of your head, done by him. I'll save you, uh, you know, some time. And he won. Pretty amazing. So we'll uh, talk to him about the experience and if he's going to do it again, all that stuff and more. At uh, 3 o'clock, that'll be at around 3.30. At 3 o'clock, we're going to be joined by Arnold Allen. What a win for Arnold, right? Man, again, one of those fights that I was looking forward to but not looking forward to because we all love Dan. We all love Arnold. Arnold deserves some good things. Now he's won 11 in a row, 9 in a row in the UFC, if this guy needs to fight one more time before getting a title shot, one more win, fine. If it's two, I'm rioting. Let's get Arnold back out there. Huge win. He defeats Dan Hooker. First round, 233. Standing TKO. Absolute beautiful stuff. I can't wait to talk to uh, AAA. Arnold Almighty Allen. That will be at uh, 3 o'clock. At uh, around 2.25, we'll be joined by Jack Shore, the pride of Wales. What a big win for him. Again, it all just kept on building and building. Had that fight, tough fight against Timur Valiev, underdog in that fight. Timur, again, no cupcake. Timur is a tough, tough guy. Super tough. He may not be a household name, but he is as tough as it gets. And it looked dicey at the uh, the start of the fight. That third round was amazing. Rock'em, sock'em. And in the end, the right man won. Jack Shore remaining undefeated, now very much a player in that division. 135, one of the most stacked divisions in the UFC. Can't wait to talk to him. The beloved daughter of Liverpool, 
Molly McCann with the unbelievable finish, knocking out Luana Carolina. She'll join us at around uh, 2.05. Can't wait to talk to her. She was uh, one of the stars of the show. And again, someone who had talked to us about not just wanting a W, decisions are great, but she wanted something emphatic. Couldn't have scripted that any better. In the third round, spinning back elbow. Looked like the fight might end very early. First, second minute, she poured it on. Spinning back elbow, third. I suspect we'll talk about that knockout come the end of the year. When we're talking about knockouts of the year, Molly McCann might just be the winner. Uh, and it happened in early March. At around 1.40, we'll talk to Paul Craig, who had that big win on Saturday as well. The pride of Scotland. Paul Craig, one of those guys who is just on a different level when he's off his back, getting roughed up a little bit by Nikita Krylov. Uh, he's on a roll as of late. He's looking good. He talked at one point about you know wanting to call it a career when he hit, I think it was 35, he said. Well, now he's saying, I'm good. Yeah, he's turning 35 in, uh, in November, and now he's saying, I'm good. And uh, all of a sudden now for Paul Craig... That's one, two, three, four, five wins in a row. Remember, we uh, we saw him back in June against Jamal Hill. That fight and that win has aged beautifully. Win over uh, Shogun Hua. He's won five in a row since his loss to Alonzo Menafield back in 2019. Uh, and that was a big triangle choke victory for him. Once again, off his back. Looks like he's in trouble. He slaps it on you. And, uh, and it's all she wrote. Big win for Paul Craig. And then in a matter of seconds, in fact, no, uh, right off the bat, right here now, uh, we told you, our first guest of the day. This is the way I wanted to start today's show with this guest because he started it off. After his win on Saturday, I said, it feels like something special. And honestly, we all felt like something special was going to happen even before, but it just seemed like it was perfect. Like there was someone up above scripting this, and uh, in the golden age of MMA is Smarter people than I. People have been covering that scene longer than I. Of course, my friend Pete C saying, this is the golden age of MMA coming together. The biggest card that they've had up until this point with the most amount of talent, with the most amount of prospects, with the most amount of legit talent, not just like, you know, filler guys, not just like lovable characters, like legit talent, future title contenders. You kick it off with a 21-year-old born in Dagestan, comes over to Manchester, has talked a big game over the last few years. I remember when his manager, Tim Simpson, hit me up and said, I got the next guy. I got the next guy. The next guy out of Dagestan, he is going to be a champion. He wants to be the youngest champion in UFC history. You see, you know, big stage to debut on. What does he do? He comes out in 58 seconds, knee early on, then a submission. Couldn't have scripted it better. There was only one proper way to start today's show after the London event, and that's with our first guest of the day. Let's go to Muhammad Mohayev, who is kind enough to join us. There he is. Salam alaikum, my brother. How are you? How are you? How are you? Ariel, how's things? Uh, things are, I, let me tell you something. Probably things are much better for you than they are for me, my friend. Are you still on a, on a high right now? Are you still on cloud nine after Saturday? Oh, amazing, amazing feelings, especially like British crowd. It was crazy for like Tim Simpson, my manager said, I never see this, uh, this amount of crowd in first fight ever. And remember I said in interview, I said, listen, it doesn't matter if they put me first on, I still make the arena packed, you know? So 
Wow, it was it was amazing. Yeah. So, like I said, uh, Mohammed, like you 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 predicted a lot. You 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 aren't afraid to put it out there. But once we got closer to the fight, were you feeling nervous? Like, man, I got to back this up now. I, I've said a lot. I've put a lot of pressure on my shoulders. You're looking at me now like I'm a crazy person for even asking this question. No nerves whatsoever. Of course, I have nerves. I'm, I'm a human, you know, and I'm young. And uh, but but listen, there's there's not much pressure. Like people gonna you win, you lose. People gonna hate. They're gonna support. There's always three sides of people. You do good or bad. But uh, main thing was comfortable for your your own uh, life is what you do. If you're confident, say it. If you if you make mistake, you lose, or you do something, not go ahead of your plan. Okay, it's it's your life. Uh, it's your life. You know, nobody gonna uh, back you up. So whatever they say, it's it's there's not like pressure of like much of this. You know. Okay. But I I, I said like round two TKO and it was like people like hey he's like 30, he's ten years older he's like three times more professional uh, record than you and also when I walked in in the cage he said something swearing word I put finger up of his face you know inside the cage I'm like hey I'm too confident you you cannot do this to me the whole week how did it go for you like from the moment you checked in and going through everything I saw you tweeting about the UFC like how did it feel for you your first time out amazing bro listen um you know like I always read like UFC fighters they always say like uh, the pay was bad and stuff like this you know especially like Francis Migano was, was saying and I was like maybe maybe like backstage work what what the guys don't uh there's uh, matt talon and john you know there was when as soon as i arrived they look after me they probably spent maybe like five grand over me in, in this week like doing my medicals doing my stuff around taking care of my team and uh, from nutrition from nutrition to weight cut and everything was sorted basically you just have to stay focused for your fight and they, they was doing everything it was it was something that I never seen before. Uh, you saw Cody around the hotel? <laughs> Twice, to be honest. On a Friday and then two days before the fight. And and any interactions, any uh, chatter between you two guys? Yeah, so f- first time like I seen him, it was the start of the week. I, I was in the lift going up and he, he probably pressed the bottom on, on the like, second floor. I was coming from first and then his... Uh, he, he he want to walk in, then he see me. I'm like, hey, Cody, you still alive? And he said like, said hello, and then he didn't go in. You know, I was with my like, is my is like one of the coaches. You know, actually, it was like a physio guy with me. You know, and then and then uh, and then he's like, I said this in interview, and he said no, it's a, it's a bullshit. I, I said you're a motherfucker and all this. I'm like, hey, you didn't say this. Just leave it. You know. So on the fight day, he was with the security guard. And I was in lift about with eight people, maybe six people, and he, he, it's same situation happened, you know. Oh my! He want to walk in. He want to walk in, and he he seen us, and he didn't want to go in. And then security guard, don't worry, don't worry, because you come in. Ah. So we got in, and then uh, at the, it was Friday, you know, in the morning after breakfast, and um, and I said, oh, you you don't have your glasses, you know, because he put glasses on the, on the veins, so so I don't see his eyes. And then he's like, I don't have your glasses. And we talk and he said, you're going to get smashed anyway tonight. I'm like, I'll smash your head right now if you want to. Well, I leave it for, for the payday, you know. So, And then I said it and I've done it. Uh, when you walked into the cage, what did he say to you? 
he said something like motherfucker or something like this and I'm like are you crazy you know so I put finger up his face because I didn't want to do bad things I just want to like tell referee said let's go in in the days leading up like when you're in the hotel when you're getting ready when you're you're getting mentally ready did you allow yourself to think of your journey to get to this point? You're, you're still such a young guy, but you've been talking about this for several years. Your DM to Dana White a few years ago, predicting that you'd be here. Did you allow yourself to kind of smell the roses and enjoy it, or were you hyper-focused and didn't do any of that? I was really focused, really, really focused, to be honest. I was like, on a, on a, on a, after wins, I was in, 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 uh, in my room, without people, without any noise, just concentrating, I know, like, all the hard work, getting to training two hours on the train, two hours back, like, bad weather situation when I travel around the world for the, my fights with, like, immigration statuses and stuff like this. All this, like, listen, this is something I need to, I need to, this will change my life. This debut will change my life. And um, one of the steps that will, Push me to the title also, you know, later on. But it was like uh, motivation was another level. Honestly, did you think it would go, you know, that quickly? You think it'd go down that quickly? Or were you a little surprised? How we said, listen, these guys are like average fighters. Not average fighters. <laughs> they, they have two legs, two legs, two arms, head. I have exactly the same. It's nothing that they're going to come inside the cage and they're going to do some job I've never seen in my life. Or they're going to shoot that. I never been shot on a takedown. It's nothing like, and I never seen. But, but I, I sit around too secure because I know his gas tank is bad. So I was gonna wear him out in first round. I was gonna actually give him like, I jump with that need to maybe he catch my leg to play with. He play with my leg, so I make him tired and then finish him. But he eat this knee, you know. Oh my gosh, it was incredible! Like you came out like you were shot out of a cannon. When you when you got the submission win, it only took fifty eight seconds. Do you remember the feeling? Do you remember like what that felt like when when you felt him tap? Yeah, I, I was like, as soon as I got the ne neck, I'm like, yes, he's, he's, he's gonna tap because uh, like week uh, last week um, I did sparring with my coach. He's a bantamweight, but he's around like seventy four kilogram. You know, I did this choke on him. He's a brown belt. You know, and he's like, what did you do? And and this like choke, it's like a ninja choke from the front. It's, it's hard to get, but if you get it, anybody, top. And then I did this, actually, Dana White, I think, posted video. I did this in the change room. And then I, when I've got this, I'm like, hey, he's going to top. And then just my head gone, and I can't yeah. remember anything. Incredible. Yeah. Um, because you had been dreaming of this moment and thinking about it, is there any part of you, I know it's a crazy thing to ask, but, like, you only got 58 seconds in there. Like, is there any part of you that wanted more yeah. just to feel – what it you know like the uh, three four minutes at least just to feel it because it, it happened so quickly i'm sure it's all just kind of a blur in your mind yes uh, especially like when the bruce buffer said my name like i'm like oh i only realized bruce buffer in a, uh, a bit later i'm like well bruce buffer first fight in like prelims what's he's doing here yeah like yes yes gee you know yeah. like, <laughs> you know i was excited i'm like but most of my part is interesting is to come in when they announce your name these feelings and then the fight is is, is is something that you do every day in the gym anyway. But if the, all this uh, show, I love you. Know? But uh, it's okay. We, we got more. It's it's better for me. Less injuries. I go fight again soon. Mm -hmm. you know? um, what do you do? Like, okay, the fight is over. 
what do you do? How do you calm down? Where, where you, you go to the back, you do a bunch of media stuff, but like, tell us what goes on backstage for you then. Yeah, so uh, I go see my family and um, I go see all my friends. You see, they didn't want to let me because they said it's dangerous to you go to the crowd. I'm like, hey, I'm in hometown. I'm not hometown, I'm in, in my country, you know? So yeah. nobody gonna do crazy, crazy things. I know people like drinking and stuff, but I know I live here 10 years. I know how to control control the like crowd and, and stuff like this. And um, I, ha- I had like a good team around me and it was, it was all good. So I'll go see all my team around and then we go back to the hotel. No, nothing much, eat and go sleep. And next day is just go out, go walk around like a hotel with my friends. That's it, nothing uh, special. Did you stay there for the rest of the card? Yes, I did. I did. I did state. I which I, I I really want to touch watch Tom Aspinall, uh, Allen, you know, and um, and um, you know, like uh, Topuria also fighting. So some good names like Jack Shaw against Timur Valiyev. Some good fights. I, I stayed to watch. Were a lot of people recognizing you when you were in the crowd? I think like I was like fifty sec- fifty eight seconds changed everything. Like. Everybody come take pictures and stuff. I'm like, like I, I always was thinking, I work, I go to training two hours and train two hours back, like this life. And I'm like, how do people get like famous and stuff? It clicks like this in your life. Is but it- it's, 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 I, I had this before. Yeah, after every fight, something like this, but this one was like different. Right. Does it feel, you know, now, like, is it hard to, uh, to digest all of this, to, to handle all the, the newfound love and fame? Not really, uh, Ariel. To be honest, I have this, uh, since my amateur debut, I have this, like, this this noise around all the time. That's why I think I'm still going because I try, I try my best to stay focused. Uh, what's the coolest yeah. message, if any, that you got from, I'm sure a lot of people hit you up, sent you messages. Is there one that really touched you? after the fight that you got from someone? I think, um, you know, Rustam Khabilov, who actually came to watch in 2016 on this card. Wow. And uh, on this card in 2016, I was sitting all day and I'm like, soon I'm going to be watching different view, you know, from different side. Wow. And um, like, and then I was like standing in there and I'm, I'm looking where I was sitting in 2016. And I really appreciate the people that bought tickets. It's, for me, 180 pound ticket was that time it was expensive. Now, looking so many people sitting and uh, and I want to put a good, great show for them. Was that the? Uh... Yeah. And he po- he he posted photo, you know, like congratulated me. And, wow. and he's the guy who I was like growing up watching his fights. He was your favorite. Yes. Wow. Uh, and you know him now. You have a relationship with him. Of course, he he was actually in Bahrain. He was supposed to corner me. He came to Bahrain to help me with the training camp, and uh, UK didn't approve his visa. Ah. We'll sort we'll sort out in out in a bit maybe. I hope I hope home office giving visa you know next time. Yeah, um, that card in 2016 is that Bisping Anderson? 
Yes, that's right. Wow, man. You were there. How old were you in 2016? That was five. You were like, what? I was 16. 16 years old. Golly. That's what I was yeah. saying at the beginning of the show before you came on. The coolest thing of Saturday's event is that I bet you in five, six years, if I'm still doing this, I'm going to talk to another kid who was there on Saturday who said, I saw you and Arnold and Aspinall. It's like a, you know, that, that circle of life. It's an amazing thing because we see I it hope. all the time. I hope, I hope as many kids on the arena took some motivation and um, might get aspired, you know, and, and they changed their life. Maybe not become a, as a great athlete, maybe become a better uh, human, you know, in life. I hope somebody got aspired by me in the arena, at least one, you know. Did you see the uh, the tweet that Stefan Struve posted earlier today? I seen, I seen. That, that was in uh, UFC Manchester, actually. Wow. And so you saw him just in the hotel? Yes, I seen him in hotel because Albert Tumenov, my friend, he was fighting and I came to support him and I was in the same hotel. And I said, Stefan, he's like a long guy. <laughs> and I, I t when we was taking picture, my, my friend shout single leg and I'm like, took his single leg and he, he was probably looking at me like, who is that strange kid? Yeah. <laughs> did you remember that? when and he, he did. And then he interviews you on Saturday in your post fight. Crazy, I know, I know. I seen him, he's doing interview. I didn't realize it because he's got these Harry Potter glasses on. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm looking at him and he's like, oh yeah. I said, I said, I remember. You told him the story? Because I'm sure he didn't remember you. You were just a kid. I did. I did tell him the story, yeah. Wow, that is amazing. Also, you've talked about the DM to Dana and then you posted a picture of you and Dana. Was that your first time meeting him? Yes, that's right. And uh, what, what was that conversation like? He's like, he's like, I love this kind of shit. <laughs> he's like, I love, I love this kind of stories. And he's also said that Tom also like uh, met him in 2012, Thomas Pinal, and said, I love stories like this. And uh, like, um, hope we meet again in like in the US. And it was great, great to see him in real life. Humble guy. Hopefully we'll meet again in America, maybe July 2nd. Yes, I'm going to ask you about that in a moment. Um, but did he respond to your DM? Has he looked at it yet? No, I think he's. I think he still still got this excitement okay. about that London card. Right. I think he still gives away these bonuses, you know. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Nine of you got bonuses. I, I think he's. I think he's, like. Um, I, I think he see the crowd and he's, he's like, I'm giving the bonuses out tonight. <laughs> Incredible. I mean, I would imagine in in one day you you made more money on Saturday than you made in your entire life, right? That's right. To be honest, last week I was counting my money and I, I want to buy a house. At the moment, I'm staying like in some like um, place like I booked like for two weeks before my fight, and I was thinking now I, I don't want to rent anything. I want to buy something. You know, I'm tired of like moving like suitcases. I still got like a backpack moving there, moving there, and I was thinking. Let, let me see after fight what amount of money I get to 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 get a house to get at least apartment at least like something for for myself for my family. You, know? uh, you also posted something great about like not that long ago you were a refugee, and now here you are you know in the UFC you came over right. I mean it's just your story is very inspirational. I would imagine a lot of uh, people have reached out to you and wrote to you to tell you how big of an inspiration you are. Now, are you allowing yourself to look back at your journey and, and enjoy how far you've come? Yes, I, I, I look back and I remember all the toughness and made, made me who I am today. 
to be honest, all the toughness live make like I have like strong team on, on Saturday night. I have like good people in my in my corner, in my behind stages, people doing stuff, help me behind that. It's all the people that I filtered through my life, you know? Like they they, they, they were with me in bad situations and good situations and who 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 left me in my bad situations, they already left. But the real ones left stayed with me now and I will take them all the way to the top. Was your father with you? Yeah, he was there. He was watching and then he he left like quick because he said too much messy. I don't uh, like this. <laughs> what did he say to you when you spoke to him? Hey, he was happy, you know, he's he, 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 he never showed me his how happy he is. He showed to other people but not to me. Why? I don't know, he's, he's I don't know. USSR old style, you know, it's like, like, well done. That's it. Like, That's okay. it. <laughs> but you know how much it, it probably meant to him. I mean, I'm sure he was over the moon. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. I know, I know how it means. Like somebody sent me his voice message, like he ah. was saying like good stuff. And I'm like, is that real him? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that yeah. reminds me a little bit of my dad as well. Um, was that the first time he saw you live? Third time out of 35. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. First time yeah. at the UFC for him, probably, I would guess. That's right, that's right. Um, all right, uh, by the way, one last thing on the fight. What did you say? I saw you and Cody talking afterwards. What did you say to him? <sighs> I, I relaxed. I'm like, hey, I, I just dropped him, like nearly TKO, then I thought, maybe they say it's uh, it's lucky kick punch. I'm like, let's some bits, you know? So I finished him. I've done everything was possible in that one minute. You know, it's nothing to else to prove him. And I, I just told him, listen, head up, respect. He has a kid and family to look after. Nothing, um, nothing else I can make bad. Uh, make make him listen. I give him listen. He talked bad about this uh, Chinese guy in UFC. I told him, listen, if you carry on, we'll send you. I'll send you like tonight, tonight to embassy, you know, and they take you to back to US. But, but if you know Karen, like leave him. It's, he's already like go humbled. Yeah, it's enough. Don't need to bring bring him more. Uh, it's a bit maybe a bit bullying, you know. But let him stay there. Maybe he be, become better person. Respect. Um, so I saw earlier today, uh, Mike Bond of MMA Junkie tweeted this. You just referred to it. Uh, July second, we're gonna see you back that soon. Is that is that the plan? International Fight Week. Oh, it'd be it'd be amazing, you know, fighting on on that card. It'd be. I'm I'm already like, hey, give me like Team Elliot, give me anybody from top fifteen, top ten. I hope they accept. I know they they'd be like, hey, this who is this young kid? And already Team Elliot posted on Twitter. I'm too old. Everybody picking on me. I've got more bonuses than you actually had the fight. Then fight me, you know. Don't talk too much. If I want to fight, if I just shut up. So that's the one you want. You want Tim Elliott July second. Tim Elliott is, is I respect. He's a he's a great opponent. Like people say, like there's Amir Albazi. There's another rank number ten Dobrak. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I said, I said anybody, please give me. But Tim Elliott is good name to beat. That would be a big one. But is it for sure that you're going to be on July second on that card? Looking. If somebody accept the fight, I'm, I'm, I'm there. Okay. Uh, in the United States, in Las Vegas, this will be a different scene for you. Yes. Oh, looking forward to it. 
You would like that. Uh, would now you you want to start fighting more in America, or do you like these cards? You know, closer to home, UK. I, I was thinking they would obviously try to put you maybe on the uh, the Abu Dhabi card as well, right? In uh, in October, maybe you do July, July, and then October, maybe. Uh, uh, at the moment, if they bring if they come back to Manchester end of this year, I, I'm I'm thinking they will come back like November, like they usually come back. If they come back to Manchester, I'm definitely in. Like I, I've closed my eyes for America for now and fight in my my hometown, and I, I fill up the arena. Like anytime they put me on the five o'clock in the morning, I think the arena will be full, you know. But um, if 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 it's before that, like July time, I will fight in in US for now. But if it's UK end of the year, I'm here. I love it. Well, the hype is real. You are for real, my friend. You're now a UFC veteran, 1-0 and in the octagon, 58 seconds, second fastest finish in flyweight history. Do you think, by the way, at some point you'll go up to 135? Like, is that, you think as you get older, or do you think your whole career will be 125? What do you feel? I had 26, 25 fights, I think, at bantamweight. And this is my second fight in flyweight since 2017. So I think I'm, I'm very strong for the, for the flyweight, I went to the fight as a one forty-five pounder. Wow! So I went, I went, I was, I was huge to be honest. And I'm like, um, this is my weight category. I was too strong when I when I got hold of Koji. I'm like, is this the flyweight? I swear, I had this in my head. Is this the flyweight? <laughs> because I always part with featherweight guys and lightweight. And um, and I said, listen, I'm, I'm staying flyweight. Amazing. Uh, okay, weight cut, no problem. Perfect. Perfect. With the weight cut, I had new nutritionists for this fight, Shamil, and um, the weight cut went well. And of course, like your CPI helped us a lot at the backstage. Yeah. Well, uh, much respect. I was really, really happy for you. And uh, again, I remember exactly where I was when Tim called me to tell him that, uh, to tell me that he signed you uh, because, you know, there was some talk where you were going to sign, who you're going to go with. He was so happy. He was over the moon. And he called me, said, I got the guy. This guy's going to be a champion. Give him a couple of years. He'll make it to the UFC. Maybe youngest champion ever. You are on your way, my friend. So uh, enjoy the victory. Again, congratulations on the amazing moment, the amazing performance. And I hope to see you July 2nd in Las Vegas, my friend. Thank you so much, Ariel. I'm, I'm really pl- pleasure to work with Paradigm also, you know, great management. And uh, I have a um, strong team. We're going all the way up. You do. Thank you so much, Ariel. Salam alaikum, my brother. Alaikum. See you soon. There he is. Mohammed Mokhaev. Remember that name. We told you about this. Remember that name. This is a guy that um, a lot of people are high on, including myself, talking about him. You know, flyweight is an interesting one. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else. 
and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Flyweight is a really interesting one because unlike some other weight classes, you can probably move up the ranks relatively quickly. Like him versus a Tim Elliott isn't the craziest thing of all time. Let's see. Tim Elliott is 11. Tajir. I was talking about Manel Cape on Saturday. Someone like that. But like he, he can... If there's ever a division where a 21-year-old can climb the ranks relatively quickly, no freebies, earn it, but fight, you know, if he fights July 2nd, by the way, comes back, fights October, November, like he could get three fights in this year. Not the craziest thing. If he keeps looking like that, if he keeps winning, if he keeps progressing, not the craziest thing. To be, you know, the youngest champion in UFC history. The owner of that record, of course, John Jones, way back in the day. In fact, it was, uh, off the top of my head, was in March 19th, 2011. So that would be 11 years ago, just a couple days ago, right? Was it March 19th? UFC 128. UFC 128. Man, so freaking. March 19, 2011, yep. Man, how did I remember that? That's weird. So yeah, uh, John Jones was the youngest. He won when he was 23. I don't know the exact breakdown here. Like how many days? Uh, what's the record? Let's figure this out right now. John Jones, record, age, I don't have the, uh... yeah, it's something like 23 and then X amount of days. Mokhayev turns, he's 21, he turns 22 on July 30th. Yes, Frank, you want to say something? What's 242? The, the, the days? Yeah. Oh, you're the man. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You figured that out on your own? All by myself. How did you do that? I consulted oh, a colleague. Oh, okay. Uh, so so th- 23 and 242 days, that's almost 24. This kid's got time. Like, we've had people talk about this, right? We've had people mention this. Uh, Macy Barber mentioned it. He's still so he could be two and zero in the UFC, still at twenty one. Think about that, with essentially almost two years left. There is a very very good chance that he beats that record. Very good chance. He'll have two years and he'll already be two and zero in the UFC. Amazing. All right. Well, remember that name and uh, let's see who they give him. Uh, for that July 2nd card. 
Another big performance on Saturday. Paul Craig, Bear Jew. Been a while since I spoke to Paul. One of our favorites. A little bit older than Mokhaev, 34. Has talked about retiring at 35, but I think he's walking that back now. Has now won five in a row. Started off a little bit slow for Big Paul Craig, the pride of Scotland. But once again, off his back with the triangle choke, the master of the triangle choke, he picks up another impressive win, this time against Nikita Krylov. One of my favorites, the pride of Scotland, like I said, joining us right now, Bearju, Paul Craig. There he is. Paul. How are you doing, friend? Long time no speak. Yeah, man, it's uh, the only time I see you go on this is when I do an amazing submission, which is like every other fight. I know, I know, I know, I know. I mean, it's just, it's almost like, part, I feel like you don't get going in your fight until it gets a little bit dicey for you. A couple of punches to the face and then you're like, all right, I'm in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the fight did not go the way I expected it. I expected them to be this stand-up battle where I thought it would have been a little bit more cagey about my groundwork, but it wasn't. He just came in there. I Spartan kicked me to the chest, and then that was us on the ground where I wanted it to be. So it was like an area where I was really, really happy to be. And see, every time he stood up, I was thinking, no, he's just going to stand up, and that's me. We were going to disengage, and then all of a sudden, boom, big, big hammers raining down. It worked perfectly for me. Considering how good you are off your back, even when you are on the ground, are you surprised that anyone wants to engage with you there? Because if I were fighting you, I would just say, just stand up. I want nothing to do with you, even if you are hurt. You are so good at capitalizing on those moments off your back. I'm surprised that people still try to play that game with you. I know I'm surprised myself as well. Like I'm not saying I'm the best, but my, I'm very, very effective off my back in MMA. But it's in it's that enticing somebody in. You know, when you're raining down heavy shots, you get a wee bit excited. We've seen that with Ankalaev in the exact same position. And the exact same thing happened to him. Not only that, when it comes to like MMA, it's all about who's got the biggest nuts in it. It's about who's who's got who, his bragging rights in it. Because if you beat me in jiu-jitsu, then, then you'd be like, I right, Paul Craig has been claiming his jiu-jitsu is one of the best in our division and I've just beat him. So it comes down to like, you want to showcase your grappling because everybody in the division's got really good grappling. It's just how effective are you utilizing it in the, that moment? You, you've had some big moments in the UFC. You've been on some big cards. You fought in front of some really like hot crowds, right? You fought... Uh, back home, you fought in the UK. How would you compare that one? That's that's blown out of the water. We're just coming off of like a two and a half year lay, delay and fans being in events. So the UK people have been building for it, you know, been screaming for this. We should have had the London card just before the lockdown. Yeah. So people are people have been starved for live events, and I think that's what made this happen a bit more special. Everybody wanted to go. Everybody wanted to experience this, so it just made it that much better. Not only that, the card itself, from top to bottom, was amazing. Like, where have you ever seen a card like this? Could this card could have been a main event, like a, a pay per view? It was just so many good fights on it. Like, I was doing my media, and I'm watching these fights and the way they're playing out. Yeah. And I was the third fight on, and after after my fight, I knew I was like, I'm not getting the bonus. Uh-huh. These fights are all wild. We had Molly McCann with that elbow. We had performances for like just f- 15 minutes. I had Jack Shaw just imposing as well. So I was like, I'm not getting a bonus. And then Dana Wade drops nine bonuses in this. So we've been spoiled. Yeah, what was your reaction when you found out about that? 
Uh, the bonus, you know, everybody deserves deserves some for their work. Everybody put on a performance, and we have the fighters meeting. And one of the things that they say, be it Dana or be it Mick or be it Sean, they always say, if you're sitting backstage and you want the bonus, go out and get it. Everybody did that. Everybody put on a performance, so everybody deserved it. Um, and it's it's getting what you're worth. And I think that's that's a prime example. Of it. And I think more there's going to be more shows are going to do it. I'm hopeful there's going to be more shows that are going to do it. I actually like the idea of like a finish bonus. You get a finish, you get a bonus, as opposed to picking, you know, who had the best. You have this is a nice way to incentivize you guys to go out there and get the finish. Yeah, definitely. And then and then it comes down to like does your finish deserve it? Because then people will start hitting that, you know, it was luck and all this kind of stuff. So I quite like the four because then it makes you that wee bit hungrier, doesn't it? Yeah. As opposed to all I need to do is go and get a finish. If I want an extra 50 on top of my pay, I need to go and put on a good performance and a good finish. When you saw, So like you said, you were third. Um, Mokhaev comes out, incredible debut. Then the crowd is a little bummed about Corey McKenna. Now you're up. To, like, Did you feel like, all right, I need to get... Because I, I felt after the Mokhaev win, like something special is in the air here. It felt like it was going to be the Dublin yeah. card in 2014. Were you saying to yourself, like, I can't let these people down now. I need to keep this rolling? I, I did. Um, but not only for the fans, it's for myself, isn't it? Like, yeah, I want to go there and put on a myself. The last thing I want to do is go on and be flat and just be comfortable. I know I sound like I'm insulting people, but we watched Ankalaev a few weeks ago headliner show and he done what he needed to do he got the victory and he barely came out of first gear but this sport's about entertainment and I, I wouldn't be happy with myself if I just went out there and done the bare minimum to get by I think what you need to do is you need to go out there and put on put it blood sweat and tears and give the fans what they want and I know some people will be like well that's not what this sport's about this sport's about longevity and this sport's about looking after yourself sometimes you've just got to go out there and go balls to the wall uh, and you would know about that with the kilt, right? I mean, the... Yeah. The, the, the kibbles. Yeah, my, my, no, it's my eye, eye, the kibbles and bits. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that, that was a long time ago, but that's... Yo. Time flies, isn't it? What, uh, what, you what, know, five years ago? What was it? It was... Uh, I believe that was Woodley Thompson 2 in March of 2017. 209? 209, you were fighting... You remember who you Could fought? It Ferguson and Khabib as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Ah, it's, it's been a blank, my friend. Do you remember who you fought on that card? Uh, I do. I remember getting beat. It was Tyson Pedro, and he beat me first round. I remember hitting him a judo throw. Uh, he stood back up. I did the exact same move to him again, and then he managed to uh, scramble, get on top, and start dropping elbows, and then the referee had to, had to step in. I remember all my fights, and that was like a turning point for me. Whereas getting beat, never experiencing a loss before in my, my career. Because I was amateur, hadn't been beaten. Professional, hadn't been beaten. I'd never tasted what a loss felt like. And the taste of that lasted in my mouth for a long time. And then I got beat off Khalil Roundtree. And then it was game over for me after that. Like I was, I've said this to you before, I was out of the UFC. There was no going to be any Beardew legacy left behind. It was going to be... A, a flash in the pan for Paul Craig and people would have been sitting uh, there and saying oh remember Paul Craig was a UFC fighter I didn't deserve to be there because this sport's brutal let's be honest and the fans are tough on the fighters and they need to be because they need to keep us humble and they need to keep us uh, like hungry for these victories and that's what it would have been but after London the first time 
going back what three years um, changed my life. And that, so, how did how did it change your life? Like, see, before that point, I didn't think I should have been in the UFC. I didn't have the skills to back up. Like, you know, when you're sitting talking to people and you're trying to be entertaining, you're trying to tell them about what you're going to do, and you can physically tell them, beef can't actually do it in the octagon. And I had to go away and learn my craft again. I had to actually learn how to be an athlete. I had to go away and learn how to be a fighter, a martial artist. I had to go away and look at mental clarity and, and try and become a whole package. Because when I say I was young, I wasn't young in age. I was young in the sport. And you need to you need to kind of cut your teeth in the amateur circuit. And we've seen that for, um, is it Mo, Mo, Moquette? Uh, for the first thing. Mokhaev. How do you pronounce his name? Mokhaev. Where he had an amazing amateur record. What was it, like 20-odd yeah. wins? yeah unbeaten and then he's like four no so he he had loads of experience so him coming into his first UFC fight people are saying oh it's his first UFC fight he's only four fights yeah but it's everything he's done prior to that I had none of that I came in with no martial arts experience as a kid I came in with no background in like any sort of discipline or boxing jiu-jitsu judo anything like that I came in with nothing and I started at the age of 24 and look at me now like everything's, everything's changed man and I'm still doing the exact same stuff that got me to the UFC first round submissions and I'm I'm doing it again in the UFC five in a row now and and you know you mentioned that fight against Tyson Pedro it wasn't you know you lost the next one as you said beat Ankalaev lose the next one beat Enzechuku lose the next one you haven't lost since the Menafield so yeah. it was up and down for you as you said who knows if you stick around is it just what you were talking about now? Because I was going to ask you, like, what's been the difference? How have you gone on this streak? You haven't had a streak like this since you started your career undefeated. Is, oh. is it all those things that you discussed and perhaps anything else? Yeah, it's, it's about adding little bits to your, to your game plan. It's about adding little bits to your camp, like working with a nutritionist, like working with my conditioning coach, like working with, like, it's just about dealing with all these people like a... Uh, sports psychologist made a huge difference to my self-belief but then it's adding all them together one of them on their own doesn't didn't make me better it was a whole host of things once the mindset changed then it was about bringing in other people into my camp because right at the start we were very very secretive we didn't really want to have MDLs who wasn't part of the team in the camp so I didn't have a conditioning coach I didn't have a nutritionist I didn't have a sports psychologist once we had the sports psychologist on board and he kind of opened up my mind and opened up like my like opened up my attitude and then I allowed loads more people in to try and help me because I wanted to do it all on my own and I wanted to be like no I've done this on my own I don't need them deals in this sport you can't be like that you need to have loads of people around about you you need to have positive people around about you that was another thing that happened as well you through your journey people will come and go people will take a pound of flesh from you and it's about sticking with people who are good for you and, and sort of dropping people who are bad for you. And there's, there was a whole host of things, but it, from that Menafield um, slip up, because it was, I'd done the, the same move three times, like the amount of people in the gym that still nail me for it to this day, um, but it keeps me humble and I'll never ever do it again. I'll never bounce three consecutive moves <laughs> in a row uh, to a high level opponent because it results in you getting knocked out and embarrassed again. The sports psychologist, do you still talk to them? Yep. 
because um, it goes back to it's, it's not just one area where I need to improve there was an area where I needed to improve and we spoke about that and we dealt with that and we sort of improved it and it's like a, it's an ongoing process it's not like a once you've done it once that's you oh you've spoken to a support psychologist that's you you're cured you're cured um, and it's it's about dealing with them weekly we have week down, weekly sit downs we discuss stuff what potentially going to happen in the camp we look at what happened previously in the camp and we discuss how we, we're going to move forward. And it's about him, Elliot, touching base. So my sports psychologist, touching with my nutritionist, touching with my uh, conditioning coach and touching in with Brian Gallagher. It's about them all working, like in a, like working together because they've all got the same goal. Everybody wants me to win in my camp. There's nobody there that's like, nah, I kind of want them to get knocked out. I kind of want them to get beat. Everybody's got the same goal and we're, we're all just trying to get there to get to the end point, isn't it? What's the one thing you said there was one thing that you needed to improve? What was that thing? Um, confidence in my striking. Ah. And, and we've seen it, you know, it's hard. It's hard because people always doubt you on the internet. One thing they'll say, Paul Craig doesn't have stand-up. Paul Craig's not an MMA fighter. Paul Craig doesn't have this. He's missing this in his game. I've been good jiu-jitsu. My striking's really good as well. If you see me in sparring when I'm confident and I'm and I'm going up against people that I spar with regularly and they're, they're absolute studs. I've got the confidence to be creative and when it comes to, when it did come to fight time, I, I kind of was like a rabbit in the headlights. Like I remember fighting against uh, Khalil um, in uh, Glasgow. I, I didn't do much stand-up and it was like, I was really, really scared and I was worried about what if he knocks me out? What if he knocks me out? So that apprehension of me worrying about him knocking me out stopped me from actually being able to strike with him and ultimately led to me getting knocked out. So it was like this vicious cycle mm. and it was all to do with my head. So then once my uh, sports psychologist then broke down the barriers and improved it, we've seen us a, a, a much better version of me. Like I was able to strike with Ankalaev, um, which not a lot of people have done. If you look at what Ankalaev's done, to his, his opponents previously. He's outstruck them. He's knocked them out. He's outgrappled them. I managed to take him down. I know a lot of people said that Paul was absolutely dead in the water in that fight. But I still managed to take down Ankalaev. I still managed to land some big shots on him, land big kicks on him, and, and ultimately get the victory. But my stand-up was much better then. Moving on to fighting Jimmy Crute, it was the exact same thing. My stand-up's looking all right. I was able to slip shots. I was able to deliver shots. I was able to deliver some spinning heel kicks. And then the same again, that carried on. And it, it's been getting better and getting better as I'm working with this guy who's 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 breaking down these barriers. Because there is, from a kid to now, you always put up barriers. And it's about so many barriers are always going to block you for doing what you need to do in life, be it like, being a world jiu-jitsu practitioner or being a world-class striker, it's good to talk about this kind of stuff. When we were growing up as kids, um, it was like we never spoke about anything. Men just bottled everything up. And now we're in this culture where we're able to speak and we're able to open up freely. And it's not it's not get the, the, the negative side of speaking about your feelings because for a long time it was like men don't speak about feelings that's like um, seen as quite a wimpy thing to do and I think it's totally changed and I'm glad it has changed because it's definitely improved my game by speaking to him Do you still feel that lack of confidence when it comes to the striking or do you feel like you're over that totally? I, I believe I'm totally over that now um, you're always going to have it going up against a high level striker going up against somebody who you need to be a wee bit wary of 
But I think you need to worry less about what they can do and worry about what you can do. Worry about what you can do in that moment. Because we've seen that against, uh, I remember the fight, uh, Khalil Roundtree versus Gokan Saki, mm. where we've got a world-level striker and we've got an MMA striker in Khalil. And Khalil absolutely flattened him. Mm. So I think it's about, he wasn't worried about how good Gokan's striking was. He was worried about what he's going to do to him. And I think that's what I had to do and that's what I need to do. You have talked in the past about retiring at 35, but that's now off the table, right? You can't walk away now. You're turning 35 in November. No, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, the 35, see when I first started the sport at the age of 24, I looked at the ages of the fighters in my division and 35 seemed like a really good number. I felt like 35 was a number where you could leave the sport, still have your mental clarity and still feel good about yourself. We had two years off there. The sports evolved so much for when I first started watching the sport to now. I believe that I've got a little bit more mustard in the in the tub. There's like you know that wee bit of corner where you can't really get with a knife. You need to maybe get that wee bit of bread, and I've got that wee bit of mustard still left in me. I've still got loads of mental clarity. My fights don't go that long, and the ones that do go long, I, I typically don't need a lot of headshots. It's mostly body shots, a lot of grappling, so I believe I've still got, I've got, I've got something left in me. And after that victory at the weekend, I believe that I've got more to do in this sport, and I'm, I'm so close to being being a name, being a name in this sport. Oh my, and, and after all the years that you have put in, I agree with you, you are very close, and you're shooting your shot. Uh, you, you asked for Anthony Smith. My understanding was Anthony and um, Ankalaev are about to be booked, but maybe you can maybe you change their minds. If it's not Anthony, is there anyone else that makes sense for you? You know, I'm always looking up, and I, I, I fought the guys at the back of me, and I fought the guys that are just coming in. I, I believe I've done my dues. I've paid my dues. Yes, you have. Guys, there's guys in this sport like Prohaska who have literally had a couple of fights. And I'm not saying that it's, it's a bad thing, but he's had some amazing fights. And don't be wrong, he came in as a very experienced athlete to the UFC. But he's only had a few fights in the UFC where there's guys toiling, and I believe I've toiled. I've fought all the guys up and coming, and I've shown the UFC what I can do. And there's never been a time where Mick Maynard's sent an email saying, can you fight this guy? And I've said, no, I don't really want to fight him. I'm, I'm scared. I, I don't really want to do that. He's, he's, not, he's not a favourable fight. If the UFC sent a name, then I've said, yep, we'll take it. There's not even any going back and forward. Can we have this guy? Can we have it here? I've said, yep. Because it's the attitude I've got where... I've not got long in the world of MMA. And to be the best you can be, you need to go up against the best and you need to find a ways to beat them. Because how like I was underdogging out that on Saturday night. Everybody thought I was going to get beat in the stand-up. Everybody thought I was going to get beat in the, the jiu-jitsu. But it's about showcasing what you've actually got and showcasing what you've not shown. And I know I've got still so much more to show in this sport, you've only seen a very, very small part of my jiu-jitsu game, and you've only seen a very, very small part of my striking. There's more in there. So is there another name ahead of you that you want? Um, you know, we've we seen uh, Thiago Santos against Ankalaev, and I don't want to be picking, like, picking fights with guys who are on a, a losing record, but he's still fought for the title. He's mm -hmm. still in the top 10. He's still a household name. So that would be an interesting fight. Um, the same again for Ozdemir, the same again for um, Dominic Reyes. All these guys are guys who I would fight. 
I thought Anthony Smith, because right, he's, he's five. Oh, yeah, it's a great he's one. He's where I want to be. He's a grappler. Or he's, he's, he likes his grapple. We've seen him uh, submit um, Devin Clark mm. uh, with that triangle. And I'm always wanting to like, see like, who's got the better jiu-jitsu. Who is it? Who's the guy in this division yeah. with the most devastating jiu-jitsu? That's what I want to know. I love it. Are you giving yourself a new yeah, age? Like now that 35 is not an option, are you saying 40, 38, or you're just letting it go? I'm just letting it go. I'm just going to ride the wave. Yeah. The wave, sometimes go to the beach and the waves are small and sometimes they're big. I believe right now that's a big wave I've got. And when the wave starts to slow down and get a bit smaller, then it's about time to jump off the boat and maybe paddle off to the side of the water. But right now the wave's massive. And hopefully the UFC get behind me. Hopefully fans get behind me and I'm like, you know what? I kind of like this guy. I kind of like this getting beat up. <laughs> and and dropping the dropping the submission because let's be honest, watching that fight Saturday night, I bet there was people who have never seen me fight before and been like, Paul Craig, he's done, he's yeah, done here. Yeah. Listen, he's he's about to get knocked out, and that's it's game over for him. And then there's people who know how I fight and are like have seen me fight before and fight the exact same way, and I'm going to be like, no, he's still in. Our guy, our Braveheart is still in there, man. He's he's got a wee bit, he's got a wee bit left in there, and that. I showed it in Saturday night, like against a top, a level opponent. Like he went the distance with Glover, eh, not Glover. He did go the distance with Glover, didn't he? Mm. He lost decision with Glover, and I uh, he's he's fought he's fought the best guys in the division as well. Yeah. So to get a victory over him is uh, a feather in my cap. And it's not one of these victories where you're like, ah, he's getting older, because that kind of haunts me with uh, the Shogun fight where he's like, ah, he's getting older. He's not the fighter he was. No, no, this guy's coming into his peak. Yeah. He's 27 years old. We have a record of like 30 fights. So you can't put it down to the fact that he's old, he's he's worn out, he's all this. No, no, no. This was the best version of him we had. And um, he tried to put me out within a couple of seconds. Like every shot he was delivering was heavy. Every shot he was looking to land was to finish that fight. And I'm happy with how I rose to the occasion. Well, I'm delighted for you. What a great story. Congratulations on the win, on the winning streak. I'm still waiting for you one day to explain to me where the nickname comes from because I get asked about it all the time. Next, but when you're ready, you let next us know. Time yeah, next time I'm in the States and you're there, you'll grab a beer. And you tell me. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it, man. We'll talk about it, bro. All right, Bear Jew. Thank you so much, Paul. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you. Thank talk you. to you soon. There he is, Paul Craig. A name to watch and what a great story. Made his... Uh, UFC debut back at UFC on Fox 22. He beat Luis Enrique De Silva, lost two in a row after that to Pedro and Roundtree, beat Ankalaev, lost to Crude, beat Enzechuku, lost to Menafield, and hasn't lost since. Hasn't lost since. Has won five in a row, uh, unbeaten in his last six because he had the draw against Shogun Hua. Um, and he's, uh, he's a player now. He's a player in that division. Number 11 has the win over Jamal Hill, who is ahead of him, believe it or not, has a win over Nikita Krilov, who is ahead of him. And then once we get, you know, after uh, nine, you get Ozdemir, you get Dominic Reyes. That'd be an interesting one, Reyes coming back. Santos, Smith, Ankalaev, who he has a win over. I mean, like, this guy is in the mix. Bearju, one of the great nicknames in the sport. Uh, so I was very happy to see that um, that performance. Great fight, fun fight, and that really you know. So you had the Mohaev win, 
and that got the crowd rolling. And then you had the Corey McKenna loss, and they were a little bit bummed. And then you had uh, Jack Shore. It was first Jack Shore, I should say, um, had an incredible win. And that got the crowd rolling. Wales was back on top. Then you had Paul Craig, incredible win. And it just kept building. And then, you know, after a few fights, there were, you know, they were they were bummed about Grundy. They were bummed about Jai Herbert. But then came Molly McCann and Luana Carolina. We know how it went. It looked like it was going to end early. It ended late, but it ended with one of the greatest knockouts that you'll ever see in not just women's MMA history, but just MMA history. It's a knockout we'll be talking about when the year is up, when we're going over the knockouts of the year. I suspect we'll talk about this card as the crowd of the year, this event as the event of the year. We'll talk about uh, uh, Shore and, 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 and Valiev as, as one of the rounds of the year, and we will 1,000% talk about Molly McCann's big knockout, her first in the UFC against Luana Carolina. Without further ado, let us say hello to everyone's favorite MMA fighter now. There she is, Molly McCann. Molly, are you alive? Are, are you in the clouds? Can you even describe what is going on in your life right now? Me little toes, Ariel. Me throat, me voice is still cage side with Dana when uh, Pad- Paddy fought. But um, I got home last night and I slept for about 14 hours. I was so tired. Um, it's been a big, 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 big long fight camp. Um, and with the the documentary coming out and it was just a massive, massive, massive night. But one that we knew was finally coming. I think I said to you, didn't I, Ariel, that I think it's time to get the finish now when it came. Is it fair to say Saturday of your career, but maybe even of your life, greatest night? Yeah. Um, my mum and my dad's wedding, That that was that's up there. And that moment for me, I was saying to to the media team and everyone, like, I may never get that again. You know, I still may never, you could, you could never, might never get a, um, a knockout like that again. I don't think women or men don't really get them, but, oh, Ariel, I can't even, I don't even know. I'm just, I'm floating. I'm so at peace. I'm so at peace because, this is the moment I've been waiting for and I battled with my own mind and I've battled against everything and everyone could just see how calm I was this week and it, or last week and it was just time. It was just my time. Yeah, you had this amazing confidence. Uh, as you said, you were calm. I was wondering if that was for, for us, for the media, for the, or was it true that everything was coming together for you? This and this was at one. So... Um, it's just like I said, it just felt like like a Cage Warriors event and and I'd always struggled with feeling like a fan and um, Big Paul just said the same, sometimes you don't feel like you should be there and um, I, I was saying I am, a, I am a, a UFC vet now and when I walked into the Cage aerial, I realised what, like I've arrived, like for the fans, like I was getting the, the best walk out of the night up until well, I think Paddy probably got the best, but I definitely reckon mine was up there. Yes. But maybe the second best. And when I walked in and I looked at her face when everyone was cheering, I looked into the crowd and 
I seen Anthony Joshua there, Eddie Hearn, all like American celebrities was there. And I was just like, go and do the business, meatball. All you've ever asked for is this moment, so go and seize it. What a scene and what a start to the fight. I thought you were going to finish her in the first couple of minutes. What What is going on in your mind when this is happening? You're probably thinking this is my chance, right? I ran after it, literally when it, when I kept hitting her, hitting her, hitting her, and she still ran away. I kept on chasing her still and running after, but um, I thought I was Neo out of the Matrix. I was like... But... Nothing was going to stop me, Ariel. I say this a lot. A crowd and me ball, Molly. It was a match made in heaven. And to do it, I said I'd not lose in front of me mum. I'd not lose in front of me mum again. I won't do it. So me mum was there. Everyone was there. And um, I just, I knew I was ready to give my everything for that fight. And someone, like I've watched it back and the lads was like, um, I think she might be gassed a little bit or whatever. I knew in the second round, I compose yourself for the last. If you can't knock her out in the second, go classic meatball and destroy it. And I even got a few classy takedowns, proper Matthews back, <laughs> like bomb. Oh my God, that was amazing. Give <laughs> one then to the crowd on the way down. And I'm a born performer, really, Ariel. So, so, so to confirm, you did not gas out you you because i was worried about that as well you just threw everything at her i was wondering if there would be a bit of a drop-off didn't happen no i was taken i was told in the changing rooms and this is on record so you'd be able to see paul rim and my coach and joseph mcnally the boxing coach don't give it any respect go and put it on for the first round and then feel the rest of it out because when i do that and i impose my will and she's dancing to my song or the beat of my drum. I always win the fights and win them well. Um, so I just thought, right, come on then. And then I knew in the last round she was going to come for me, Ariel. So I just thought, right, give her the first minute. And then people tend to like to gas after that. You know, like when they, they have to chase the fight, they get a good strong minute and then they walk on to something. And I have a really good counter left hook. And I've, or a backhand, I thought you'd walk onto one of them. But you could see and you, you'll know in a lot of my fights, I've gone for them spinning elbows. And I throw it normally a different way. It would be like a six to 12. But this one, it was like a nine to three. And um, put her centre to the shadow realms, as um, R. Patrick said. Can you even put into words what it feels like to connect with something like that and then see her just go limp? Like, how can you even describe that? Well, did you see my face? <laughs> did you see? I went, oh. <laughs> um, It's something that when you chase a submission or you chase a finish, they don't come. When you're loose and you're sharp, they come. And when I'm not tense, like... I've only knocked one person down, I think, in the UFC, and that was Ariane Lipsky. But when I'd done that, it was like a sharp backhand, and I didn't load up. And that elbow, I just looked to the side, Ariel, and I just give a glance up, and I just thought, is it on? Is it on? Just keep edging. Yeah, look, go, boom. And just there was no there was no pause or tense. It was just going. 
I didn't put any power into it. It was just a hundred percent commit commit to it. And um, I'm never ever gonna stop thinking about that moment where the referee had to push me out the way. I, I wasn't gonna go back in because I could see she was out, but like you pray for them moments, like um, a Mark Hunt step over, like that kind of like that. You pray for them, and for what really blew me away, Ariel, was when um, Dana said, "I don't think you will ever see a better knockout from a female ever again." Or like that doesn't happen. Them yeah. kinds of finishes don't happen. But I think I just took that much out of a gas tank, like the body shots, the non-stop pressure. The pressure of the occasion, I think she will have been mentally drained before getting in there because, listen, every single person was screaming for me when I got in there. And it must have been really intimidating. Did um, you know they didn't show it? Obviously, they don't usually in these situations. Did it take her a while to get up? And were you cognizant of that? And did that uh, at all? Like you know, it's it's it could be scary, right? We saw it with Mick Conlon a couple of weeks ago, right? It could be scary when the opponent is out. So this is going to sound mad, but I didn't know she was still down because of the elation yeah. that I had won and I'd finally got the finish. And when I got back in, it was only then when I went over to pay, like, it sound like she died, paid me respect, but make sure she was okay. And then she still hadn't come round and so much was going on. I didn't really, I didn't think I could hurt someone. So I didn't worry about it. I, I thought, I'm only, I was 57 kilo, I'm 125 pounds. I'm not really going to hate someone mm-hmm. um, like that. So and I knew she'd be up. Um, I didn't think it was that much of a bad knockout until I seen the replays. It was only when I got into the back, when Mike Bisbon, I think he said something and I looked at it and I was like, I, the best bit for me, Ariel, I was going, I'm going to be on the CSI song like when the UFC uh-huh. starts the main card, yeah. I'm gonna be on the UFC CSI song. I love that you called the it, CSI. That was the best you mean part Bob O'Reilly, right? Yeah, what is it? Teenage something. Teenage wasteland. What is it called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. just call it CSI song. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. That's cool. You are gonna be on it. I mean, that will be talked about forever. Yeah. You might win knockout of the year, yeah. Molly. You might win knockout of the year. Well, do you know what? It's about damn time. It is about damn time. <laughs> been, oh yeah, I've been to, I've been committed to the game. You know how much I give to it, and um, I feel as if MMA that that fight that night gave me back everything that I've put into it, and in one second, I've possibly changed my life forever. Do you feel like there is a, a a weight lifted off your shoulders now that that is gone? Now you don't have to worry about that ever again. Yeah, I feel like I'm back to who I was pre Gillian Robertson. So that's a really nice place to be. That, um, that was a long time ago. Yeah, I've been struggling with demons ever since that. And and you've had wins ever since, since that. that moment. Why why does this why is this the one that gets you back to that point? Fulfillment, I've done what I'm bulletproof in here now. Um and I wasn't until the Kim fight in September, but this really solidified, like, now I am the business. And when mm-hmm. I believe I am, you get them kind of um, performances. And 
if I'm someone who can give a emotional performance every single time and when you get the good emotion out of me you get world-class performances it just takes time to get that and to get it right and I feel the stars have aligned for me and I feel I think I said to you in the last interview I feel like I'm coming into my prime mm. and I'm starting to get there and um the press have said a lot of stuff and the media have said a lot of stuff about me going for the belt this that and other but I just know normally I would be on drinking a lot more alcohol and eating a lot more shit food, but not now, Ariel. I'm, I will always be training. I won't be taking time off. And I'm really, really focused on about coming up for that belt. And I'm not going to be calling Shevchenko out, but if Talia Santos doesn't get an injury or anything like that in, in June, I'm over here. <laughs> you think you're ready for it? Like, you feel in your heart confidence that you would be up for that challenge, even if it's a late-notice thing? I feel like anyone in the division should. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, if if you wouldn't jump at the opportunity, then what are you doing? I want to. I would love to be like Mike Bisbon. Mm, that would be <laughs> incredible. Uh, by the way, the people that you ran to outside of the cage, did you know who they were, the ones who gave you the belt and all that? No, I literally didn't know what to do. I was just <laughs> overwhelmed. And I just thought, where is Dana White? And then when I spoke to Dana, this guy, one person had the pint of beer and one person had the belt. And instead of going for the beer, which would be my thing, I, I got the belt by, uh, well, it wasn't really by accident, but I didn't plan on doing that. It just happened. And then I kind of, someone got a really good picture of me in the belt in the cage. And I thought I'll print that out and I'll look at that every day. Mm. And someone said, now you'll know what it'll feel like if you ever won the belt, because I imagine it was the same kind of mm. joy. And, um, yeah, I've got a real belief. And self-belief is a, is a powerful, powerful thing. So I'm there, buzzing. Speaking of pictures, that one that I know you saw, you posted it where you're almost literally upside down. That You, you got to print that one out too, right? I mean, that is just incredible. Yeah, I got a few. Someone, a few people have like sent me pictures already. Oh, that is from, wow, already you got that? That's from less than two days ago. Yeah, and you'll love this one, Ariel. Wow, yeah, that is the one. Yeah, that is incredible. Yes, that is incredible. So, yeah, me and Patrick just taken over the world and <laughs> um, that picture's like, yeah, amazing. I, I've had enough of li listening to myself speak, seeing myself on Instagram and Twitter. Um, yeah, I, I was saying to Paddy, I was like, lad, I can't wait to stop often to speak on the telly because I feel like yeah. everyone has just heard enough of me and him, but apparently the world want more. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and, and, and with that, I, I apologize for bothering you, but, you know, we had to have you on after this. Oh, behave. Uh... I told you, didn't I? I, um, I put a tweet out today saying to Eddie Hearn, please may have tickets to come and watch Katie. I'm going to book flights. And oh, he yes. said, after that performance, it's on me. Oh. I was like, cool. So I really will. I'll come and see you that week. I'm going to go to the Tyson Fury fight and then I'll fly to New York on the Sunday and I'll come on the show on Monday. Amazing. Um, you did you talk to Eddie in person there? 
What was that like? Yeah, me. I'm sat with him and Auntie Joshua. Oh, look at you. Just hobnobbing it up. Like this. Like that. What do they say? Like, isn't that surreal stuff for you? Yeah. I had uh, done a bit of punditry work for the zone. So the right. first time I met him, okay. I was like, wow. And now I just feel like he's my friend. Yeah. Ain't no thing. Um, and then, it, so you, you like the, the thing of booking you and Patty side by side makes it all the more special, right? Because you go to the back and then you come right out to watch his fight and then his fight is perfect. Like it, it almost, I feel like your fight, your win, everything is great, but just to have him and the journey that you two have been on to do it again like this makes it all the more special, right? Like you couldn't even script So this. much more special. Um, we just aligned, me and him, we're so so different but so the same and I think it's a bit refreshing to the MMA community or maybe like just we're just us you know and we're not doing this fake persona and we're not we're just literally two kids from Liverpool who want to who want to put put on for the fans for our city and just make everyone proud and try and make everyone some money on the way and um and when we train as hard as we do, it's inspiring. I walked in the gym today, Ariel, mm. and one lad in the gym showed me his phone. And that picture that you've just put on, that was the background on his phone. And I was like, that's a training partner of mine. Like, that's just blown my mind. And walking through the city today, I went and picked Frank, my dog, up from me nan because she looked after him for me. And the city is just so proud. Every single person... Every single person who's realised looked at me in my eyes as wish me good luck. And I put a tweet on saying, I can't believe the city that I'm so proud of is as proud of me as I am of yeah. it, if you know what I mean. And I was just, I can't believe it, really. Is there is there any talks of, I mean, they got to put a show back at the Echo Arena, right? Now with you, and this would be a no-brainer. I, I just think... Dana knows what he's got with me and Patrick, and we've also still got Darren. Yeah, you know what I mean, and Tom, and um, and Grundy. So I mean, I feel like we could do <laughs> Merseyside or Liverpool versus the Wales in the Echo Arena again, and I would like to right the wrong that happened in the Echo. Do you know what I mean? Like mine and Paddy's last fight in the Echo, we both lost. So it would be nice to come back and get a win there, but um, we'll fight anyway. I've, but I kind of said to Dana, and I was like, I don't really want to not fight in England now. <laughs> so now, like, the American tax is rough. But, um, yeah, because we get double taxed. But um, fighting here, I think there's no place like home. I know this might be a tough question for you to answer, but why do you think people love you so much? Maybe just because I'm normal. I don't know. I don't know. I suppose I'm a bit funny. People tend to laugh. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I work hard and I'm an underdog, I suppose, and maybe people like that. Mm-hmm. Or they feel sorry for me because I support a shit football team. No, come on. I mean, it was tough yesterday, but uh, as long, are, are, are they going to get relegated? What's going on here? Oh, 
I'm going to have to go and do a team talk. I've just put a tweet out saying, Everton, can I come and speak to the players? Yeah, you need to. My my uh, my daughter didn't love the fact that I said Everton. She likes that your name sounds like meatballs in a can. Yeah, yeah. I love that video <laughs> that you put on. Like it really was touching. Uh, yes, uh, I love doing those things with her. Okay, so uh, before I let you go, Valentina, if there's an opening, we're down. Is there anyone else? If it's not that, if Tyla makes it, what, what are you thinking? How soon we see you back and anyone come to mind? <laughs> Whenever the boss says, would you like to fight again? I'd probably say, yeah. Um, I'd like to fight anyone here. Not really. I feel like now people are going to ask for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm never one to ask for anyone because, I mean, you see, they probably give me another Brazilian, oh, to be honest, because yeah. they just love that. <laughs> but... Um, in order to become the best, you have to beat the best. So I, I, our division is that good. I literally said post-fight, I respect every single woman in the 125-pound division. And my performances are just getting better. So I'm not really scared. There's not a style I'm like apprehensive of. Um, I was told online, Ariel, that my opponents had a more diverse skill set and I was going to get submitted. Like, a lot of people put that online. I shut the jiu-jitsu down, out-wrestled here and beat someone with a better range with an elbow. It's like people just need to put a bit of respect on me name, right. I think. It's about damn time. I agree I with you. I feel that. like Usman. Put some respect on my name. Yes, <laughs> yes, you deserve that. And and uh, and now the sponsors are rolling in, right? I saw your post. Leave you alone. Graham Boylan's going to give me a phone call after this. And um, I think he's going to make me day. Yes, he's got everything lined up for you. I so. haven't, I haven't spoke, I, I personally put out like, I'm a soft touch. So I'd say yes to yes. a free hug. Do you know what I mean? So... He said, no, 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 no. You don't even respond to messages anymore, no more. I said, okay. And I love... So he... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, he just says, um, I'll do it all now. I said, okay. So I just put that post online just so people know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not being rude or anything, but let me fight and talk and then Graham will sort business and money. That's the way it should be. You're a big shot now. You're a superstar. Uh, and I love seeing you. I'm not you a in, big shot. You are a big shot. You are a big shot. Everyone, Marluz Kunin is interviewing you, Molly. She's interviewing you. Women's MMA legend. Listen, when she spoke to me, I was going like this. <laughs> I was going, Mar Marlos. I was like, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. Oh, like... When I first started watching MMA, she was someone who I looked a lot towards because of the striking style, and I just thought, you're sick. And then she was offered to interview Dane, and she said, I know I want to interview Molly. Wow. I want to interview Molly. Wow. That gives me chills. So can you imagine how I felt? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing I talk about on this show all the time. We need to remember, and I appreciate your appreciation of her, Marlouz Kunin, these people who were there before there were sold out arenas at the O2, before people, like, these are the legends. There aren't, you know, you and, 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 and Val, like all these people, all these women's MMA, women MMA stars, 
without the Marlus Kunins of the world and the Roxanne Modafferis of the world. Like, we need to start remembering yeah. and appreciating these people. So I thought it was awesome that I wasn't sure. I don't know. Like, I was like, does, does Molly know that that's Marlus Kunin? But you've confirmed. Okay. Yeah, I think you, when it says real, recognizes real. There it is. And you can just see. And I was, when she was interviewing me, Ariel, I was like, can we just stop one second? I just watched Paddy weigh in. And she was like, yeah. So that's the pictures when we're looking up at the uh, screen. That's okay. what we was doing. Amazing. Well, I am so happy for you. Uh, congratulations. I, 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 I would like to give you a hug in, uh, in celebration of this moment. You deserve it. You've been through it all. And, uh, you know, to answer the question that I asked you, I think the reason why people love you so much is because you, you wear your emotion on your sleeve. You're not afraid to let us in on the good and the bad times. And then people get emotionally invested in your journey. And so then when you're happy and you succeed and they see that it's genuine and that you're a great person, they're happy and they feel like they've succeeded yeah. as well. You give people, re regular people, ordinary people hope. Like when they see, I was watching the BT sport thing and you're running and you, you know, you know this, like you don't look like uh, an Olympic athlete when you're, you look like me running. You look like a regular person. And so we see ourselves in you and you give everyone hope, all the regular people. And you're doing now superhuman things that we can never do, but you let us think that, hey, it's possible if you work hard like you work hard. Well, so if I can, then you can't because I start like Portal before I started when I was 23, 24. Do you know what I mean? Like this all, who was it, Frankie Edgar? All it is is hard work. That is all it is, is mm -hmm. hard work. So to everyone watching, especially to yourself and all the team on the show, thanks for always letting me on. Um, thanks to everyone who supported me and said really, really nice things. And to all the nasty people, I actually do not care Good. one thing that you say. <laughs> it does, like, you know, when you, when people try and, like, throw shade, like... F them. I do not give a flying feck. <laughs> Amen. I'll see you in April. Go on then, boss, thanks, right. Kang. Take care. There Bye. she is, Molly McCann. What a legend. What a performance. What a knockout. I mean, golly. Again... Uh, this is such a fun show today because we're talking to these great characters, these lovable characters. But if you miss that card, if you miss that card on Saturday, and I wouldn't always advocate for this. I wouldn't always say like, hey, go back and watch. Like, you know what happened? You're watching the show here. You know that Molly just wanted to be a crazy knockout, all that stuff. You need to actually watch it. I'm assuming everyone who is watching this today, who's listening to this, who's enjoying this program... I'm assuming you are somewhat of a hardcore. You watch that card because that's a card that you watch. Like right now there are four tiers of events. There's the pay-per-views. There's these types of fight nights. There's a Columbus type of fight night. And then there's like a Lad Dumont type of fight night. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there's four tiers. This was tier two in my opinion. This was tier two. And uh, I'm assuming if you watch this, you watch Saturday. If you didn't, even if you know the results, even if you know that Jack Shore beat Timur Valiev, go back and watch it. Nothing that we are saying will do the card justice, the scene justice, all six hours, whatever it was, five and a half hours. And so again, it starts out with Mikhaev, dips for McKenna. We had the Craig win. We had the uh, Molly win, the Patty win. Arnold win. We'll talk to him at the top of the hour. But in terms of actual fights, this one didn't end in a finish. And if they were giving out bonuses for fight of the night, I suspect this one was going to win it. 
15 minutes, three rounds, up and down. Third round will be the round of the year, at least in the discussion for round of the year. There's still nine months to go, but we'll talk about the third round of Tamur Valia versus Jack Shore come December. It was incredible. In the end, Jack Shore remains undefeated, 16-0 now, the pride of Wales. He defeats the very tough Tamur Valiev. Again, not a household name, but supremely tough. 18-2 going into that fight. And Jack was the betting underdog going into that fight. He's a name at 135. He's, I think, a player at 135, the best division in terms of 1 through 15 in the UFC. Again, he's the pride of Wales. He's Jack Tank Shore, and he joins us now via the magic of Zoom. There he is. What's up, Jack? How are you? Oh, good, Ariel. Oh, good. How are you? I'm doing great. Congratulations on the... Is that a Hasbula doll behind you? What is going on over there? Yeah, that's Hasbula. I brought off my Twitch stream, but uh, he scares <laughs> the dog, so I have to hide him away. <laughs> I have to hide him away when, uh, when I'm not on stream. What is that? Is like a, is like a, a, like a stuffed doll? No, no. It's like a, um, a cardboard cutout. Okay. Why, are you a big fan of his? Yes, massive fan. <laughs> His, uh, his, love his Instagram. His rival was at the card, I think, on Saturday. Did you see him? The other dude. No, really. He was there. Yeah. What's his name? Um, the Abdul or something. Restaurant. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't see him. I didn't know he was there. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, he was there. I saw him there. Um, all right. Well, congratulations, man. Wow. What a performance. What a win. I, like I said, you got, you know, like they were giving out finish bonuses. You should have got, you know, they were being very generous. Did you not get anything? That would have been the fight of the night. And I hate to sound greedy here because they gave out nine, but I feel like you kind of got robbed on that one. Yeah, I thought we had it in the bag, especially after that um, that third round. Yeah, uh, and you know, not many fights actually went the distance, so I thought we had it. But um, no, I haven't heard nothing yet. Who knows? I may get uh, may get a little sneaky bonus, perhaps somewhere along the line. But uh, nothing, nothing, nothing as of yet. Could you describe, like, you know, like I said, you're 16-0, you have fought on cards. Last couple of years were, you know, totally different with no fans. Walking out, uh, the Welsh fans, they're very supportive. I keep hearing if there was a big enough arena that UFC could go there easily. Just the, the walkout, the experience all week to get that support, to have the fans back. What was it like for you as you were getting to the fight? It was just be- better than anything I could have imagined. I mean, I think this is the, the third time. I've been scheduled to fight on a on a UFC London card, and um, you know, I haven't had my last three. I've been in front of small or no crowd. So to go from like an empty arena to to a packed house in front of a UK crowd, and they were just relentless from the weigh-ins, from from the walk. I mean, I remember waiting to walk out, and there was about 15 Welsh flags sort of draped over the barriers. I was walking past; they were chucking them in my face, and it was just incredible. Like it was everything I ever thought it would be. Um, and then even in the fight, to, to hear them throughout phases of the fight and after the fight, it, I just, I, I can't even put it into words that it, it just meant so much. And um, the, the feeling that, that it gave me was just so surreal. So they put you and Corey back to back. Unfortunately, it did not go her way. Did you feel like you had to, to pick things up to, to get the, the Welsh fans happy with, uh, with you coming on right after her? Are you even thinking, are you even aware at that point because you're next that she's, you know, that she lost the fight? To be honest, I didn't even know that um, she lost. I mean, we watched like the first two rounds in the changing room, and then we was in the uh, it went the, the the fight went a distance, and and we were sort of waiting in the hallway to walk out. And uh, because the crowd was so loud in the, I, I didn't even hear um hear the decision over the mic. It was just a case of I knew her fight had finished, and then obviously we found out after that she lost. But 
I, I don't think any anything other than um, anything could have got the fans down. To be honest, they, right. you know, they, were, they were just win, lose or draw. They were just they just seemed to get more bonkers and bonkers as the night went on, and um, it was just insane. I mean, you know, for Corey's fight, and I, I know it didn't go away, but I, I could just hear the even in the change room, I could hear the crowd going absolutely bizarre all the way through it. So, but yeah, it, it was nice to obviously, especially for the Welsh to. It, it would have been a shame for us to come away with, with two losses. You know, no, no shade on Corey or nothing like that. Right. She's, she's got the the world's her oyster, but um, especially how young she is. But it, it was obviously nice for uh, for her to come away with a win at least for uh, for all the Welsh that made the journey. Um, so I, I don't know if you do you pay attention to these things. I was surprised that we talked about it on the show, and I and I said you know I I would I would lean towards you. I don't like to make official picks because everyone gets mad at me when I do. I was surprised you were the betting underdog. Did you know that? Were you were you aware of that? Yeah, I was told um, a couple of times. I think it's the first time I've been the underdog in like ten fights or something like that. So it's it's a testament to to the level that that Tamura's at. Obviously, um, there's not many people I don't think in my position who would be undefeated and obviously close to to being on the verge of fighting these rank guys and and fighting these big names that would love to take a fight with a guy like. Like to me, he's very dangerous. He's not—he's not really an household name, you know. He's got this big, big reputation and a lot of hype behind him in, in Russia and stuff like that. But he's not an easy fight for anyone in the division. So it was—it was a tough, tough task. And, and the fact that I was the underdog for the first time in a long time, you know, sort sort of showed that a lot of people were writing me off in in the media and online and stuff. But it was just filled with the fire. I mean, I, I don't ever take no consideration to the art. I've had fights where I've been a massive favorite and, and they've ended up being a tough fight. So. I don't take too much notice. I just know my friends are happy to uh, to make a bit of cash whilst uh, whilst obviously enjoying my performance. What are you thinking after the first round? Do you remember what you're thinking, what your coaches are telling you after the first round? I just knew it was close, and I, I could tell it was going to be close. As long as I, and I had a feeling going in, as long as this fight was gonna was gonna play out, it was never gonna be one sided or the other. It was, it was always gonna be close. Um, I fought the edge the first round just because. He, he was very active and, and he just he changed his, his feints were different and his, his attacks, he always varies his attacks he would finish with a kick and then he'd start with a kick he was just a tough guy to get a read on and um, you know I just knew he'd take a little bit of working out so I knew it was it was, it was a close first round my, my corner felt like I won it but sort of in the in the back of my mind I knew that I needed, needed to nick the next two to, you know, to not sort of be looking at a decision loss at the very worst Okay, what are you thinking after the second round? The second round, I was a little bit more confident. I mean, I, going into the third, I could feel him getting tired. He'd he'd thrown everything at me but the kitchen sink, pretty much. You know, he was he was digging hundred percent into every shot, every kick. He was he was he was trying to smash my legs, my body, and I think the fact I just stayed in front. of him, I knew if I kept the pressure on him for long enough, he would have to crack eventually because of how frantic he is. He doesn't stop moving. He's constantly bouncing, constantly moving, and. When you stay on a guy like that and cut him off for so long, he, he's got to eventually start to show cracks and start to get tired. And I could feel going into the third that he was guaranteed, guaranteed. And I thought this this is my chance now to to let my hands go a little bit more and, and sort of let let my attacks go because because the reads were coming better. He wasn't throwing as much. And uh, I thought again it was close. I felt like I won the second, but in an ideal world I wanted to go out there and put him away in the third because I I, I didn't want to. You know, full victim to a close decision loss because of activity. I've seen seen him win fights like that before, where he's not landing the most devastating shots in the world, but he's he's outscoring his opponent on volume. And I thought I can't have that. I can't have that happen to me, especially in London. So I thought I'd just got to get out there and get straight back to work and get straight back on him. The third round was bonkers. 
Have you rewatched that yet? <laughs> yeah, I managed to watch it. I, I watched little clips of it straight after, but um, I had a good watch last night. I watched it back twice, and um, yeah, it was just so chaotic. Like, <laughs> I mean, I put I, I put him I put him down, and I thought, right, just just stay on on top now and stay in control and and, and see the round out, and and that should be enough. And then next thing I knew, I'm in a guillotine, and I was like, I could be going to sleep by it. Yeah, like I, I'd, it wasn't on, and then. All of a sudden, I made like one little adjustment, and it just got really, really tight. And oh. I, you could probably hear my breathing. To be honest, I was gargling, and I thought, you know, I've, there's no way I'm going to be able to tap in front of all these lots. So I just thought, I'm, I'm either going to sleep or, or I'm getting out of the chalk. And uh, thankfully, a couple of seconds later, I managed to, to pop the head out, and then to, to put him down again. Then a couple of minutes later, it was just like, it was just fighting on pure instincts. It was there was no sort of game plan, no sort of tactics at this point. It was just this is one of these career moments where you got to throw a bit of caution to the wind and, and just bite down and, and let our, let our animalistic instinct take over. It, it was, it felt like a fight to the death in, in, in some it was ways. Incredible. I didn't know what was going to happen next. You know, the, the, these guys where you get in certain spots, where this is it. Now I've got this round sealed off, but he wasn't one of them guys. Uh, do you like going back to the, uh, the guillotine? It looked super, super tight. I mean, it was kind of uh, reminiscent of, of Volkanovsky and, um, and Ortega, just by how tight it was, not exactly the same technique. How close do you think you were to going out? One, like one false move, one sort of little adjustment from him, or one sort of false, false move from me, and I think I would have been locked off. It, it, it would have been on. Um, wow. I knew if he got full guard, I was in a, a world of trouble. I, I had his, I had his legs sort of stuffed between my legs in the half guard. And I thought if he gets full guard, you know. <laughs> We're, we're in a bad, bad spot here. And, but even in half guard, it was just so tight. And like the placement of his fist was right on my Adam's apple. So I couldn't even, oh. you know, it wasn't even like I could just sort of shut my eyes and shut off and, and stay calm and just try and wait for his arms to burn. It was cranking my neck and choking me at the same time. And I just knew if I just did one thing wrong, if he made one adjustment I didn't, that I didn't counteract, I, I was, I was lights out. And um, obviously, thankfully, it, it didn't go that way. But it, it was definitely, it was, it was, it was close. It was really close. Would you say again, undefeated, sixteen and zero? Is that the closest you've ever been to losing a fight? Yeah, well, without a shadow of a doubt, I've never, I've never been in a spot, especially in terms of like a submission like that, where, you know, I'm generally thinking, in my, I'm having to make an agreement with myself and my ex. I was, I was never going to tap, but it was like that split second in my head. It was like, just go to sleep. If if you can't get out, just just go to sleep. I, I was just, I was just going to stay in there for as long as I could and. If it meant I had to go out in front of all the fans, unfortunately, that's what that's what it meant. But like there, there was, there was definitely last bit second where I thought that you know this is it. Like like you said, just like the Volkanovski fight, I think he said something similar where he just sort of thought I, I'm done, you, yeah? I'm done, and that's what I thought. But it, there's no quitting me. I mean, he, he like I say, he would have had to put me out for for the fight to be over. There was no way I was ever going to tap and, and and give him into it. When the fight ended, did you think you won? Say that again. When the fight ended, did you think you were getting the nod? Yeah, I, I think I did enough. Um, I thought I won the second, and I, I definitely knew. I knew I won the third. I even thought I deserved. I know. I know the guillotine was very close, but to, to drop him twice in the third, I thought I could even have argued a, a, a ten-eight. So I, I was confident. I looked in my corner, and I know they they would never not be realistic with me. You know, if they felt like it was close or they felt like I lost, they they would say to me, "Look, this, this is touch and go." Um, and to just see that they were they were so confident that sort of backed my confidence a little bit, you know. But 
people have people have got fucked by the judges before. So <laughs> you know, you could you never know until Bruce officially announced it. But I was ninety percent confident that uh, that I'd done enough. What what do you remember after they announced that you had won? Bruce announced that you had won. The pop that you got. They're showing the fans with the uh, the Welsh flags and attend. like. What do you remember from the post announcement of you winning? It's just stuff that like stuff that you dream of as a kid. Yeah. You know, just sc- scanning around the arena and it was red Welsh jerseys and like red Jack Shaw t-shirt and flags. The amount of Welsh flags in there. It must it must have been over hundred Welsh flags and. Just seeing the crowd going bonk. I mean, it wasn't even really like a full stadium at this point. There was still a couple of empty seats, but they were just going out. There was absolute chaos. It was drinks flying and uh-huh. and then even then, like like coming out of the cage and just seeing everyone going absolutely bonkers. You you knew you was in the UK, like because you you know you don't necessarily see too much of that in in the US where, where there's a guy uh, fighting on the prelims that that sort of gets that type of crowd pop and that type of crowd reaction. So it's stuff you dream of as a kid with with, with these big arenas and fighting at home and being the hometown hero kind of thing is one I'll uh, is one I'll always remember. I saw some of the uh, the post event celebrations with uh, Molly and Patty. How crazy was it on Saturday night? <laughs> Do you know what it was? It wasn't too bad. Um, you know, my, Molly had a good party on. I think Patty was uh, me, me and Patty was um, wasn't quite on Molly's level. You know, she likes to, she, she wants, she definitely won up us in the celebration front, but uh, it was good. I mean, um, Chase and status were at the party. Wayne Rooney was at the party. Like all my friends were, were absolutely blown away. Like, like, you know, we come from like a small little town in the Welsh Valleys and uh, I got a couple of Man United fans, uh, my, my couple of my friends, sorry, Man United fans. And they were just absolutely baffled that Wayne Rooney they were in the same room they were in the same after party as Wayne Rooney they were crazy. like where's he too where's he too I have to go and get a photo it was just crazy like it didn't again stuff that doesn't even seem real like you know we, we're used to, to going in a pub and, it, and there's just a slot in there and all of a sudden now I've just fought in front of 20,000 people and, and, and we're partying with, with Chase and Status and, and, and Wayne Rooney and it was just a wild it was a wild one you know but uh, Molly definitely outdone us on the uh, on the drinking point that's for sure she done me and party quite easily I love that like Wayne is just like a regular guy there. He's going into the locker room like an absolute yeah. legend. You, you know, it's crazy. He seems like a very down to earth guy. Yeah, literally like I, I didn't get a chance to, to speak to him personally, but I just seen him in like he was no security, no nothing. And he's like a, he's obviously a superstar in the UK, Wayne, and he was just yeah. cut, cutting about the place as if he was one of us, <laughs> just your average guy. Like that's what blew my, my, my mates' minds the most, I think. They they can't quite understand like how, how Wayne Rooney's even allowed to be in the same sort of room as him and uh, if he did have any dodge, dodgy conversations off uh, or some drunk Welsh boys then uh, I, I do apologise on their behalf because uh, no doubt they uh, they did a good job of tuning his year off if they did manage to get near enough to him for a photo uh, Chase that you mentioned is that the DJ group there? Yeah yeah Chase and State this Yeah though I know I know one of those guys uh one of the, he he uh, we became friends online. I didn't realize that he was like this really big deal. I'm not as tuned into that world, and so they were back there too. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're um, I think they're quite friendly. <clears throat> excuse me, with my, my my manager Graham, and um, ah. I know they they came. I know they watched me years ago. They they tweeted about me years ago when I fought in Cage Warriors. So I know obviously they they MMA fans and stuff. I'm just assuming that because they were at the event, they spoke to Graham and he was like, come, come along to the after party. But I managed to chat to chat to them and stuff. They, they're two good guys, you know, really, really, really nice guys and uh, quality DJs as well.
Amazing. Um, apologies for not knowing this, uh, but uh, who who you are referencing? But I saw on your Instagram you wrote that one was for Big Jack Evans. Legends never die. Who is Jack Evans? So uh, Big Jack is um, he's my father's best friend, and um, he, he's sort of one of the you you could sort of call him like one of the original founders of my gym. Um, show MMA is obviously it used to be Tulare Combat, and uh, my, my father sort of trained at the gym um, like a traditional martial arts gym, and he went, wanted to go off and do his own thing, and obviously. We needed um, like a location to train up. We needed equipment and stuff like that. And, and Big Jack is like a lo- like a local businessman, and, and, and he came on board, um, helped, helped us sort of fund our, our first gym. He, he even owned a building at one point where um, we allowed us to train there for like ten years, and um, you know we kitted out for us, built extensions, probably sponsored ninety percent of the boys in the gym from from their amateur career through to their pro career, and. Obviously, as I grew up in the gym and grew, they became a really good friend of mine. And um, he unfortunately passed back back before Christmas, um, just suddenly, you know, out, out of the blue, oh. no sort of underlying health conditions or anything. And, and he was a massive MMA fan, you know, massive UFC fan. Um, and I know, and I know for a fact, obviously, with it being in London, he he would have been the front row watching and and screaming and telling everybody how he knew me and and and, and telling everyone how. Trying, probably trying to bet all, all the other people in the crowd would, would, would have been his uh, would have been his usual go to just just trying to bet people and 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 you know he couldn't uh, he couldn't do enough for you and he was constantly singing my praises to everyone that uh, that he came into contact to so to have sort of fight week and then fight night without him this one has been a little bit it was a little bit tough but it was just it didn't feel the same so uh, I had his name on my gum shield and it was just an, um, a little tribute to him I know he'd have been watching down and proud and um, he'd have. I don't think he would have been happy with the result, but I don't think it would have been a fight that was any good for his nerves. I yeah. mean, he, he, he enjoyed me. He enjoys watching me go and dominate more. So a close one like that would have um, would have definitely spiked his heart rate. But yeah, he uh, legends never die. That's what we got in our gym. We got a poster of him, a big mural, and uh, yeah, he'll uh, he'll he'll be in there with us for everyone. I'm sorry about that, um, but thank you for for telling us about him because I was wondering who he was and what he meant to you. Um, just amazing stuff, man. What a run you are on. Uh, what a story. And, and, you know, given your dad's influence on your career and he's always, he's always fighting your battles online on Twitter. I say anything <laughs> about you or remotely, he's right. There's Richard Shore in the mentions. He's got your back. I love it. I love it. Um, so 16 and 0 now, are we going to take a big step up? What do we want? I mean, I feel like it's time that we, you know, not a lot of guys are 16 and 0 in any weight class. I feel like we, it's time that we get some respect here and get some big names. What are you thinking? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I would like to think, you know, there's a lot of people mentioning that I may may possibly even get a ranking off the back of that fight. But if not, I mean, there's guys there like, you know, even even the I think a Sun and Ricky Simone are like 15 and 14. One of those two would would, would be a great fight. Um, you know, I want to fight again very soon. June would be perfect. So if they're not, I'm not sure you'll probably know better than me. But if they're not booked up or if they look at the fight, I'd love, love to get on one of them too in June. You know that that'd be. That'd be ideal for me. I want to start climbing those rankings. Like I said, I've worked very hard to get to 16 and 0 and to get where I am. Um, I'm not the brashest of personalities or a trash talker, I know, but uh, I do feel like my skills do a lot of talking for me. And um, I think Saturday showed that I'm capable of um, of getting in there and mixing it with, with some of the best guys in the world. So either of those two w- w- would be a great fight for me and um, good one for the fans as well. Is there a part of you that feels like, okay, you know, and and 
you said it yourself, like you, you're not like Patty in, in terms of your personality or even Molly, but like your record stands alone. It speaks for itself. Is there a part of you that's like, okay, enough is like, I need to start getting a little more attention, a little more respect around this sport. Yeah. Well, look, it's, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not boxing. It's not easy to go 16 and 0 and M. Yes. You know, and then there's that like, you know, 12 and 0 is an amateur. I think mean, I'm like, there's 28 fights, 28 straight wins. Um, that's not an easy feat for, for anyone. So I, I think it is time now that I start getting mentioned with these bigger names. And, and you know, I think a performance like that Saturday is what I needed, you know, to, to show that when I'm in tough spots and the going gets tough a little bit, that I'm not going to be, you know, this, this sort of guy who's, all right, he, he's had it all his own way. Now he faced a bit of adversity. He just sort of rolls over and quits. You know, I could have quite easily tapped or, or, or that could have been the end of the, of, of the I could have lost a decision on points on, on the weekend you know had I not made vital adjustments so I feel like my skills should start talking for me now and um, I, I deserve to be in there with some of the best in the world and it's about time as well I had a, had a ranked fighter again by the way do you even remember what it's like to lose at anything <laughs> I I do yeah I do I, I I'm not a sore loser but I, I do hate losing and I'm um, like the, the last fight, I mean, I've lost like grappling matches and stuff like that. But the last sort of like competitive fight I lost was out in Sweden in in 2013. It was an amateur boxing fight, and um, you know, I I felt like I won, but you know, amateur boxing's like, and uh, yeah, it just stung. It just the I just remember thinking, oh, I I fucking hate this feeling. I hate losing. My all my uncles are competitive sportsmen, and my mother always calls them sore losers. So she she always bred into me not to be a sore loser. But uh, as my old man said. It, there's nothing wrong with it in the feeling of losing, you know, even yes. if you got to suck it up and get on with it sometimes. So uh, I do remember what it feels like. And, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing like a win. I'm, I'm much rather win than lose the, any day of the week, like money and stuff like that aside. Just the, the feeling in your heart when you lose, is, is, it destroys me every time. By the way, how many amateur boxing matches did you have? Uh, five. five. Five amateurs. Any pro? No, no, no pro. I've, I've, I, my boxing trainer is a pro boxing coach, Gary Lockett, and um, I've done some sparring and stuff for the guys down there. But, but no pro. You know, they're. Uh, I, I'm one of these guys. I don't want to. I don't want to like try and downplay it. I understand how good these these pro boxers are, and you know, it'd be like me training the same discipline twice a day, six days a week. They, they they're they're a different class, and there are obviously MMA athletes that can cross over, and I could probably jump in with a couple of journeymen. At pro boxing and pick up a few wins. So who knows? Maybe in the future it'll be one for the bucket list. But uh, no, no, no pro yet, and no sort of <laughs> no goal lines of any any pro fights for boxing just yet. Anyway. Okay. Uh, but and what's the 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 Twitch uh, stream name? I I think it's, it's just Jack Show MMA. It's the same okay. as my Instagram, my Twitter. Um, I've been quiet the last couple of weeks also with camp, but uh, I've got a bit more free time now, so I can. Uh, I can geek it out for a couple of hours at a time, so I'll, de- I'll definitely be on there this week. I may even chuck it on my YouTube as well. I know there's uh, my YouTube guy, Joe, has been telling me all... YouTube's just a completely different game to what I thought it was. There's so much you can do on there now, so I may even stream on YouTube as well. But, uh, what do you play? I'll keep everyone updated. Uh, Warzone. Warzone, oh, uh, we're, we're back on the GTA wagon as well. We're, okay. uh, me and a couple of the boys are, uh, are going old school with GTA, but uh, we're not the best, man. Don't go on the way ropes up thinking you're going to see... Uh, hmm you know, some elite level gamer, because that's not what you're going to get. We, we, we're pretty shit, if anything. But uh, we just we just like the we like to go on in for a laugh, just to, to unwind a little bit from training. Well, enjoy that. Enjoy the victory, my friend. 16 in a row as a pro, as you said, 12 
uh, as an amateur, an incredible feat. And uh, yeah, what what a fight. That's, you know, I'm, I'm assuming not every fighter, you certainly don't want to get hit. You don't want to be put in tough spots like the, the guillotine, but those are the kinds of fights that get people really behind you and start falling in love with you. So uh, I thought you should have won fight of the night. Hopefully you are rewarded for that. And, and hopefully we get to see you back in June. That would be lovely as well. A quick turnaround for you. So thank you very much, Jack. And again, congratulations on the win. Thank you, Ariel. Thanks for having me on. All right. Talk to you soon. There he is, Jack Tank Shore. And yes, I agree. He should be uh, ranked. It's tough at 135. 135 is uh, is quite stacked. A lot of big names there. Sun Sal, Marlon Moraes, who I suspect his days of uh, being ranked might be coming to an end. Um taking off the gloves and whatnot. This week on The Gray Area, Professor Diana Posulka and I tackle one of life's biggest questions. Are we alone in the universe? What would it take for you to step off the agnostic ledge and say, yeah, aliens are real? Is it a spacecraft landing on the White House lawn? Well, something that was anomalous in 1952 did fly over the White House. And that's one of those cases that is still weird. (laughs) That's This Week on the Gray Area, available wherever you get your podcasts. Those kinds of names. Sorry, I just needed a bit of a water break. What happened there, Frank, by the way, with the uh, music? Yeah, we were... Um, that was crazy. Yeah. Did you see how... Could you hear how loud that was? No, it was only in your headphones. It was no, but coming, like when I put the headphones up yeah, against... Up against the mic, yeah. That, that was super loud. It was like... <laughs> and then it was like... <laughs> static. It was... Some uh, good I mean, music, right? I mean, no, it was you know, here it I got am picked up to... on the radio wave into your headphone. It won't it, happen again. Do you think that's what happened? It came from another room. Yeah, we solved it. I mean, here I am trying to conduct an interview with Meatball Molly McCann, and uh, there's music playing in the headphones. Never happened before. That was a first. Yeah, well, it's also the last. Oh wow. Okay. All right. Remember those words. Uh, I am so excited about our next guest, our next interview. Uh, Again, I had mixed emotions about this one because we like both of the fighters very much. But, I mean, you guys, I mean, Arnold Allen, you know how I feel. I feel like we've been talking about him ever since the days of Luke Barnett telling me, you need to get Arnold Allen on your show. You need to start talking about this guy. And it was, you know, one fight and then you don't see him for a year and then another fight and then you don't see him for a year. And then he comes back against Dan Hooker, the supremely tough Dan Hooker, and he doesn't just win in the co-main event. He wins via TKO in the first round. Standing TKO. I mean, he beast-moded him. I can't even imagine the emotions, the feeling, the, 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 the energy going through that body after that type of victory. It was a beautiful scene, and the crowd went insane. It was the last one before the Aspinall main event. And, you know, I have to say extremely happy for him. It warmed my heart to see this guy who has now won 11 in a row, 11 in a row, nine in a row in the UFC, start to get that attention, finally start to get that due, finally. It was beautiful stuff, truly beautiful stuff. And so without further ado, let us say hello to AAA himself, Arnold Almighty Allen. There he is, Arnold. (laughs) You good? (laughs) 
I wish I could hug you right now, Arnold. I mean, it was an amazing <laughs> thing. I can't even imagine. How are you feeling two days later? Uh, I'm tired, man. <laughs> I'm looking. You yeah. want to go to bed? Uh, yeah, I've just just got that like little uh, post-fight deflation thing going on. Like, you know, I'm just sort of wandering around aimlessly. My <laughs> schedule's all out of whack. I'm eating bad food and I don't know what to do. So, yeah, no, no, I'm good, though. Where did that guy come from, Arnold? That was an incredible – you hulked up there. I could see all the weight training. I could see big pace. I could see it all coming together, and that the muscles were yeah. popping out of you. Where was that? Where has that guy been? Uh, I, I, well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's just uh, – I guess it's in the blood because my dad had that fight, did he? He had a few fights like that, and uh, I just got hit, and uh, I was like, you know what? This footwork thing ain't working. <laughs> I'm going to have to go forward. So, yeah, just got on him and uh, got busy. What was the week like for you leading up with all the attention? It felt like a pay-per-view. You're in the co-main event. People are talking about you. You're fighting Dan Hooker. It was like, to me, it was the people's main event. Just the the week leading up to the, the fight. What was it like? It was nice. Nice. It was sort of like had so much more to do than usual. So it was like kept me busy. I'm not just sort of sitting in my room watching crap TV all day. <laughs> I was I was busy watching things, so it was good. I know doing interviews and running around, doing media stuff. It's nice. You enjoyed that? Yeah, it helped the week sort of pass by a bit quicker and you know, you're not thinking about what you're not eating and whatnot. So you even I mean you got to be around Dan a few times. I know you did like a sit down thing with BT. Did you enjoy it seemed all you know, you're not a trash talker type, but like just being so close to him leading up to the fight, your opponent, that's kind of new as well. Did you enjoy that stuff or was it awkward? Uh, I didn't dislike it, but I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. It was okay. a bit strange. But like, <laughs> we're both kind of similar in that way. Like I'm not gonna he's not gonna say anything bad about me and I'm not gonna say anything bad about him. So we both just sort of sat there kind of semi-complimenting each other like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit awkward uh, when you saw the way he looked on the scale did you think okay mm. this is better than I thought he looks too you know skinny what like what was your takeaway if any from that yeah uh, I, I wasn't sure he'd make weight to be honest but uh, we, we <laughs> the night before the on the morning of the weigh-in we were sat in the sauna together and uh, yeah he looked all right he looked all right. I was like, okay, yeah, I think he will make weight. And uh, he wasn't like struggling too much to make it. He wasn't, he didn't look, well, maybe he was putting on a brave face, but he didn't look like he was struggling too much. And uh, yeah, yeah. I but I still, I still think coming down is not the best decision for him. I feel, I feel like maybe even going up for him would be a good decision, you know? Right. So know. Uh, but, you were, you you were know, actually in the sauna together? Mm, yeah, huh. yeah. Did you talk then too? <laughs> Uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit, not much, just like, you know, like, I just asked if it's cool if I come in because, you know, some people will be, yeah, they get a bit, uh, yeah, but no, it was like, yeah, cool, come in. So it was fun. Were you worried all week that maybe he doesn't make the weight and the fight might not happen? Like, was that a concern of yours? Uh, a little bit. I did think, you know, maybe because I know he did the test cut, but it's do, doing a cut like when you're not competing is a bit different to doing a training camp because obviously you have to change up your fuel in your body and all that stuff. So, But uh, he's a professional, so he's always going to try his best. So then we get to the fight, and are you – I mean, you're you're in the back. You're getting ready. Uh, 
you're aware of what's going on, right? Like it just kept building, right? From from the performance, you know, it's like uh, Mokhaev and Paul Craig and, and Jack Shore, and then we get to Molly and Patty, and then you're like, do you feel that wave? Are you feeling that adrenaline? Is it is it like trickling down to you in the back? I mean, it looked like it, but no, I don't think so. I, I didn't feel like that. I was obviously enjoying like watching the fights. My favorite was Molly. Like she's so crazy. Yes. <laughs> I don't think anyone loves fighting as much as her. Like when you see her face, she's just she's enjoying everything. You know, she gets hit, she's like, "Yeah, come on." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. So when you're watching that, is it giving you inspiration? Are you saying, "I want those celebrations"? I want the, like, how are you internalizing it, or are you are you just focused and it's just kind of there? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty bored. I'm just focused on what's going on, on my my game plan, and you know keeping everything I do to, to the plan. The plan was the first round to basically gauge my footwork against his range to see if I could take away his reach with my fast feet. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I was, but I wasn't able to hit him. So I was like, all right, well, I'm bouncing out of the way, but I'm too far away to hit him. So then I kept getting crowded in the corner. And I thought, you know what? I have to just go forward here because I can't reach him. Yeah. Man. Oh. Uh, before I get to that like thought process, mm. uh, you did post something on your Instagram about how Faraz told your dad that he could be the the head cornerman. Uh, first yeah. time for him. No, oh, that was that's a joke. No, no, oh, it was a joke. Was. I thought that was I thought that was serious. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was like, wow, because that that would be the game plan my dad would come up with, okay. basically. <laughs> I thought that, I was like, I thought he said you could lead the, char- I don't know, you know, and your dad's been around. No. Okay. <laughs> you got me on yeah, that one. No. <laughs> um, Definitely not. Okay. Uh, by the way, when was the last time you and Faraz were in the same, like, room prior to this week? Uh, we were in Denny's in Vegas after I fought Sadiq Yusuf, yeah. Damn, so it had been over a year. Uh, just on no, just on right, right, because that. that was April, right? Yeah, April. But, yeah, yeah. So when you're training, is he watching you? Yeah, I've been sending him, uh, but tons and tons of footage, like every sparring. We speak every week, make sure sort of know what's going on, telling us what to drill, what to practice, and he's sending me sort of breakdowns of what Dan Hooker does and all these things. So it's been okay. great. So even despite mm. the fact that you're not in the same room. Uh, you still feel comfortable with him kind of leading the way and being in your oh, corner? Oh, yeah, 100%. Okay. He's, uh, for me, he's one of the best minds like, in, in the sport. So just having him watch tape and, and give his feedback, is that's priceless. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we get to the fight, and uh, you, ca- you can't touch him. He's too long, right? I mean, like you said, he, he could be a 170-pounder, uh, let alone you know a 55 yeah. or 45. So is there a moment in your mind where you're just like, F it, I'm just going to go for it? Uh, yeah. So I was gonna say this and do it on my YouTube channel, make it, but whatever. Oh, oh. So you could say both. You could say both of it. You no, know, both places. Okay. So he, I don't, I don't know if it's like karate style, what, but I watched his tape. He punches like like this sometimes, like thumb out, you know. And I think he landed a straight like like that, like in my eye, and oh. uh, everything went like blurry, and I couldn't really read the range. Everything was sort of double vision for a second. So I was thinking, hang on a minute, I'm not going to be able to do my sort of in and out footwork here because I can't see really where he is. So I just sort of pressure, pressure, pressure. And then I noticed I hurt him. And uh, once I sort of got my, my faculties back and I could see a bit better, then I sort of stepped off again. And then I was like, hang on a minute, I know I can hurt him. So why not do it, do it again? You know? Wow. Yeah. So you noticed that 
in your preparation for the fight. Have you ever fought someone that punches yeah. like that? Uh, I don't know. No, but I've seen I've seen him do it. I think that I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Okay. I haven't seen it in slow mo. I'm pretty sure. Which it eye? makes sense like the knockout. Uh, this one. Yeah. Okay. How's it now? Yeah, it hurts a bit, but it's, uh, I'm going to get it checked out in the, in a few days. I think maybe just scratch or I don't know, something like that. Okay. Uh, were you panicking? No, no, no. I just sort of had to change up the game plan. You rocked him. He rocked you back. Uh, it was like, oh. it was no, no, no rocking. <laughs> it was rock him, sock him robots out it. there. I saw it. At, uh, we had a we had a bet backstage with so two of the coaches, Jack and my dad, said they were making a joke. They dropped me. Fraser, like, no, no, I don't think you got dropped. <laughs> and and then uh, we watched it back. And I was like, ooh, because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I have no no recollection of that. Wow, yeah. that is amazing. <laughs> do you have a do you have recollection of the finish? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Did you Everything. think did you think the ref was gonna jump in there? I saw, you know, Izzy, Izzy obviously biased, but he's like, ah, it's a little early. I didn't think it was early. I thought it was uh, a solid call. Were you surprised he jumped in? Did you think it was the right call? If you can say so unbiased in an unbiased fashion. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's the right call. I, I can't really see how Izzy could think that was early. I mean, the man himself didn't complain, so right. you know, that's the biggest tell for me. And all that's gonna happen in that position where you're sort of curled up and there's more shots landed, so I don't know what is he's thinking. Nah, he's probably just looking out for his friend, but I, I couldn't agree more. Did you say anything yeah. to Dan after the fight? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I went to speak to shake his hand, but maybe maybe a bit stupid because I get it. It's just It's not cool. Like, he's already feel terrible with all the sacrifice he's done. Uh, he's traveling across the world, and, and that's how it goes. It's going to be a bit upset. So, yeah, I went, I went to see if he's okay. So I, I get it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the pop that you got, the reaction, that's probably the biggest that you've ever, you know, even pre-pandemic and all that, right? Like that's, that's, yeah. what did that feel like for you? Because you're not the kind of, you know, like, I don't think I'm breaking news to you. You're not exactly Patty, right? Who is, you know, do, you know, and Molly, like you're not going to jump over and start going crazy. You enjoy yeah. that? Are you comfortable with that? Uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I like it, obviously. But, um, I mean, it's cool. It's cool. Them guys made it a party on the whole show. The whole event was crazy. So, it's I fought. I fought on cards. Me and Paddy fought on uh, Cage Warriors cards when we were like kids. So, we fought on the cards together for a long time. And uh, he's a madman. I've watched him always. He's always having fun. Always a party whenever he's fighting. So, those uh, the scousers know how to support their guys. It's a bit of a different demographic where I'm from. Sure, sure. It's ninety nine percent old people, so I don't think any of those guys are going to come with their flag <laughs> screaming or anything. So no Ipswich uh, flags in the crowd. No, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, for you, I've heard people say this, and I'm wondering if you agree. Uh, there are people who believe that you are the best. British MMA fighter in the world right now, regardless of promotion, regardless of division. Do you agree with that statement? Uh, no, no. Uh, I think Leon Edwards is the best. And uh, having sparred with him, he's, he's the best. <laughs> yeah, that man's a different level. You So you have sparred leading up to this fight? You guys sparred? I know you were training at his, at yeah. his gym. Yeah, yeah, we spoke a good few rounds. And it helped me a lot like with um, like advice for the fight and stuff like that. So, yeah, okay. for me, he's the, he's the number one guy. 
to get a finish like that, do you feel like a bit of a, a weight lifted off your shoulders? Yeah, 100%. Because uh, I, I say it every time. I, it's like old news every time. Like, I want the knockouts. It's like people think I don't want to knock people out. But um, yeah, I think it was the perfect fight to have like have that sort of finish and sort of step forward and get on someone and, and not be worried necessarily about the wrestling, which he has wrestled in previous fights, but it wasn't my, my biggest concern. Uh, now that you're such a big superstar and you just want a big card, are we done with the, uh, you know, showers at the truck stop? No. <laughs> you're never going to, even if you're a UFC champion, you'll still be showering at the truck. No sitting on the chair, but you'll still be at the truck stop taking a shower. Yeah. Yeah. And the meal deal figure as well. Right? I, I don't know. People, people seem to figure it's because I had no money that I was eating meal deals. It's just because it's just I love a, I love a deal. <laughs> I, I, I actually feel like we're on the verge of you getting a sponsorship with these guys because you're so associated with Tesco at this point. Yeah, I know. Someone just sent me something. He, uh, he emailed the executives reasons why they should do a deal with me. <laughs> really? <laughs> I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah. I feel like this is ha- – I mean, when people – every time they talk about you, they talk about the meal deals. They talk about the showers. You're the everyman. Yeah, yeah. I see uh, – other people thought they were trying to make it the Jorge Masvidal three piece thing, but the uh, yes, yes, they were calling it the meal deal, the three piece meal deal or something. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. That is clever. I like that. Um, mm. So afterwards, we you called out Calvin Cater. Uh, I spoke to his mm. coach Tyson Tyson Chartier, his yeah. manager as well. They like that fight, so it looks like you might have yeah. something on your hands here. Yeah, someone was saying June, but uh, June's definitely too soon for me to be honest. Okay. All right. Well, um, <laughs> what, what is that? you call the shots? You know, you call someone. You call someone out. You know, I, I'm used to just calling someone out, getting called out, and I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I didn't expect the date. You ain't supposed to come back. Sure, <laughs> sure. Okay. How about June 18th <laughs> yeah. at this time? Um, but one one thing that you know I think has maybe uh, stunted your momentum is you know obviously the injuries, but the time off in between the fights. How soon is realistic for you to return? Uh, what are we thinking? Yeah, like August. Okay. You know, this year. This, this year. Let's start small. This year. Okay. <laughs> two in a year. This year really. It's been a long time since you had two in a year. Yeah, and uh, I think as well the weird thing is obviously I haven't been the most active, but now being in that top five talk, those guys sort of tend to fight once, twice a year. Sure. It's kind of more common at that point. So it's like, well, <laughs> what do you do now? Sure. Yeah, no, obviously, I'm going to fight this year. And uh, I've got a couple of little boo-boos in my hand, but it shouldn't be as bad as last time. So hopefully. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you about that. How are your hands? Yeah, I've got a little, um, well, I haven't had it checked yet, but a little sprain on this one. Okay. And this one's a bit, a bit sore, but not, nah, I don't think I broke it again, so it's good. That was the one that was giving you troubles this past year? Mm, yeah, yeah. had a couple of breaks like free breaks yeah. but um it hurts but i don't think it's broken again okay is is there a mm. part of you that feels like uh you only like fighting once a year like do you actually prefer to just fight once a year it takes a lot out of you uh no but it seems to be working yeah. <laughs> it seems to be going well right no i, I definitely i definitely don't you know before i fought for the ufc i fought i think one year within 12 months i fought six times i mean I do I do like being active, but it seems to be working out. And uh you know, I think when I signed I was probably out of my depth a little bit. 
So then uh, having those sort of slow progressions and being forced to slow my roll a little bit kind of worked out well. But I feel like my skills now are kind of up there with the elite guys. So, well, yeah, after beating Dan Hooker, definitely. For sure. And then, uh, yeah, definitely wait so much. So I, I like the Calvin Cater call-out, if I may. I also think that Max Holloway makes a lot of sense for you if, if the timing doesn't. Like, I think if you, you like, they're, they're obviously doing the title fight um, in uh, April, April 9th. There should not yeah. be one more. Like, if I could be your manager for a second, there should not be another. You should have one more fight, and then you're fighting for the belt. If you win the next one, you should be fighting for the belt. None of this, like, 12-fight yeah. uh, winning streak that, no, like, Enough is enough already. Do you agree with me? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. Especially if it's it's one of those guys. You know? Yeah, definitely. I feel like Max mm. is a possibility. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. I got offered the um, while I was out injured. I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but I was offered like a injury replacement if one of those for his last got injured. But obviously, I had to I had to turn down that offer. But for yeah. which one? For the title fight? No. Um, what's this called? Uh, who's Max's last fight? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, if one of those. Oh, at the end of the at the end of the last year. Hmm. That would yeah. Well, fun. I was still out for injury. Right? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would love that. So I have to be. Yeah, yeah. that would be cool. It's a good fight. So maybe this time next year, you're fighting for the belt. That'd be cool. I'm cool with that. Arnold, this is a big deal. This is a big time stuff. <laughs> We're <laughs> almost there. Yeah. All these years. Getting. Yeah, maybe I just stick to fight. We'll be the only champion that fights once a year. Or yeah, something that's like right. That. <laughs> I'm sure the UFC would love yeah. that. Um, by the way, I love the T-shirt. I love the T-shirt. Arnold you. is numero uno. That is amazing. That's a that's a, a nod to Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the day, right? Yeah. So I don't. So my first UFC fight, going back that far, um, there was no uh, kits. There was no fight kit. Right. But it was short notice, and um, I came up with this idea that I wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger's shirt. So I've, if you see it, I walked out in my first fight with the Arnold is numero uno shirt. Oh, wow. And, um, I didn't remember that. Yeah. So the guys at Scramble, they were talking about getting me a, a shirt, like a not a walkout shirt, but like my own sort of shirt for this fight. And I suggested that one. And obviously that's an easy design to make. So they were all over it. Oh, it's brilliant. And uh, it's on mm. sale, right? Via your Instagram, there's a yeah. link up there? Yeah, on a, it's Scramble Brands. Yeah. Right, right. They sponsor you. They support you. Yeah, they do. They had a, well, they have a Molly shirt as well. Um, I think it just says, can, can I have a bevy lad or something yes, yes, like that? Yes, 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 I saw that. <laughs> um, do you think that you will go back to Montreal to train at TriStar or now that you have this system down and it's working for you in England, you, despite the, you know, the commute time, do you think you're, you're going to just stay there? Uh, you know, different fights, different sort of plan, obviously. But no, I'm, I'm going to definitely go back to TriStar. Uh, I was speaking with Fraz. We're, we're gonna get back over there. Okay. Work for his outs. And it seems things are getting a bit more normal in, in uh, Canada now, by the sound of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all. I mean, uh, come April first, everything's done. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, no reason why not. Do you think you're gonna move back there? Because you were living there, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah, because well, so obviously my girlfriend and her family are all, all there. We kind of just decided between us we're going to be like there back our whole life, really. So here okay. and there. Oh, so she's mm. she's. When's the last time you saw her? Yeah, she's here. Oh, she's she is in here. England, yeah. oh, okay, so you were yeah, living yeah. together. Okay, but her family is back there. Yeah, exactly. Does she go to the fights? Yeah, she goes to the fights. 
What first about... one in the UK. She said uh, it's a bit better than the one in Vegas. It re- yeah. I mean, I <laughs> the uh, the crowd. What about your mom? Was she there? Yeah. Any yeah. fights? Any fights for her in the stands? Oh, no. She's no fights. But uh, <laughs> I think she was, I don't know if she was drinking, but she was, uh, she grabbed me when I was walking out. She was like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, what? I turned around. She's grabbed me. Yeah. Oh, she's shoving people out of the way, all sorts. This yeah. is this is as you were leaving the cage or going to the cage? Yeah, as I was walking back to the backstage, yeah. Oh, amazing. Were people giving you drinks too <laughs> when you were walking back? Yeah, I took I had someone's drink. I was drinking a beer. <laughs> I was down in someone's beer. Man, you guys are crazy um, with that. Sharing those drinks. What? I mean, it's a lot of germs. Nah. Maybe if you could shower the trucks so up, you could drink someone's beer. That is true. That is a good point. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point. Uh and when you are you back home now? Yeah, I'm back. Yeah. How far I'm where so you live is is in uh, from London? Uh, it's about an hour, hour and a half. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Not now when you're out and about, like I'm sure you went to Tim Hortons. Maybe you getting recognized. You getting a lot of love. Uh no, no. Like I say, like everyone in my town is like <laughs> in the, there's so there's like a there's like a daytime crowd in my in my town. So yeah. obviously after fight week, I'm just kind of bumming around doing nothing. If I walk around in the town in the day, they're all like old age pensions, you know, like everyone, is everyone is like over 70. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, as soon as the school hours, like the schools finish, all these old people disappear and yeah. then there's kids everywhere. It's just like a ghost town for about half an hour. And then there's loads of kids everywhere. I love it's it. It's funny. For, for some mm. reason, that's just like the perfect place for you to live. I don't know why, but I just feel like <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. It's amazing. Yeah. I think the old people here, they hate me because I've, I've had like such like, stupid cars with like loud exhaust. You drive down the street, uh, they all like shake their head at you. Yeah. Amazing. Man, I was so happy for you, honestly. It was really an amazing thing uh, to see you and now yeah. to see you finally come together as a contender and to put it all together. Uh, I mean, that to see that aggression from you and like the back, did you see your back muscles? I mean, it was incredible. The back muscles were just <laughs> like popping out. I was thinking of your dad. I was like, wow, you saw that. Yeah. T- I saw you with the t-shirt the 25 <laughs> times. I was like, geez, Arnold, this was impressive stuff. <laughs> you were hulking up. You were yeah. truly hulking up. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, so what I did last time uh, when I fought, I know I said this before, I, I fought at, I, the fight day, I weighed, because they weigh you on fight day, I weighed 153 pounds, which is, over 10 pounds lighter than what I should fight at. Just because I messed up the weight cut, I messed up the rehydration. Uh, just a stupid mistake, basically. And this time, I was like 165 when they weighed me, so wow, I felt sort of full of energy, sort of full of, uh, yeah, yeah, I felt strong. Man, I wonder what he was. Any idea? Uh, no, I don't know. Probably probably the same. I know, he, I think he posted something that said he cut from 160, 161, so probably a bit heavier than me, I think. Wow. You think he goes back to 55 yeah. now? Uh, I think he should. Yeah. I think he should. There's still, obviously, there is good fights for him at featherweight, but I don't know how much of a toll it takes on him to get down there. Do you have a preference who mm. wins between Volkanovski and Zombie? You're right there. Uh, no, not really. No, not a preference. Oh, it was like, it was looking like we were going to get the Korean Zombie fight before, before uh, this fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think maybe if you didn't get called up for the title, we would have probably got it. But um, so, I mean, that'd be, that'd be cool. But no, I'd probably rather um, Volkanovski win, I think. Any reason for that? Mm. Uh, no. 
Okay. No. <laughs> no. I thought maybe, no, you know, <laughs> uh, zombie wins, you fight him for the belt, you wanted to fight him. I thought you would say zombie. Yeah, yeah. That would make sense. But I don't really, I kind of, I like both care. of them really. So. Yeah, you yeah. can't be bothered. I like and now what are you doing hmm. this week? Like, how are you going to, you know, spend the time, detox, chill yeah. out? Yeah. Uh, Fraz has put me on a, a couple week training ban because of my injuries and oh, whatnot. Okay. But um, yeah, I, I I do hurt to be fair. But I might uh, I might drive up to Scotland. Might drive to Scotland and see some castles or something. Cool. All right. Do you do that often? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, no, 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 no. I've been there a few times, but not not drive. I was thinking about flying, but no, I don't want to fly. So I'm just gonna drive. How long is that? Uh, about eight hours. From oh, wow. Okay. Well, you're yeah. an expert driver now. You're driving like six hours a day. King of the road. I know where the showers are. You do. All that stuff. <laughs> what a legend. Arnold, congratulations. Mm. Well done, my friend. Uh, and I look for, I hope we get to see you again this year. We don't have to wait a whole other year to see yeah. you. And then after that one, yeah. it's title shot, baby. Sounds good to me. Sounds good. Thank you as always, Arnold. Appreciate you coming on. All the Thank best. You, and you, mate. All right, there he is, Arnold Allen. How could you not love Arnold Allen? One of the good guys in the game. Big win. Has now won, like I said, 11 in a row. Golly. We talk about the UFC uh, winning streak, and it is significant. Nine in a row in the UFC, which is incredible. Against tough competition, too. I mean, again, the Sadiq Youssef win, that has aged very nicely, has it not? Sadiq Youssef with the uh, big win over Alex Caceres. Prior to that, Nick Lentz. Prior to that, Gilbert Melendez. Prior to that, Jordan Rinaldi. Prior to that, Mads Burnell, who's doing some nice things uh, in Bellator. That was his last finish, 2018, the card in Liverpool. Prior to that, Makwan Amir Khani, who had a big win on Saturday. Tough spot for Makwan on Saturday because everyone in the arena was rooting for Grundy. It was a uh, an emotional fight and story because of his father. Yatsin Meza, Alan Omer. So this was just his third finish in the UFC. He's had some finishes before in terms of TKOs back in the day. The last TKO win for him, 2014. In Tyne and Ware, England, wherever that is. M4TC15. And only has one loss. And that was back in 2014 in Cage Warriors. Been fighting since 2012. What a run. What a story. And he should be ranked. And he should get a big fight next. So beautiful stuff. Like I said... At the top of the show, Tom Aspinall, who won in the main event. Can we get that clip one more time? I mean, I love it. I can't stop singing it. Tommy Aspinall, Tommy Aspinall, oh, la, 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 la. There it is. This was taken by his best friend of 25 years, Alex Keeley. Alex was leaving the arena and sees this scene. Imagine people singing a song about your friend, your best friend of 25 years after he just won at the O2 biggest gate ever in the history of the arena. Tommy Aspen, oh, la, la, la. They're jumping on police cars. 
I mean, if that's not absolute scenes, I don't know what is. So we'll talk to him about that as well as others on Wednesday. But Saturday, like I said at the top of the show last Wednesday, for us at MMA Fighting wasn't just about UFC London. It was also about Celtic Gladiator 31. And it was perfect because once uh, the event ended on Saturday night, did my post-fight duties, had a little meal, and then I was locked in. So locked in, by the way, that when I found out, and I'm not trying to give myself the old Barry Horowitz here, but the word got out that there was going to be no way to watch this event live at the Commerce Casino in beautiful, exotic Commerce, California. I was not going to take no for an answer. And so I made multiple calls, multiple texts. And in the end, we actually had two streams going. We had our old pal Mark Ramundi streaming it. We also had the actual Celtic Gladiator Instagram page streaming it. There was going to be no way in hell that this particular fight was going to happen and we wouldn't be able to watch it live. And so I'm very excited. I'm very happy in the moment. I'm like, wow, it happened. We're locked in. Even my wife, my dear wife, Jacqueline, who never watches fights with me because I'm always up in my room, she wanted to watch it. We watched it together on Instagram Live. What was the fight? It was the highly anticipated debut, amateur debut, of our old pal, E. Casey Lydon, who, again, as I told you on Wednesday, traveled the world with any video. Pick any video, at least ones that I was a part of, and the vast majority of them from 20. Uh, 2009 to 2018, and then even afterwards, pick any of them, all the interviews that we did, all the walk and talks, pick any of them, he shot them. Not only did he shoot them, he edited them. And he told us the story on Wednesday about, you know, he's training and then the pandemic, then he ups the training, went to Warrior, now known as Alta. He decides to take this fight. And at 44 years young, on Saturday, he made that walk and he won his amateur MMA debut. It was beautiful stuff. It was emotional stuff. It was inspiring stuff. And so there was only one way to end the interview portion of today's show. We had all the stars from UFC London. You saw them all. But we had to have Casey on to talk about the big win. Now 1-0 and as an MMA fighter. Wow. <laughs> Look at this guy. 1-0. and Undefeated. Undisputed. Stop, stop. Wow. <laughs> how does it feel? How, do, how does the, the Monday after feeling feel? Uh, hearing, man, just listening to all these, all these awesome fighters talk about their experience last this, uh, yeah, a couple of days ago. Um, it was weird. Um, I, like, uh, I think, um, our Allen said it like, like, I don't know what to do with myself. You just kind of have this it's a big dump. It's a, it's a giant emotional dump afterwards for sure. And like, uh, Sunday morning when I woke up, it was probably, it was the first time in good six months, at least I kind of rolled over. I told Esther, I was like, I just want to sit in bed all day and just look at my phone. I don't want to do anything. I, I, I I was like in Monday and like, even this morning, like it was the first day in six months. I didn't, I wasn't at the gym you know, w- waking up at five o'clock. I didn't wake up, to, I didn't wake up to like eight o'clock today. You know, it was just, it's, um, I don't know. It's just like I, for the last six months, everything was like the world ends, um, the world ends the 19th and I'll worry about the 20th later. And I'm kind of there now. So 
yeah, I'm just kind of, uh, uh, I'm kind of lost a little bit. I'm like, all right, what's next? You know, but I'm also super tired and just emotionally exhausted. Um, the emotionally exhausted part, I just, I wasn't really prepared for, honestly. I, I figured my body would be tired, but like my head, I'm just like, oh, it's, it's wild. It is a wild ride. <laughs> I would imagine as you're listening to some of these fighters and for the rest of time, if you never do this again, and we'll get to if you'll do it again in a bit. Mm-hmm. But now you, you every their words resonate with you differently than they would with me. Like you can now associate and understand where they're coming from. Not only the Arnold Allen stuff, but just talking about the emotion mm-hmm. and the ups. And, like now, y- your perspective on the sport has completely changed forever. It has one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Like, and it's it's just like like I I just kept. The whole, the whole cause I, I'm working today, so I'm mm-hmm. watching all the interviews and pulling clips and things like that. And when Molly McCann said, um, she goes, I think she was refer- referencing Frankie Edgar, yeah, and talking about like something she's like, it's just hard work, it's just hard work. And I was like, yeah, that's what it is. And I, I felt that I was like, because I was like, that's all after the fight. I saw I kept thinking, I was like, man, I'm so glad I put that hard work in, I'm so glad. I, I was like, every Every workout, every swimming session, every weightlifting session, every extra roll I did, every sparring round, I felt mattered, you know. And it's like it was, and I knew it was hard at the time, but I was like, this pay, this is gonna pay off. It's gonna pay off, and um, I felt that way. It was just like hard work, hard work, hard work. And you hear fighters say that all the time. Just, you just gotta work hard. And um, I, 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 yeah, I felt that. I felt that. <laughs> so we spoke on Wednesday. Uh, Wayans were Friday. Mm-hmm. Could you tell, like, what is Thursday and then Friday morning like for you? How, what are you doing? Do you have to cut any weight? Uh, we talked about, like, what, what, how are you getting ready then? Once it's really starting to get, you know, um, to Saturday. Actually, um, luckily, um, I, I didn't have to really cut weight. Um, uh, like I think I mentioned before, like, originally when I came into this, I wanted to fight like at 160, 165. But um, within the group I, I, the group I could compete against, um, the guy I want to go against, Fritz he was already weighing like 185 and he kind of, he just, he he couldn't cut that low. So we kind of agreed to like 175 kind of officially it was a middleweight fight, but we kind of did a gentleman's agreement. It would be like 175. So um, I had to like, actually kind of the day of the, the morning of the weigh-in Friday morning, I drank like a big smoothie. Esther made me like a big sandwich, you know, like a, like a uh, just like a, a breakfast meal. And I, I actually had to gain a little weight for the weigh-ins because I, I didn't want the commission to be kind of, uh, oh, you guys are too far apart and stuff. So it was actually kind of, it was kind of different for me in that sense. And on actual fight night, I was actually, I actually weighed less on fight night than I did wow. uh, for my weigh-in. Yeah. And I, I know my opponent weighed, uh, he definitely cut weight because he was, I, I could tell he was kind of suffering from the weigh-ins. Wow. He was, he, I think that was, he did his first weight cut. So he was like, oh, let's get this going. <laughs> So, so how much yeah, did so you weigh I, on fight I, night? I didn't, I didn't have the weight cutting experience right, at least, fair. you know, for this fight. Yeah. How much did you weigh on fight night? Um, under on probably like one sixty eight, one sixty nine. Um, he probably I think around you know over. At least usually he's, he's over one eighty. Wow. You know, so um, it was um, God, my Siri came on. <laughs> um, it was just um, but I didn't feel I didn't feel that way. I didn't care about the weight honestly. I just I was more worried about the commission kind of worrying that our weight sprints be too far right, apart. Right. That's all I was worried about. Um, you have shot hundreds of weigh-ins before to be the guy stepping on the scale, you know, shirt off, posing, all that. <laughs> stuff. Like, what was that like for you? 
Um, honestly, silly. I felt kind of like everything I was doing, I was like, in my mind, I was like, wait, this is what fighters do, right? They do this. Yeah. Like, it was just a lot of like, I just felt like I was playing a role. Like, I don't know what I was supposed to do, but I knew, but like, I knew I had to do something because people were watching. I don't know. I, I know I, who, who's, you, had a, you had a fighter on earlier talking about it's still a show, uh, Paul Craig, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you still got to give the fans what they want, you know? So, I, like, I don't know. I did, like, three or four poses, and I kind of ran out of ideas, and I was just, like, I just kind of waved and stuff, things like that. It was it was all just weird. It was it, Everything felt very surreal. I felt like, even though I was there, I almost felt like I was watching myself because, like, because – I know this is going out there. So it was just, just weird. Everything was weird. <laughs> what was Friday night slash Saturday morning like? Like you're going to bed for the last time before the fight, you wake up and it's like, oh my God, that date that I've been thinking about forever. Are you nervous? Are you anxious? Are you unable to sleep? I didn't sleep well. Um, I was just, I was just more worried about getting, like I worked out Friday night, not, not a hard workout, but my coach came over, worked out Friday night. And then I worked out again uh, Saturday morning and just going over about 45 minutes of drilling again. Um, um, I wasn't nervous, honestly. I was actually just like, I was ready, let's go, let's go. Um, honestly, I was more concerned about uh, t- uh, take, actually taking care of Esther. And because I know it was like, I think it was she was starting to feel it now. Because now I'm at the point like, all right, I'm doing this, you know, I'm already, I'm like, like I'm on the roller coaster. We're, we're going up the, we're going up the, the, the big, the big hump, the big hill and stuff. But Esther, she just has to watch. And, and, you know, and so I was just kind of like, it's good. We're good. We're good. You know, I was like, and uh, I was just trying, I was, I was kind of worried about my friends and stuff, you know, and just cause like, I was like, Oh man, my friends are now kind of stressing. Cause like, Oh, I'm getting in a fight, you know? And, um, but, um, so it was, it was like, I was kind of splitting my, splitting my attention between them and just me just, all right, let's do things. But I didn't want to, get over bogged down and like just gas out my mentally, you know, six hours from the fight. How far is commerce from where you live? Uh, it's about a 45 minute drive. What was the drive yeah. like? <laughs> the drive was funny because, um, uh, Esther drove. Um, I was like, I was like, am I supposed to drive? I was like, do fighters drive themselves or is someone <laughs> else drive? I was like, I don't know how this works. So I was like, why don't you drive Esther? And she drove and, um, my coach is in the back seat. And the whole, t- so when we're driving there, um, the UFC London card's happening. And uh, uh, what were we about? The, it was around the uh, Patty Pimblet was walking out and stuff. So my coach is like watching on his phone and you know, he's like, you know, playing through his speakers. And I kind of had to kind of politely tell him, it was like, uh, I don't, I just actually, I just didn't, I didn't want to think about other fights. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't want to, I thought maybe I would have in my mind. I was like, maybe I want to watch other fights on the way there. I didn't. Um, I just, I didn't want to think about anything else. Um, so I, I didn't even know about any of the results. So after the card wow. stuff, cause, um, at first I was like, did Patty win? I was like, Oh, cool. But then I was like, Oh, I want to see the hooker Allen fight. Yeah. You know, I was like, no, no, I just, I'll worry about that later. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was both, that was mostly the drive. Yeah. Just me not thinking about, cause I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fight fan. I want to yeah, see fights, yeah. you know, but so, but I was just like, nah, this is, I just, I don't know. It was just like, I didn't, I didn't, it felt weird thinking about other fights. Uh, before I ask you about getting to the arena, just curious in the buildup and especially, you know, like I felt like in the last few days, this became a reality for a lot of people, a lot of people who knew you, um, you know, you posted that picture of DC. I don't know if he reached out to you. He told me he was going to reach out to you. Um, but I saw a lot of fighters who were 
you know, supporting you, sending you nice messages. Even on the stream, it was funny to see like Cub Swanson there and yeah. Cyborg yeah. and stuff. Did anyone reach out to you that really touched you, that really made you like, wow, like I can't believe that, you know, you know a lot of people in this sport. I saw Brandon Gibson mm -hmm. obviously write something very nice yeah. to you. A anything in particular and and i know you don't it's like picking your favorite child you don't want to yeah <laughs> but is there anything that really like kind of hit you um marlis kunin wrote me a nice message privately wow. and um I, I mean i'll share it. it's not a big deal but um she basically told me she's like she's like i know you're getting lots of advice and stuff but i'm gonna give you one more thing and um i really i liked it a lot she said don't worry about the w don't think about that just give it everything you got. If you give it everything you got, you'll be fine. You won't have any regrets. And I was just like, I, I, was, I thought of that a lot. I was like, okay, just, just, that, and that, that's, that, and I, it was a good reminder. I was like, okay, that's it. I just, I just, and that's what I was going to be happy with. No matter what happens, I was like, as long as I go out there and just like, just give everything I feel I can um, emotionally, physically, I don't know, everything. I was like, I was going to be, I was going to be okay with it. And, th and that was, that was my, that was my one big stress. The whole kind of fight week is, um, I, I would somehow go out there and I would just forget how to fight. You know, it was, it was almost like a nightmare situation. I was just forget everything. And, um, that, that, that was the, um, that was that big kind of stress in my mind the whole time. And, um, Marlis was like, just, just go out there and just give it all. I was like, Thank you. And I've known Marlis for a long time. I knew her um, uh, from the Strike Force days. I've, I've, I've done videos, like the video mm -hmm. I'm doing on myself with my friends and other you know, filmmakers I know filming me. Like I did that on Marlis. I, I followed her backstage. I've um, done helped her off a weight cut, you know, right before she walks out the cage, right, right in the cage, after the cage. So like I, it was, it was nice. It was, it was, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I got, I got lots of good advice, but uh, Marlis has stuck out a lot. What a legend. Second Marlos Kunin reference of today's program. Yeah. Very rare. <laughs> Amazing. Um, by the way, I was wondering about that. Because you have been privy to so many intimate moments for fighters over the years, did you remember anything or channel anything from someone that you saw that you were covering, that you were shooting, and now apply to your own self as you were about to fight? Did that ever come up? Um, yeah, a little bit in a, a funny way. Um, so like, you know, I'm, I'm backstage a lot um, with fighters, you know, and, you know, everyone's got their kind of some different rituals or something. Some are like, they, they go really hard on the pad. Some, some just stretch a little bit and they just go out and fight. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a, uh, my coach knows me well. I'm a, I'm a real slow starter. You know, I just, I just, it takes me, it takes me, I'm like one of those takes, I feel it takes like 45 minutes for me to get going and just in normal training. But, um, so we're warming up before the fight, which I still probably like, 30 minutes before I walk. And I just kind of, I'm me and my uh, partner are drilling a little bit. I told him I'm going to sit down for a bit. I just kind of sit down in the corner. You know, I, I look down, I do this, you know, I'm just like taking deep breaths, and, you know, and my coaches are like, Hey Casey, you all right? I was like, and I was just like, Oh, sorry. I don't know. This is what fighters do. <laughs> I was just there. It's like, this is like, aren't you supposed to kind of just get, you know locked in and stuff so and i was just like eh. i was like i don't and they were like oh okay oh sorry right, we'll leave you alone and i was just kind of doing it for a while by myself and i was just like nah, i'm good i don't know <laughs> i'm a really just i'm just playing scenes that i've shot before like well this is what people who really know what they're doing do so let me try it and it was just it was it was just weird like, yeah. i was like yeah yeah it was just every, everything was weird i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna probably say that a lot yeah, today yeah. <laughs> it was just weird yeah were you nervous in the back 
Um, no, I wasn't nervous. I wasn't nervous. Is I wasn't nervous. Um, uh, yeah, because nervous is, is not, it's not, it's not quite the right word. Um, I wasn't scared. I was just, um, oh, what is the word I'm looking for? I like, like it's new emotions, honestly. It's, it's just, it's new emotions because it was just, I just didn't know what was going to happen. That's all. I just didn't know what was going to happen. And, and I had that kind of feeling. It's like, I could go out there, get knocked out fast. I can knock him out fast. You know, I, that's the plan. Um, and, but as soon as I kind of think happy thoughts in my head, I go, Ooh, but that could go the other way because the way the locker rooms were, it was just like a thin curtain between both locker rooms. So every once in a while the curtain opened up and I could see Fritz on the other side, like doing spin kicks and blah, 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 you know, oh, I'm damn. like, Ooh, okay. All right. All right. I guess I better do something too. You know, I'm just sitting here, you know, so, you know, it's just so, you know, no, like, no, I'm you no know, trying to be sportsman. Like I'm not trying to peek over or anything. You know, just like, yeah. So nervous wasn't the question. Uh, wasn't the, wasn't the issue. It was really um, not having a big, um, a big adrenaline dump. That's what my coach was worried about, you know, because my coaches worked with lots of amateur fighters and stuff. Right, right, right. And um, so he's like, he's like, everyone's going to have, you're going to have that dump. You're going to have that dump. It's just like when you have it. Yeah. And that's why I was just like, I was like, oh crap, it's coming. It's coming. And um, it did come eventually. <laughs> By the way, how long were you in the back for? Like how long from when you arrived to when you fought? Uh, I checked, I got to the arena, to the venue about 3.30 and I walked out about 7:45. Oh damn! All right. So, so yeah, that, that's how long I was there. It, it, but it flew by. Okay. It, like yeah, it, it wasn't. Actually, my my big concern was like as soon as we got in the car and started driving, I was like I was like oh I forgot my headphones. I was like because I always see fighters you know just yeah, listening yeah. to music and stuff doing their own thing. And I was like oh it's like I was like my, I'm gonna lose. I don't have headphones. I was like and I was just kind of like tricking myself or something. I don't know. And uh, but sure enough, when I was there, you know, I was just like oh just. It was fine. It wasn't like I needed to listen to music. I was like, you know, it was just like, you know, it was just, I was just, you know, it was just making up anxiety, making up problems, right, right, I right. guess. Which uh, walkout song did you choose? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wind up choosing um, this band called Converge. Uh, they're like, they've been like one of my favorite um, metal bands. They tweeted you, for right? Years. Or they tweeted about Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they, yeah. T- they tweeted me and stuff. Um, and um, they were, yeah. And um, they used to, the guy that, um, uh, the guy in the band, he has a, he has a record label and um, they've actually sponsored MMA fighters. The singer is an actual, uh, he used to be at least a, a certified MMA judge in um, Boston, in Massachusetts. And so uh, they're, they're just big MMA fans too. And uh, I, I, we know them, they, they know Esther more than me, and, but they were super excited. So they tweeted at me a couple of times and stuff. So I did walk out to them and um, I'm, I'm happy I did too, because it's a pretty heavy, like rah, 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 really aggressive song. And um, I, I was worried. I wasn't sure if I needed that, and I felt I did. Okay. <laughs> At what point do you realize that Frank Trigg is your referee? Because it could have been like any Joe Schmo, you know. It's Frank freaking Trigg fought for a UFC title. We've interviewed him. You've shot me talking yeah, to I know, like, I know, yeah. Insane. It was – I. so they didn't um, – I didn't actually know who my ref was. I knew he was one of the refs, and – um. And I didn't realize it was, honestly, I didn't realize, I didn't even think about who my ref was till I was in the cage. And then Frank Trigg comes up to me, does the whole, you know, the rules, blah, blah, blah. You have any questions? And I'm like, all I was thinking, I was like, 
dude, you're Frank Trigg. <laughs> I, know. I was like, I was like, I was like, don't, don't say that, Casey. Right. Don't, don't like, you're in a fight. Don't go. I was just, it was, it was like, yeah, you're Frank Trigg. But as soon as he kind of walked away, um, I was like, then I saw my opponent. Then I was like, okay, put your mean face on. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. yeah it was, it was, it was. It, I was happy it was Frank Trigg because um, I felt of I felt of all the refs, um, he's the guy that would. Um, uh, in amateur fights, a lot of times I feel like fights get stopped pretty early. Right. Um, you know, because they're, they're amateur fights. But right. um, I think Frank had um, a, a good amount of respect for uh, me and Fritz and was going to, you know, let it, you know, let us fight. Right, let right, us right. fight. So you get rocked early. How bad was it? Oh, that was, that was so, oh, man. Um, if, okay, if I didn't watch the video, I would have no idea honestly kind of how the fight was because everything was a freaking blur like i couldn't if i didn't watch the video so like watching the video um i scared the crap out of all my friends i mean like like i, I watched the video and it kind of scared me how hard i got hit honestly it was loud and um but it didn't hurt it honestly didn't hurt like i had like i had a, i have like a bruise in my head but nothing hurt it was weird like i felt zero pain but i clearly knew that i did something stupid and I made it and I made, I made the freaking mistake I, I was not supposed to make. And I made it within the first 10 seconds is that every time I've got hit from Fritz and sparring, it's always been the same thing. I just move my head back in the line, center line, and I get hit. And I did that same thing. Like he jabbed, I slipped, but I didn't counter. I slipped and moved right back in the center line. And I'm just like, Hey, what's up? And he did, uh. boom, he hit me. I didn't even see it. And and then I, 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 I apparently I grabbed, not grabbed the cage, but I, I had to kind of hold myself in the cage. And then, but, but that's what I guess I needed because like, oh, it's a fight. Now we're, we're fighting. And after that, like I was just in fight mode and um, yeah, it, it didn't hurt, but obviously it hit me and um, it, it rocked me, but I didn't feel hurt. I didn't feel dizzy or anything, but I also, but I'm not used to this because this is the hardest. I think this is the hardest I've ever been hit. And, um, so I wasn't hundred percent sure. And this is kind of the, maybe me being very self-conscious in the fight and knowing that all the people are watching. I honestly had no idea if I was really wrestling because they, you know, because, you know, you, you've seen fighters when the fight gets stopped and they're grabbing the ref's leg or something. I, I kind of, for a moment, I thought I was doing that. Huh. I was like, but I knew what I was doing, but I was also doubting myself because I knew I got hit and I was kind of, like at the same time, I was kind of pissed at myself or like, God dang, I got hit. But I was also doing my thing. It's, it's a lot of like weird emotions and like a thousand emotions going on within like two seconds. It was, I, I'm kind of rambling a bit, but this, yeah. it's, it's, this is kind of, it was wild. But um, That's probably the only time that yeah. he really hit you hard, right? Like that was like the only one, I mean, from what yeah, I that saw. Was, yeah, that was the one shot. He hit me hard. And, um, but this, so, it's, but it's so funny because that was, it was, it was a bit of a worst case outside of being knocked out. It was, it was the worst case scenario for me. Well, everything we planned on making sure it doesn't happen happened because I was, I came in very confident, but I knew the first 15 seconds, uh, 30 seconds were going to be, could be very bad for me, especially because it's a new, I've never been in, I've never fought in this cage before. I've never fought with lights. I never fought with like a crowd. So, and I'm, I'm like, I always start slow, even in our sparring rounds. Like, if we, like if we fight, if we you know, did five rounds, I, he would almost always win the first round, I feel. Um, or just in general, just any of my sparring rounds, I just don't do well in the first round. And um, sure enough, it's like, oh, it's happening. Not now, not now. And I was just like, 
yeah, it was, it was nothing. Like I said, nothing hurt, but I was just like already, I was already mad at myself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Could you hear your crowd? Uh, sorry, your corner because of the crowd? No, I couldn't, I couldn't hear anything. Right. I couldn't hear anything until, until it started slowing down and I was really starting to get control and like get control of him on top of when I got, when I had Mount and I was trying to push his arms over and frame, uh, yeah, push his arms over so I can get clearer shots. Um, no, I, cu- I couldn't hear anything. I was so disoriented inside. I had, I had zero clue, like, like which way was what. It's really weird. Like, it was just, it was just I was just in this big, I don't know. I didn't know which way was where, honestly, when I was in there. Like, we're showing this clip right now, perfect timing. And uh, <laughs> it's after one of the rounds, and, like, you get up, and you look pretty tired. Um, what is going through your mind? Like, you're, you're on the ground, you're in mount, you know, round is over and you're like, uh, and you got to walk over to the, uh, to the court, like that experience right there. And you're sitting down, you have a minute to gather yourself. Like, can you even verbalize what is going on in your mind? Uh, those are, those were the only moments in the fight because I'm not fighting. I was scared. I was, I was nervous. I was scared right then. Those are the moments because I knew that I knew eventually when the fight started again, that's when that that as always those first 10 seconds i thought that was the chance i was gonna get hit hard because i can't really gauge his range yet i feel like because he's longer than me so and i'm i'm just bad of longer guys i feel like um so i was like crap i have to go out there and kind of do this again you know it's like if it was one like Uh, no like like 10 minute minute round i would six minutes yeah in the short round so like we we restart a lot and so everything's fast i don't have time to kind of like like, like if I had Mount and I had time to kind of position myself, like hold his arms down, but I was always just constantly worried because the coaches always said like, dude, these are amateur fights are sprints. They're sprints. You remember that? They're not like, like you don't have to have the greatest cardio in amateur fights. Honestly, it's just, they're just sprints. And I feel like I'm a very cardio heavy fighter. So I'm like, ah, this isn't really to my advantage. So um, every time I walked out there, I knew Fritz would, you know, he'll, his energy level will be coming back up. And then like, everything that first 10 seconds is going to be heavy. And I was, that, that was, I was just stressed that first 10 seconds of every round. What is so your, that's fit? what I'm worried about. So I'm just like getting my breath, get my breath back, get my okay. breath back. My coach said something. I don't know. He was saying stuff that made sense at the time. And I heard it, but I don't, I don't know if I actually listened to him. <laughs> it's an amazing thing because you'll, again, like you'll never, we see those moments all the time of a guy going back to the corner and the, like, and you know, will critique the court. Like you'll never watch those moments the same again. You'll always put yourself back in the, like you can literally put yourself in their shoes. They're not wearing shoes in their gloves. Um, What, what is your favorite (laughs) moment or sequence? You've watched it, right? You watched the whole thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are you most proud of from the fight? Um, I'm most proud of when I got hit actually, and Mm -hmm. how I took it and immediately like, um, immediately shot in with technique, not desperate shot in. And, um, and, um, yeah, I, I actually, I was kind of happy of my tenacity, um, getting those takedowns and taking shots when he was kind of, you know, hammer fisting me when I was grabbing for his leg that, that I, I changed. I went from a, I think I went from a single to a double. Then I just, I think I just lassoed his legs, which is what we trained for. Like this thing, you know, just that, that's exactly what we trained for. And then I was really, I was, I was satisfied with my, uh, top control and my, um, my side mount, my, uh, my, uh, side control. I was really, I was satisfied with my side control because, um, I, I get kind of loose on that, but 
I've worked really hard, my coach, and just um, doing things and not thinking about it. Because once you, uh, that, that's one thing I learned big time. And I've kind of heard this before. Like you can't think in there. I, I, I had just zero time to think about anything. Like, like watching, <laughs> watching it again, uh, I, I, I was like, oh, like the arm bar was there. The arm bar was there. But like, I remember seeing the arm bar, but also going, ooh, the arm bar is there. Okay, now, now this is when I turn my hip, put this leg over. And once you start thinking that, like, it's gone. Like mm. I'm already, he's like, I'm already three moves. It's three moves away. So, um, uh, I, I, I was, I was happy with, I was happy with my tenacity, chaining my, chaining my takedowns and my side and side control. That's what I was happy with the most. Great photo of, uh, when they announced that you had won and you have your hands up, like what, what does that feel like? <sighs> um, I was, I was, I, I the Vic, just do it. actually the vic i thought the hand raise would be like i was i, I kind of know you but they know they're like visualize the fight so i thought when i got my hand raised i'd be like yeah i won i won but i was just like oh it's over i was, I was just like it's over like yay i won and and like i'm very i was just very kind of self-conscious i guess or something and i was i i was just i was happy i won i was i was, I was really happy i got a 30 27 honestly because i didn't think i like I said, like the, everything was a blur. I wasn't sure. Like out, out of the second round, I asked my coach, "Is like, am I up? Am I losing the fight? I don't know." Because I, I thought I wasn't even sure. I, I thought I lost the first round. Um, I thought I lost the first round, and I wasn't absolutely sure how the second round went. Even though everyone was like, "Dude, like you were on top, and like almost, you know, if that round was longer, you could have finished him." But like in my mind, I didn't feel that way. I was like, I wasn't hundred percent sure I was even up two rounds. So I was like, "Do I have to go out and just like?" throw haymakers in the third round. I didn't know. And coach was like, you're good. You're good. You're like, just, just do your thing. You know, do it. Stick, no, stick the game plan. Be smart. Hands up. You know, elbows in. Um, so when I got my hand raised. I was just like, it's over. You know, that's all I was thinking, honestly. Mm -hmm. I, I, and I was, I was really surprised. Um, I got a post fight interview. Cause I, <laughs> that was, maybe awesome. it's just who I am. Yeah. <laughs> maybe just who I am. Like I thought this, I honestly thought this was one of those fights where, you know, we have a, a boring, a boring UFC fight. They just go straight to the next fight. You know, I felt it was, I felt it was one of those fights like, Oh, they don't interview decisions, you know, especially like, like that. I, that, that that's what I felt like. It was just, everything was just like, Oh, I did that wrong. I did that wrong. I was immediately critiquing myself, you know, as soon as the fight ended. You All know, the damn publicity my, that you brought those guys, they better freaking interview afterwards. By the way, you know what would have helped you out knowing if you were up or, or down, you know what would have helped out <laughs> open freaking scoring. Now you know, right? Yes. What do you think? Now that yes. you've this is it. This oh, is it. Uh, oh, dude, I'm 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 yes. on team open scoring. I've been like I've been I've been that the whole time. But now that you've um, experienced it, wouldn't it have been nice to know that you were up? It, it would be interesting. It would be it, oh, obviously it would be nice. Yeah, it would be great to know. I was uh, I would love to know the score out when I was up because my my coach actually he didn't hear when I said that because it was just like I was like am I up and then he kind of and the, and the commission guys are like everyone out of the cage. I'm like. Am I winning? I was like, oh crap! I don't know. <laughs> so uh, no, I I I would say I, I wish I wish I wish I kind of known the score, but at the same time, it it honestly didn't matter too, because um, I still had to go out there right, and right, right. fight. But I think for my coaches, I think for my coaches, um, it would have been nice if the rounds were no. It turns out, looking back on it, the rounds weren't as close as I thought they were. But um, in my mind, I was like, this is up for grabs, you know. 30 to 27, I mean, you fancy yourself an expert, uh, you know, round score. There had to have been at least one 10-8 in there. 
I thought it was 10 8. Well, yeah, we, when, I, when I rewatched it, when I rewatched it, how would you um, score yeah, it? I, I think uh, 30, 30 26 at least. 3026 at least. Yeah. I, I, you could have given me 10 eights. Not due, not due to damage, but just for positional dominance and duration. What's it but, like um, when you get yeah. to the back? Before the back, actually. This is the best part of the night. Everyone, you know, I've had a few people ask me, you know, was it fun? Was it fun? But that the best part, without a doubt, uh, and this is something I completely wasn't expecting, was right when I stepped out of the cage because when you know why I didn't like the hand raise well not why I didn't like the hand raise why why the hand raise was kind of like whatever is because you're you're still by yourself it's just you yeah, yeah. and I never I, I never felt like this was just me thing and so it wasn't until I left my left the cage that I really got to embrace my coaches and then all my friends that were there that I knew were coming but I just hadn't thought about it in hours you know so I forgot they were there honestly I forgot any of my friends were even there. So as soon as I get out, I just I see, I just see my friends or uh, who's there's a bunch of fighters there that that I, I was like oh crap Kay Guida hey what's up hey. Yeah. you know things like that you know and uh, I saw a bunch of fighters um, Angela Hill was there they were all wearing these uh, m- uh, fake mustaches and I was like whoa you guys have costumes like I had no idea that was going on so like so like it just felt so awesome because a moment ago when I hand raised I was I was just like. I was just, you know, I, I knew I knew I had a little bit of, you know, mini MMA Twitter celebrity status for, you know, a night. So I knew I was like, oh, P- oh Casey won, but it was a boring decision. You know, that's why I honestly I was, I was thinking oh that way. God. And they were just like, yeah, you did it, man. Yeah. You did it. Congrats. I was like, I did. I did. What? I, I, it didn't like hit me, you know, and then it's just all my friends were just like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, you're here. You're here. Oh, I forgot. And like friends I hadn't seen in a while, like like because actually because of pandemic, you know, and like, you know, just things i just haven't seen friends in a while so they they were there i was like oh crap what's up what's up and and look and like it was, it was that scene and i felt like i was it was felt like i was living that scene where, where you know the ufc drags people out of the cage and then fan they're grabbing fans and the security's like let's go let's go like i'll talk to you after yeah like, that was me i was doing that thing you know and um and, and poor Esther. <laughs> oh my God, poor Esther. So since she's short and I was like, so um, like hyped up or something, she was like right beside me and I'm watching other people's videos and like, I'm kind of looking for her and I'm looking right over. Her. She's uh, like right here. I'm looking right overhead. I'm like, Oh, I guess there's, I guess Esther's busy. And I see other friends and stuff. And finally she kind of just like taps me on the shoulder uh, right before I do my medicals and I see her. And then like, and, she was like all like crying already. And I was like, Whoa. and I started like little crying and stuff. And it was just like, it's okay. I won. And she was like, I saw, and she was like so worried and stuff. And it was just like super emotional. And um, that was, it was, um, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, uh. um, yeah. But it, that, that moment from walk, walking out of the cage, that was actually my favorite moment. Uh, and that, and those moments after the fight were uh, really incredible actually. Uh, I mean, uh, I get a text from Clay Guida, and it's that exact. That's exactly what it reminded me of. Like when you get a fighter and they're walking back, and the fan wants a <laughs> selfie. I'm like, it's Clay Guida asking Casey for the selfie after yeah. the fight. It's just amazing. Um, I know you love this question in the scrums. It's always one of your favorite questions. How are you going to celebrate? So how, how did you? How did you, how did you celebrate? Oh, and this is something I totally get now from fighters. So the plan was. Okay. 
Casey with the suspect internet connection. Wow. What's going on here? Someone doesn't want us to know. How he Unbelievable. Is. We'll get him back. Casey with the suspect internet connection. That's crazy. Um, I know oh, injuries. Wait, like you're back. Maybe about, oh. We lost oh, you there. Me? We oh. lost you there. Yes, oh, no. I was making fun that you had suspect internet connection. Ah, am I back now? Uh, it's a little shoddy. Okay, I think you're back now. But you have to repeat that whole answer. Oh, where, where did we start? I'm sorry. I asked where, you, where, where, uh, how, you uh, how did you celebrate? And you said, this celebrate? is one thing that I know the fighters do. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm, get, I do, I'm getting the whole MMA hour You're experience. Getting, this is no, it. This yeah, is yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, this is it. <laughs> I, I knew I should have done this in my car. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I would have hung up on you. <laughs> Driving. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, no, the experience. Uh, the, uh, how I can celebrate? Originally, we we're gonna go do a big. We we're gonna have a go to a, a big Japanese karaoke bar and just have a blast and just scream out loud and just be silly. And um, but it turns out we were just exhausted. I, I was exhausted, and I think I think everyone around me, my my my, my closest friends, were just emotionally exhausted too. Honestly, because like that's why like they were kind of with me the whole time, you know. So everyone's like, man, we just sat and chilled. Um, Mark, we met up with Mark Ramondi. Mark Ramondi gave me like he, all, he basically interviewed me. He knows like, so what was the game plan after round two? <laughs> like, but it was, it, like, and like, and Esther's all like, Mark, get off the clock. Yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah, like, yeah. he's like, I'm curious. He's my friend. I want to know. <laughs> like so it was just things like that. And um, uh, and that yeah. After a little bit, I mean, after a couple of hours, I was just like, oh, I don't want to say I was I was over it, but like I was just like. So how was your day, guys? Like, what did y'all do? Like, you know, I was just, I was, I was like, I, I was ready to be just, just, just one of the gang, you know, like, like, cause like even like in the, the more, even like Saturday morning when I woke up, um, I, I joked to Esther. I was just like, Esther, make me coffee. This is my special day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was just like, this is my day. <laughs> I was just kind of just being funny, Brad. But um, yeah, afterwards I was just like, so yeah, how's everyone else's day? You know, how's, what's going on? You know, <laughs> it was just, um. Because eventually I knew I kind of had to leave this fight world and just kind of, hey, just just hanging out with friends again, you know? I wish you could have seen, uh, so Mark filmed it, as you know, on his Instagram, and that was great. And he was providing some commentary. You kicked him in the stomach a couple of times. That was great. But it was like really <laughs> like a reunion of MMA media in the comments. You know, like Ben was there and 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 Shaheen was there and all the MMA fighting people were there. And then like Cub Swanson is there. And it was just amazing, like all these people just supporting you and 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 writing things as the fight's going on, like you know this running commentary. I don't think you could go back and watch that even if he posted, but it was just amazing to to be a part of that and to feel like we all won because you won. Um, it was just it was really special. It was it was it was just special. Like I, this isn't what I expected at all. I knew, I mean, I knew there'd be a little bit of attention to this coming when I, when I, when I decided to do this, you know, but it's like, oh, I'm just me with like, you know, my 6,000 followers or something. I don't know. And, but, um, I don't know, man. Um, uh, it was just, it, it was, it was, it was unexpected. And, and for like such a mass majority of the comments that were just super positive and so helpful. And it was weird. Like the, the whole MMA experience, I got like random, just like, you suck. Who do you think you are? Blah, blah, blah. You know, 
And I was like, whoa, weird. I'm just getting random hate. I was like, I am getting the full MMA experience here. <laughs> this is wild. And, um, but like, uh, and I, and I didn't, I think I, I think I replied like once to someone, but I was like, Ooh, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be that guy that focuses on one yeah. negative comment and just passes up, you know, the hundred positive comments. So almost all of yesterday, I felt I spent most of my day just no saying thank you thank you thank you like no liking heart buttons and right, stuff right, on different right. different social media it's like i i i like for the first time in my life you know i had that oh i got so many notifications you know that was me for that first time you know the full the full experience and um i didn't want to i felt bad i didn't want to pass up i didn't want to i don't i wanted everyone to know that i saw their messages i saw their graduations i saw their good looks i saw their advice and it really meant a lot and it it, it felt good. It felt really nice. Um, so having so much positivity going into that fight and, and, and I guess, and even coming out of it, like as soon as the fight was done, like if, I guess if you, you watch the video, watch as soon as the fight's done, I'm like, Oh, I like, so I, I felt, I looked disappointed and I felt disappointed. Um, but then as soon as I saw the comments and you know, everyone's like, what are you talking about, dude? I'm like, Oh, okay. I guess I did. Okay. I guess I did. Okay. You know? And, um, and even my coaches, because you know, there's there were so many things I was supposed to do in the fight that I passed that I just passed up on, um, like the, the arm bars and like you know, uh, there were key locks I was supposed to do and all this stuff, you know, I had planned for and I, I put myself in position for, but it's a fight, you know, it's just I just kind of forgot things, but I still didn't lose my positions. I, I you know I still didn't know, I still kept my fundamentals down, so I didn't you know get get um, swept or anything. So I'm happy of that, but. Um, uh, it's yeah, all those comments and all the fighters like uh, Cub, uh, Chris Cyborg. Uh, there's a, there's been a lot more. I think uh, Andre Feely wrote me. Uh, who wrote me? A um, bunch of fighters wrote me and stuff, and just um, just like little messages and stuff. It was just it was um, it felt nice. It felt very nice, and uh, it felt very nice. Yeah. Are you gonna do it again? It was man. It's it. It's it's a thing, man. It's a it's a thing. Um, uh, probably, probably. You're probably. leaning towards um, it. Probably because only because the fight didn't go the way I wanted it to go. I excite. I, I like 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 everyone's all like you know oh he he could be you know Leiden or whatever you know EKC and Mega Madoff and stuff and like like well I I was like oh like. I was like, I've been trading my striking so much, you know, it's like, I, I think, I, oh, that's something I heard today that I was like, oh my God, Paul Craig talking about his striking mm. and like, no one thinks he's a good striker. They think I'm just a jujitsu guy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like, and like, everyone thinks I'm a wrestler now you yeah. know, <laughs> or whatever. Um, I just, people it, think, like, isn't that a crazy thought in its own right? Like people actually think of you as a certain type of fighter. You, you actually saying yeah. everyone thinks I'm a wrestler now is such an absurd statement, but it's a real statement. Yeah. Like imagine you saying yeah. that in 2012, everyone thinks I'm a wrestler now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I, I mean, I worked in my wrestling. I actually, I actually have a, a, a much bigger appreciation for wrestling, like a, a giant appreciation for wrestling, especially MMA wrestling now. And, um, and I really, um, I really did embrace the grind and, and my first ever MMA workout was with DC and mm -hmm. it was wrestling too. And I remember that day I was like, I was like, Ooh, like, cause it was hard. I was like, this is, this is like, this is painful, you know, just my, my muscles and everything. I was like, and I, I'm kind of just like, I kind of like that. I kind of like the hard, dirty workouts. And, um, 
So yeah, everything's impressive. But I, I got so I was just so mad. I, that's why I want to do it again because I feel like oh, I had all this cool striking. My, I know I, I work on my head movement so much, and I just didn't use it, you know. And I got hit. Like I threw a, in the third round. This is how, this is how stupid I am sometimes. I threw a leg kick in the third round for only one reason, just because I've been training so much dang Muay Thai. I was like, oh god, I got to throw one kick in a fight. I can't do my. I can't can't go out and not throw one kick you know so i was just like so i threw this crappy little leg kick and stuff and i, I think I, I think i don't know i think he punched me after that for doing that but just <laughs> you threw it um yeah <laughs> it's amazing tapology result the whole thing is just incredible final question if there's someone out there who wants to go through this program why, why should they do it why, now that you've done it why would you go out there and you know because it's tough man there's a lot of reasons why you shouldn't do it if you have kids if you have a job this and that why should someone do it why is the payoff worth it first of all it's a hell of a story to tell it's, it's just it's just gonna be a, it's gonna be, i mean i mean that's life life is just a, like we are when we're old and stuff you want stories to tell you know you want things that you want memories and this is a freaking memory man this is one hell of a memory the whole process, not just the fight, really the whole process. Um, that's actually the number one reason. And um, obviously, I mean, I got I me, mean, I got in the best shape of my life. I still, I still have like, I can still feel my abs. You know, I had a six pack, you know, and everything. I was like, that was just absurd to me that I, I'm a person that had a six pack. I was weighing, you no, know, I was over, I was like 210 pounds. I was just like, I was just like, I was just a dude, you know, I was like, yeah, I just go to work and do it. And like, all of a sudden, like, I'm just like, oh my God, no, like I had to get a whole new wardrobe pretty much. Cause like nothing fit anymore. Um, so like the fitness part, if you, it's great honest, but, um, I think the number one reason though, is like, is really, you're going to find out that you're way tougher than you think you are. I think, I think, I mean, and, and this, this isn't just fighting. I mean, but like, we're just like, I think people are just tougher than they think they are. And, um, that's why this one, this group that we had in this class, and I think it was awesome too. I think we, I think we started out with like 18 people. We wound up finishing with, uh, 14 because people had to drop out for different reasons. But like those last, those 14 guys, like I met 14 people that I would have really never met in my life. And we all had just like basically one common interest, but we were all there for different reasons. And just to meet all these different types of people um, who live all across in Los Angeles, different ages. Now, some people are, you know, they're just different. Everyone's just different and they all had different reasons to be there. And, and that was the one thing I think from that we all gained from it. Like, Oh, we're all, we are way tougher than we thought we were. We're tougher than we thought we were. And um, I think that just feels good. And um, that's like one of the big things for, for as far as joining that program. Frank. Anything you'd like to say to Casey? Oh, jeez. Good job, guy. Casey. I mean, that's it? That's all you got, Frank? No that's apology, it. no nothing? No. Wow. You Texas guys. Hey, the haters motivated me. The yeah. The haters motivated me. <laughs> hey, Casey, you got 10 bucks on you by chance? <laughs> <laughs> uh, GC, anything you want to say to Casey? Thank you, Casey. Incredible work. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm 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 so I'm 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 so excited that all my friends got to watch it too. Like I I, I didn't I didn't think too much about the whole streaming thing. I was just I didn't want to. Bo- I mean, can that, I get know, some I credit for the? Ch- I mean, can I give myself? Yeah, a, I mean, 
Thank you. Yeah, you, the Barry Horowitz, thank whoever you, that guy is, keeps saying you, that. I don't know yeah, who that yeah, is, yeah. but I mean, I freaking fought really hard to get that. We got multiple you did, streams. You did. Multiple streams. And you if did. I'm being honest. I know, I, I, I had different camera angles. Yeah, I could watch the Celtic Mark Gladiator, and, I mean, Mark, great guy, not the best cameraman. I then I went to watch the Celtic one. I was like, man, they were like right in there. They were in the corners. Yeah, I, right. I, I should have been <laughs> watching this stream. It was so much better. It was like pro stream. <laughs> You know what's so funny? So like in between one of the rounds, I don't know which round was. And I thought, you know, you think the weirdest things, you hear the weirdest things and stuff. And so I'm in there like breathing. And in the corner of my eye, I look up. I'm like, who's that guy with an iPad? I'm like, why is that guy with an iPad just looking at me? Was that the guy? Was that how he was filming? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was like it was like on a big iPhone or something. I don't know. It was but it was just like he was just holding it right there. So I hit the, the corner beams right here. So I'm like, Oh, okay, I was just like, there's a guy with an iPad pointing at me, but that's not, but then but then I got home and I saw oh wait and like you can kind of you can kind of see me look at the camera for a moment. <laughs> I was like that was the camera. I didn't realize what it was. I was just like not thinking that. Amazing. But. Well, I was it was the highlight of my Saturday. Forget Arnold and Aspinall, Molly. But this was the highlight. <laughs> it ended on a perfect note. Yeah, I'm so happy. I made I'm so happy. I made my friends happy because like everyone oh, was just, great. Was just like. Yeah, so that was that, awesome. That, that made me feel really good. You know, I I, I felt honestly happier for my, my friends being happy that I won. It was weird. It's a weird feeling. It but, was actually, um, yeah. uh, of all the, you know, potential stories that we can have with MMA media, you know, a member going to fight, to me, this was the perfect one because forever, and I know recently, you know, you, you've become a, a personality, okay. but like forever, you were always the guy behind the camera. You were always the guy who didn't yeah. have, the, you were shining the spotlight on other people. And so for one night, one week, whatever you want to say, it'll happen mm -hmm. again. The spotlight was on you. And I thought that that was a beautiful thing. So it was well-deserved. It was amazing to see. Much respect, man. You made the walk and you freaking won. <laughs> and I scored it 30 to 24 and no one could tell me otherwise. Ooh. Let's go. Well done. Open scoring, baby. That's Open right. Scoring. That's right. Now get back to work. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Casey. Appreciate Thank it. Congrats, man. There All he right. is. Casey, like, undefeated, undisputed, 1-0 as an MMA fighter. Unbelievable. What a story. How do you not love that? All right. Uh, in a bit, we're going to be joined by New York Rick, Rick's Picks. That went a little longer, but I had a lot of questions, okay? I had a lot of questions. I needed them answered. Uh, in a second, we're going to be joined by GC, see how he did with his picks for UFC London. But first, oh yeah, here we go. There it is. That's the one? That's the $10 bill? $10 richer. Can you confirm this, Frank? Yep. Wow. Shout out not only to Casey, but also to Frank for doubting. Our teammate, our yeah. team member. And and to Frank for paying up. He did pay up. Yeah. All right. He tried to Venmo me. I said, no. No, no. We need we the, the actual, cash. yeah. Because with that said, if you'll see behind me here. Oh. The decoration team. If we, you know, I don't know if you can read it. The caution tape. We've yeah, been working that. on this for a while. It's time to unveil it. Oh. This will live forever. We're not going to spend this one. Wow. Now wow. Casey's Corner. <laughs> we are naming this after him. Wow. And this is where this $10 bill. I mean, will this is a lot. Stand. This is a lot. I mean, the guy got all this attention all weekend long. Now he's getting his own corner immortalized. Look at that. Immortalized here on the MMA hour. The $10 bill will stand. Wow. Not just as a reminder for his great work, but also for Frank's for Frank just blatant fumbling. disrespect. Yeah. To him. Unbelievable yeah. performance. Wow. 30 24. 
There, you, you I think agree, that's right? the consensus. Yeah. I think that's the consensus everywhere. Yeah. I hit up MMADecisions.com. I told them 30 to 24, it's the only score that matters. Frank, your thoughts? It's a little rude. Why? I mean, it's Frank just... scored it for Fritz. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did score He it. said 29-28 Fritz. I don't know how. Uh, I, I was actually talking to Frank as the fight was going on. He actually thought the fight should have been stopped after that punch landed in the first, you know, opening. Unreal. Yeah, he was I like, oh, wow. He, he sent me a fake stream. He was, I think he, I think he doctored a video that had Casey losing, and he sent me that string. Oh my God, Frank! The, Frank, so just saying, should there be another corner for every time Connor loses a bet? Wow! Um, I don't know if we have enough wow. corners. So. Wow! <laughs> I and mean, this guy just hates everyone on the team. Unreal. <laughs> Biggest heel in the I control want, room. I want everyone to put it on notice now. He claims he's going to watch two seventy three with me. So wow! We'll Do you know when that is, Frank? Eighteen days to come up with an excuse. Yeah, uh, April 9th, Frank. Okay. Thank you. So it's March 21st, 10 days. Yeah, all right. Um, well, that's amazing. So that's a big win. Huge win. But you had other big wins. Uh, oh, yeah. Had another was, great week. That man. was my segue into you. Yeah, that was nice. That was nice. <laughs> Thank we're, you. we're rolling pretty good. I mean, yeah. UFC London, fantastic card. I was, I was kind of sad to take down the poster. but uh, wait, before yeah. we, wait, before we get to the win, sorry, this is my yeah, bad. Yeah, let's go back. All right, yeah. What about, okay. Jumped the gun a little bit. Yeah. I, I, well, no, I it was a nice transition. It was big win to big win. Are we uh, talking We're talking breakfast there? Yeah, I mean, the picture, first of all, the picture was so good. You did it from above. Yeah, I it mean, was, I took some time. I mean, okay. look at that. Look at that. It was gr- yeah. the, the lighting, though, on the right side there. So, yeah, this is my coffee table right next to, to some windows. So we got the natural lighting and everything going. I, I did the counter at first. I spent way too much time working on this picture. Uh, what do so we got much- there for those that are listening? Well, give us the yes. breakdown. Okay, this is the English breakfast. I, I went based off the internet off of Google. We got eggs. We got hash browns. I couldn't find the black pudding. Got ripped for that. I'll, I'll give my sunny biggest side up eggs. Sunny Does side it have up. to be sunny side up? English breakfast? Uh, I'm not sure. I can't. Okay. I can't speak uh-huh. on that. But all the pictures I saw, they were sunny side up. This, you put it in the skillet, you steam it. This was tough work. First one didn't come out well. These were two and three right here. You got the beans, the Heinz English beans, whatever they are. Tomatoes, mushrooms, back bacon, back bacon. sausages. Got absolutely roasted for these sausages. Why? Every, oh my gosh, they were like these are pathetic. What's wrong these, with them? Are those brown and serves? So <laughs> those are brown and serves, aren't they? Uh. Yeah, something similar. Yeah, they are. They are. Uh, nothing crazy. Uh, they're supposed to be bangers, I think. Uh, everyone says the full size. I mean, people call them pathetic. Uh, yeah, they just absolutely ripped them. We got the English breakfast tea up there, and we Ooh. got some toast. Uh, another big critique, I didn't toast the, the bread enough. It was plenty crunchy. There's plenty of butter on there. People were actually critiquing that? People were coming for my neck for not uh, putting milk in my tea either. Wow. I mean, they were like, you stupid <laughs> son of a... Like, they were... They, I got called a maniac, a psycho. They couldn't believe it. Uh, mostly, though, the reviews were positive. Uh, you know, a couple of people... Anyone that really ripped me, I think I got like a couple, like two out of tens... If you're gonna give me a two out of ten, you gotta post your own breakfast. You gotta you gotta yeah, come back and show me what a ten is. Like mostly uh positive. For a first timer, I will take it. You know, a lot of positive reviews. Some people said they'd pay for it. I got a couple ten out of tens. Killershaw thought it was fake. He thought it was uh, uh he thought it was from the internet. I took a selfie with it to prove otherwise. So And then he thought that the selfie was fake. I mean, that guy'll come up with anything. I that know. guy's just what a hater. He's just he's he's no better than old New York Rick with the Also he doesn't theories. he thinks you don't retweet yeah, things enough. Is. There it is. What's his issue with your retweeting? No, I think I think he thinks I retweet the GC and Hawani segment too much. 
Oh, I think I, that's the whole thing. That's why he's always like, oh, shocker. Oh, I actually Connor took it as like you don't retweet it enough. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, why wouldn't think you retweet I, that? Yeah, I think I retweet it every time, yeah, of which course. I think is what he's saying. He's like, uh, oh, big shocker. Okay. I'm just having my soup here. All this yeah, food talk. Yeah, don't choke on it, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it looked fantastic. I was jealous. I enjoyed it, dude. The beans with the eggs was like shockingly mm. better than I expected. It was better than I expected. I don't know if I'm going to do it. Uh, it's also a lot going on to make that. I There's don't know a lot the, of things, yeah. I don't know How the long did that thing person. take? Soup to nuts, as they say. I mean, like an hour. And I had assistants. This this was a team project, me and my girlfriend. And like you had skillets and burners and the oven going, and it was... Have you been to England? No. Okay. No. One day you'll uh, maybe get to... Yeah, and the funniest thing is, I went. I was at a restaurant later that day, and there's an elderly man in the corner sitting eating an English breakfast. And I was like, oh, my God, like, look at this. And wow. he, had the, he had the black pudding, too. Wait, someone was having an English breakfast at night? Oh, uh, no, it wasn't at night. It was, like, noon. Oh, right, because yeah, you were out like, and about, right? Yeah, it was, like, his, like, brunch. doing the St. Patrick's thing. It was, like, right, his right, brunch. Right. Okay. Yeah, which the St. Patrick's thing was a pretty big fail. I think everybody just did it on Thursday. Uh, you know, I hate, I hate to say that I was, Yeah, you like, told me that. I was you just, I was a little bit yeah. surprised. I mean, because I know Thursday is a big day in New York City. Yeah. I was really hoping it would just carry over the weekend. Yeah, one bartender was like, why are you guys all wearing green? I was like, I mean, dude, it's been two days. You got decorations still up. Like, let's just keep the trend going. More commentaries rolling in here from Familiar Faces. Judd says, in fairness, Connor, if you're going to do a full English, you got to do it right. I respect the effort, though. 6.3 out of 10. Uh, Lewis, our good friend, says, first time seeing the breakfast, I'm partially offended did you toast the bread for three seconds? She. So I everyone, mean, wow. Wow. I mean, How long I, did you toast it for? Clear I the mean, air. It was a full toasting cycle, I think, set on four. I mean, like, I didn't want to bite into a brick here. And the, the lack of butter, I mean, how much butter do we need, people? Like, yeah. there, was a, there was a solid slab of butter on both pieces. I'll, I'll take the appreciation for the effort. Just, there was a lot of effort. To clarify, you took a bite out of the piece of bread before the picture, but nothing else. So actually, yeah, here's the thing. That was an interesting call. The bread, so toasted, it broke. That's how toasted it was. Wow. It broke in half. So everyone coming at me. It was a it was a white bread. Wait, so uh, almost. I mean, you can make a case that you toasted it too much. That's. I mean, you see it. It's. It's. I. I think it's plenty toasted. I mean, what do you know those Grubhub pictures that I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, it looks great. It's this great this looks like a picture great for buying. like, you know, the the Garden yeah. City Deli. Yeah. Like on I mean, the I did it big. Of, I did it big. I, yeah. Like I, there was some dust on my table, I wiped it off. I was yeah, like, okay. this, this, "This is gonna look good." Yeah, yeah, and you still get crap for it. Unbelievable. I mean, it's the internet. What do you expect? Did you eat no, this while the card was going on, or before the card? Nah, st- before the card started. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think you did a great job. I appreciate it. Full I appreciate marks. It. I mean, some effort. That's all I put into it. Yeah. No. 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 Full marks. Um, all right. So then we get to the fights. Then we How get did to the we fights. do? We did well. Another another winning week. We're we're starting to string a few together here. Uh, we'll start with the singles. Do well with the singles. We go five and one. I mean, look at EKC Layden down there at the bottom at even money. We also uh, we also cash Shore, Allen, and Aspinall all at dog odds. Gunnar Nelson unfortunately couldn't get the finish. I thought thought he had a couple opportunities too, but he wasn't able to finish it off. Uh, we'll go to the parlays. Um, yeah, we see you, we missed the little mini air fryer because. Gunner couldn't get the finish, but uh, you know it is what it is. We go two and two there. We get the uh, Pavlovic. I guess I count that as a single because we lost Nathaniel Wood, which was unfortunate. Ah, that was a bummer. Yeah, so we do well there. Nathaniel. And then the uh, the final recap. 
Uh, six and one singles, two and two parlays. Up a Man. total Wait, of did, five. Didn't I up? say you'd get to 30 by 273? I think you did. Wow. Here we are. We get. We got to have another winning week, though. You know, we can't lose and go sure. and regress back before two seventy three. So yeah, up five point two nine units after after the Casey win. He pushed us over the thirty unit mark. Actually, he was the last fight of the day. He he pushed us over the thirty unit mark. So uh, yeah, we're hot right now. We're doing well. You know, stringing together some wins. Not going to get too high. Fun riding it out right now and just try and stave off a cold streak here as long as we can. Man, you are, I mean, look at that. You are rolling. Um, favorite moment? Man, that's tough. So when I was out and about, they had the fights on at a bar, and there was another group of people betting on the fights as well. I had the fight doesn't go the distance of Krylov Craig, and then a bunch of people in the bar took oh. Paul Craig based off of his nickname. Huh. And, like, so I'm cheering for the fight not to go the distance. They're cheering for Paul Craig. And when he gets the submission, like, everybody goes tr- crazy. People start chanting Bear Jew in the bar. Like, it was uh, – that was a pretty wild moment. Um, I also went really crazy when Arnold Allen beat Dan Hooker. Man. I was going pretty wild. That was uh, that was sick. I mean, there were so many moments. The, the Molly McCann knockout. Like, Incredible. I mean, Mikhaev, like, to start off the card, like, that was that was insanity. There was There was too many moments to count, like – Tom Aspinall, the call out, and then he's chugging beers on the way back to the. By the way, who said Aspinall via finish? Who said it? You did say that. I'll give you credit for it. I said it was tailor made for him. Tailor made, man. Yeah, you you pinpointed. I I still couldn't believe he was the underdog. Now I don't think he closed as underdog, right? No, I think he closed at like minus one twenty five, minus one thirty. But for a long stretch there, he was the underdog. Yeah. Um, How are you doing in the? uh, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say Jack Shore did close as an underdog. Yeah, so. I was surprised by that. I yeah, mean, I mean, that there was another moment. That third round was was insanity. Insanity. Yeah. I mean, great how, card. How are we doing in basketball? Uh, we're doing good. I mean, I think I went like 14 and 10 this weekend. Nothing like crazy. I'm right. also just do it for fun. Gonzaga's still alive. Mm-hmm. I have six futures. Five of them made the Sweet 16. Mm. Wish Arizona had lost last night. Unfortunately, they got it done in OT. But yeah, we're having fun. It's a good tourney. St. Peter's. St. Peter's, Jersey City's very own. How do we feel about it? Shaheen Holloway, what a legend. Why yeah. is my mic so uh, loud all of a sudden, Frank? What's going on over here? Where's the uh, the house music? You want the house music? <laughs> <laughs> what about that petty walkout, huh? Oh, my gosh. I actually the think song. they botched it, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I kind of agree with you that they should have been showing him earlier. Earlier. You need to get him from the locker room, build up to it. Uh, I felt like they went to him too late. It was great. You know, here I am nitpicking, but I felt like it could have been, if I may, I felt like it could have been produced just a little bit better. Yeah. But, you know, very few uh, low moments on that card. I mean, again, if they were sitting down beforehand and being like, all right, what could we do and what could we wish for to make this the perfect night? That pretty much was the perfect night because it wasn't even just like they all won. That would have been fine. It was all like one dramatic finish after the next. <laughs> and it was like they kept topping each other. Like yes. it was just like I mean the Taporia fight. Like that that, that was wasn't nuts. even an English guy, but just like I thought well, Taporia he beat the was cooked for a second. Yeah. Oh my god, that first round like, was amazing. Was like, oh my god. Yeah. I mean insane. Uh so yeah, I did well. A couple other people did well. Oh yeah, um, what do we got? Yeah, we got the big hitters. Another yeah. tough week to decide. I'm I'm uh, noticing that this is like people want to be featured here. Oh, I think so, man. You gotta, you, yeah. you gotta show how well you did, man. Some of these people really cash out like crazy. This was like, there's gonna be some people upset that they didn't make it, man. The competition was tough this week. I think we got the most responsible we've had so far. So we'll start with the big hit of the week. This is a special one. I'm very happy to do it. 
Uh, yep, that one right there. Uh, yep, there it is. There it is. All right. Special one that I wanted to do. Mike Ryan, um, he's been telling me, you talk about manifesting with Makayev. He's been telling Dana White uh, for forever long he's going to make the UFC. Mike Ryan has been telling me every single week since I think we started this that he's going to make it onto the show, that he's going to, you know, he's always telling me to meet him at the bank after the card, <laughs> everything like that. He balled out this week. Molly McCann by KO at plus 950. Aspen wow. by submission, plus 1,200. Parlayed them up, plus 13,550. $10 to win 1300 He also hits Tom Aspinall's submission round one. Arnold Allen KO round one. I don't even know how you would call that. Why you would even put money on that? Like, wow. like you said, he doesn't have a KO in however knows how long. Uh, profits like $6,000 on the weekend. I mean, he's been telling me, dude. He's been telling me. He tells me every week that he's going to make it on the show. So how much did he get? 6000 in total, this is just some of his plays. This was like fourteen hundred for the parlay, another five hundred for that Aspinall submission, another two hundred for the Arnold Allen. Ends up uh, profiting like six thousand dollars. Wow! Good so shout him. out, shout out to Mike Ryan, man. He's yeah. been telling me he's going to do it. And, and honorable... again, this isn't Mike Ryan of the uh, Lebetard Show fame. No, or no. Mike Ryan, my college roommate. I guess it's just a popular name. Okay. A uh, couple honorable mentions. Like crazy stuff here. Anthony Smith, not that Anthony Smith. Okay. Uh, he parlays. Pimblet, sub round one. Aspinall, sub round one. Wow. Two legs plus 28,600 on this one. Turns $5 into over 1,400. Wow. I mean, insanity right there. At Fun While It Lasted, four legs plus 13,000. Turns $25 into over 3K. He did Jack, so- Jack Shore by submission or points. Pimblet by submission, Allen by KO or points, Aspinall by submission, parlayed him up, 25 into over 3K. And then lastly, I'm going to butcher this name, Rob Minkler. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Yeah, Four legs, it. plus 16,717. Makayev, round one submission, Paul Craig inside the distance, Pimblet in round one, Aspinall round one, round two, or round three, turns $10 into 1600 I mean, Damn. it was a tough week to get on here. You had to be over plus 10,000 on your parlay if you wanted to get it. Like, got some really, really crazy ones. So, yeah. Shout out to the people. Yeah. What about that one I sent you? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He didn't yeah, make the I cut? Should, I should. I mean, I, what am I going to do? No name, no bet uh, slip. Like, I mean, uh, that's from a reputable source. It is a reputable source. Ben I mean, Fox, yeah. the man. Yeah, who's I should have uh, had the. Guy. Yeah, I should have had that. I mean, this was a crazy thing. I, I understand where you're coming from because. Uh, you know, we like to have the actual proof. Um, but for those that missed it, let me just pull this up here. He sent this to me earlier. One better won 1.2 million. Yeah. 1.2 million on $850 worth of UFC bets. <laughs> the better had a $750 15-leg and a $100 17-leg money line parlay on the last two fight nights. It's insane. He won the Azmat Mirzakhanov fight. Miranda Maverick, Khalil Roundtree, Sadiq Youssef, Alex Bejeda, Song Yadong, Mohaev, Ankalaev, McCann, Taporia, Craig, Pimblet, Arnold Allen, Aspinall, Guido Canetti. Incredible. Moneyline. Every single one of those. Incredible, dude. Uh, An understatement. And, and he won 1.28. I asked Ben... 
who's a gambling expert. He works for uh, Vizen Live, formerly of ESPN. Yeah. It's Vizen, right? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Vizen, V-S-I-N. V-S-I-N. What is it? It's, yeah. it's Sin. I think it's Vizen. Like Vegas Sin Live? It's a Vegas thing. Anyway. Yes. Um, I asked them if it was like the greatest victory ever, and they said because it's broken up into two bets, it didn't... You know, oh, it's not? No, yeah. Uh-huh. It doesn't count. I don't know. Whatever. Who the hell cares? 1.2 million? What the hell? That's nuts. I mean, yeah, you're, you're but I guess not big enough to make your uh, your list. So. I mean, what am I? What am I going to do? Have the tweet and the guy's notes app up? Like, I, yeah. I need All I right. need the fair. concrete proof. Fair. All right, fair, fair. you know what? Not you're saying right. that I don't trust them. Yeah, yeah. No. But like, who are we gonna who are we gonna shout out? Yeah. Then all of a sudden, like, there Better has X. to be. Yeah, there has to be. Uh, I got to get the slip. You know. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, anything else to share? Yeah. Why not? Let's let's shout out the DraftKings because we got a real picture this week. Oh, okay. Yeah, we we have got a real picture. Oh. Hey, it's the same thing as us. Don't get too excited. Well, I mean, I love this. Reminds me of King of the Ring. Running Flowers, Ronald H. He goes Aspinall, Allen, Nelson, Amir Khani, Shore, Makayev. Oh. Winner, winner. Look at him. Ronald H. Running Flowers. <laughs> Shout out. Actual picture this time, Ronald. Well I mean, done. Let this be a lesson to all. This is the, this is the proudest I've had, moment I've had for the DraftKings. You too can have a crown on your head if you actually put your face on your on your avatar. Ronald H. Salute to you, sir. How much did he win? Like two hundred dollars. Well done. Yeah, I messed up the executive league. A lot of people came in for that. What what happened? Uh the payout structure. I accidentally did fifty fifty instead of uh winner take all. Oh no. Uh, yeah. That's a big blunder. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for whoever won it this week. So uh... yeah. We're back right. at it next week. Okay, all right. Uh, speaking of next week, it's uh, Chris Dacus versus Curtis Blades. Dacus, a big underdog in this one, plus 280. Blades, yep. minus 365. Yeah, I've actually got quite a few bets already locked in. I'll, I'm going to tweet those out. Uh, yeah. A couple of people you know, made a, uh, mm. a solid critique mm-hmm. of like the line changes too much by the time that I give it out on Wednesday. So, yeah, that's a nice reminder for me to tweet out these as soon as we get out of here. Some interesting ones off the bat. Kaikar France plus 260 against the very tough, I mean, Askar Askar. You, is that you, one you of know, them? I mean, you know where we're going. Yeah, there. Come plus on. Two, you love Kaikar France. I mean, we're, we're, that's, we don't emotionally bet often, but we're going to rock with Kai yeah. on that. Uh, Sarah McMahon plus 185. That's interesting. How about Neil Magny buried on the underdog, on the un- undercard? That's a bit surprising to me. Uh, going up against Max Griffin, he is the favorite. Hmm. Mark Casey plus 150. I'm looking for some dogs here. Uh, Mateus Nicolau, that's an interesting one, plus 115. He's looked good as of late. Mm. There it is, the Helwani dog of the week, Mateus I mean, Nicolau. I, I feel like I've been hitting them lately, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, all right, I'm Other than the parlay that you gave up. Well, the parlay, yeah, I mean, I got greedy there, but uh, I'm usually hitting one per card now, if you want to like look at the sum of all the, you know, but... I like but to focus. That's what we should start doing. One per card. If you had just given out Khalil Roundtree, people would be like, this guy. Aspinall. I said Aspinall. I said Jack Shore. Uh, there was another one that I thought I said. Oh, Paul Craig. I agreed with you on the Paul Craig. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, all right. Well, thank you very much. And we'll talk on Wednesday. Yeah. There he it. is. Everyone, GC stopping by. 
our uh, resident gambling expert. Okay, no time to waste. Time now for everyone's third favorite segment of the week. It is time. And now it's time yes. to open up your ears and your minds, yes. MMA fans. It's time for Rick's Picks. Rick's Picks. Rick's yes, Picks are lots of fun. I actually don't know if he's here today. You already know what it is. Rick's Picks. We're about Ladies to find and gentlemen, out. boys and girls, it's the moment you've all been waiting for. It's the new craze taking the world hmm. by storm. Live from the Vox Studios in beautiful New York City, it's time for... Rick's Picks! That's right. Here he is. Oh, there he is. The man Hello, of the hour. Hello, my friend. Too sweet to be sour. How are you? I'm doing well. You? I have no complaints. What do we Peachy. got? Life's... life's uh, Life's great. Did you watch the Casey fight? Uh, no, I I did not. What? What kind of nonsense is this? Of course, I were, watched. No, the Casey were you fight. watching it live? Yeah, of course. I, I didn't I mean, see you in the comments. What comments? When we were watching it live, everyone was commenting. Who's, what? Wait, where? Where are you talking oh, about? Were you watching the Celtic Gladiator stream or the? I was Ramundi- watching the Celtic. Oh, Gladiator I was watching stream. the Ramundi stream. No, come on. I know. I want, it, the pro, I want the pro quality, bro. You're right. It was a way better stream. <laughs> I felt bad because I told Mark to do it, and then Celtic finally jumped in. Yeah. And yeah. I wanted to support his endeavors. I, as much as as much as I love Mark, I, I need to I need to see this in HD. I need to. It was apparently an iPad. It was um, great doing it right. Yeah. It was I didn't great. know you could even stream uh, IG Live. They. Uh, I have to tell you, they did a fantastic job yeah. on the fly recording that. Um, I mean, they almost awesome. freaking fumbled the whole damn bag because they weren't going to stream anything. Come people, on, guys. Celtic people needed Gladiator. to see that, and I'm sure they're happy they did. I'm sure that's the most they've uh, they've got on that page. So shout out to them for doing it. Yeah. Shout out to you. Um, Thank you. For arranging. That. Thank you. I mean, you wouldn't want to pat yourself on the back, so let me no, no, do I it for appreciate you. that. Um, and shout out to to the boy, uh, Casey. Oh, I thought you were going to say Patty. No. Does he call himself the boy? He says he's the boy. The real boy? (laughs) Right, right, The real boy is Casey. That's right. Um, That's right. I have some Rick's picks. Uh, None of them are from London, so if there's anything else you want to get off your chest on that, maybe maybe talk about it, Uh, because otherwise we're moving on. Good. I'm good good to move on. I mean, actually- It was a great night. There's going to be more London talk on uh, Wednesday. Uh, I can tell you Tom Aspinall joining us. Uh, One of our favorites in terms of broadcasters- who might have been the play-by-play wow, guy on my Saturday. My guy, my yeah. guy, Johnny G. Uh, Johnny G in the house. Uh, and I think a fighter who I don't think was in attendance, um, but obviously has uh, a keen interest and is a huge part of building the foundation that we saw flourish and come to fruition on Saturday. I don't know if I'm even describing this the right hmm. way, but the outlaw, uh, Dan Hardy, will give us his thoughts. Oh, very good. Among others. So stay tuned for that. Gooden and Gooden and uh, Hardy reunion, maybe, maybe a little bit of crossover. No crossover, different, different, different uh, times, different times. Yeah, I don't want to okay. make it awkward. For um, sorry, I didn't, I didn't, yeah. I didn't mean to tease something that's that's not getting delivered. Okay, what do we moving got? on? We great, got? great nice. night of fights. Yeah, um, but the story, the story of the weekend is our very own EKC. I thought you were talking about the things I just talked about. I'm not talking about London. Oh, okay, okay. No, no, no. They, you think I'm going to do a, a segment without giving this to EKC, a.k.a. K1 Casey, because obviously he's wow. been working on his striking, as he said, yeah. a.k.a. Eugene Casey, Laydana Madoff. Like wow. this, this guy gets the rub this week. Nate Diaz voice, oh, you're a wrestler now. Uh, shout out to Casey, getting it done for us, for MMA fighting, for himself, uh, for uh, the documentary crew that's, that's uh, 
um, documenting the whole journey. Shout out to Cynthia and Esther. I don't know if they're using anybody else um, that's local over there, but I know those two are obviously involved. Um, so yeah, shout out to Casey. Congratulations. Sounds like he's going to do it again. Um, so let's let's do it one more time. But uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, part two that's that's going to come out on the MMA Fighting um, YouTube channel. Oh, when's that coming showcasing out? Showcasing the fight. I don't think we have a timeline or an ETA on that yet, but um, I know Casey and uh, and everybody's working on it. So I watched part um, one on Friday. 30 seconds in, I'm crying my eyes out. I don't know why I was getting so emotional. Because that dude knows how to tell a story, man. Yeah, he does. He knows how to thing. tell a story. The, the um, way as good as he, has a, as he is at fighting, yeah. he well, might be know. better at that. Yes, okay. I thought you were going to say he's as good as a, a of a videographer as he is a fighter, but I would say. No, he he might be the, the best at that. Um, that video was awesome, um, and uh, the fight was awesome, and now we're looking forward to uh, what's next. But shout out to the man, EKC, of course. Of course. You crazy? I was, uh, Come on. Um, one more person, though. Uh, Conor McGregor. Gets gets my pick. Wow! Popped popped his head up for air talking to Oscar Willis of the Mac Life, uh, st- stealing the the headlines, stealing the attention. Just he is as he has famously once told you, he is still the bread. Yes. Um, Kamaru Usman now <laughs> talking about him. Oh. Uh, and uh, Hamza and Darren Till inviting him to become uh, the a trio. Yes. Uh, one of one of the triumvirate. Um. But uh, Conor McGregor still has the juice popping popping up on. Uh, now, how did you feel Day? about him popping up on on uh, Friday? It was Friday, right? Wasn't it? It was. Well, Thursday. I think I think they recorded that before St. Paddy's Day because oh yeah, you know what? It was the day before St. Paddy's Day because he says I'm gonna drink tomorrow on St. Paddy's Day, so I'm not gonna drink today. Right at the at the bar uh, at the Black Forge Inn where where sure. uh, this took place. Um, how do I feel about him doing it? Like what you mean? Like during the fight week of. Of the London card, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna if he did it tomorrow, if he did it Monday, if he did it. Do you whenever, have any interest in this fight? <laughs> I tell you, okay. There's only one person at, that that's truly at this point um, a welterweight who's not already like Leon Edwards already has that fight right. So obviously Leon Edwards, I care about seeing. I, w- I want to see that rematch. I think Leon deserves that. I, th- I think you know uh, Arnold Allen gave him the big up this week, uh, saying you know he's the best fighter in British MMA. Um, Leon's awesome. I really want to see that fight. There's only one fight after that that I really care about, and that's Hamzat versus the winner of of that fight. Um, if Leon wins, maybe an immediate rematch with Kamara, something to that effect. But um, I. Uh, I don't see much in that division that I really care about at this point for Kamara. So I I don't hate it. I mean, I don't think it's a very competitive matchup. But if you're if you're if you're managing Conor McGregor, do you want his first fight back to be at 170 against Kamara Usman? Well, I think his next fight will be at 170. Period. No, no, no. First uh, fight back at 170 against Kamara Usman. Like <sighs> probably, Look, let, I would go the Donald Cerrone route. Get him a win. And then go into it, and then we start talking about that. We need to win think Connor, here. I don't think Connor has that mentality. Um, I think Connor. Look, if you're Connor McGregor and you can walk into a title shot against Kamaru Usman, oh, of course you take it. I'm you just saying, for, if I'm managing him, I'm not yeah. the UFC now. I'm managing him. I don't think it's a competitive fight. I'll say that up front. You think it happens? I I think it's more likely than unlikely. I'll say that because yeah, I don't think the UFC sees a lot of 
contenders for Kamaru Usman, right? Yeah, you still have like, Luke and uh, and Bilal coming well, up. Okay, one of them's getting eliminated right yeah, there. Yeah, I mean the winner. So now of that you're cutting fight. it in half, right? There's only there's only one left there. Of course, we the have the big of, Canelo fight. <laughs> that I'll say this: I want to see Connor more than I want to see Usman Canelo. One thousand percent. Not um, even a question. <laughs> I mean, not even a question. If so, you, Luke and Bilal, only one guy's coming out of that. If Gilbert Burns wins again, I don't care to see that that quickly. Um, if Hamza wins, obviously that's the one I said I want to see. So look, they're short. They're short on bodies for Kamar Usman, and Usman isn't moving up unless Israel Adesanya is gone. So that really eliminates a lot of options. I don't hate it. I really don't hate it. Which fight do, um, do you want to see more, Connor versus Usman or Connor versus Jake Paul? Connor versus Jake Paul because I think that'd be more competitive. Wow. I think Conor McGregor has a real chance. I know Dana White and others have talked about the size discrepancy. Conor looked pretty massive uh, in that video. Um, I don't think the the size will will matter that much. I don't think Jake Paul fights very big, nor does he like really lean on his opponents that much. I don't think that would be too hard to overcome. I mean, we saw Tyron Woodley have has some success against uh, Jake Paul. I don't think that will be too much for Conor. Mm, I, no. I, I would like to see Conor versus Jake. Obviously, the Jake Paul fight is a more... Uh winnable fight also a bigger fight i would argue right like the, the uh, buys wise 100 percent. that's a good question mm, i don't know 100 percent. i don't think jake yeah. paul is as box office as as the attention i think he gets a lot of attention i don't know if he's a paper well the, the problem is the problem is that his fan base aren't paying 75 dollars yeah they're that's mostly... the fundamental issue his fan base don't even understand what the the term pay-per-view means 18-year-old kids don't have that income, and they aren't convincing their parents to do it. They're just going to find a stream. That's the fundamental issue. So the number that has been reported for the second Woodley fight is false. The second Woodley fight did do less than the first Woodley fight, but it's not the number that's out there. I'm only at liberty to say that. I'll also say 1,000%. That's not the amount of people that watched. Obviously, way more people watched. Of course. It's just that many people. So I think together... There was just no interest in that rematch because of how the first fight went. I think together, it brings in all kinds of different people that wouldn't come into a regular MMA fight, right? Absolutely. It brings all kinds of... As Mayweather McGregor once did. And please, for the love of God, do not mistake what I'm trying to say here. Obviously, Usman is, I think, the best pound-for-pound fighter on the planet right now. Obviously, he's a high... Like, I'm not comparing the athletic competition in one fight versus the other. I'm just saying what will transcend the fight game. Usman just isn't that name right now. He's getting close. Inside the fight game, he's that guy. Outside the fight game, he is not. That is... is He's inching closer to getting that kind of recognition outside. Um, But you can't compare the two in terms of outside popularity. No. It's it's a completely different ballgame. But, as you said, like, there are some there are some hurdles in terms of converting those that younger audience right like it doesn't i don't think it's a, i don't think it's a no-brainer but i think it's a it's a must do yeah obviously if that opportunity is there i just i mean i don't think that's an that's that's a possibility whereas i think kamaru and and connor is very possible i maintain you book him against masvidal next at 170 it's a great fight for him and if you win that fight now it's a thing but i think also from a again i'm talking now from a I'm managing him. I want yep. my guy to get his confidence. But I know, like, he's not short on confidence. But, like, just to win, to get back on track, I think would be, you know, for the business, you win a fight, you beat Masvidal, 
If it's at MSG, great. You'll get all this attention for the business of Conor McGregor. You get a win. People start believing in you again. The hype comes back. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not one to say that he's less. Po- like I. I don't. I've said it a thousand times. Conor versus a broomstick does a million buys. He's yep. the only one in the game who's automatic million buys. But if I'm on Team McGregor and I want him to get the mojo back, I want. To, he's still relatively young. We're coming off a serious injury. Let's get a win. I don't know who that guy is. I think. I think the fight. Like regardless of if we're trying to fight Usman next, I just think a win, and then we talk about one you know more the big and then things. The title. Yeah, that's my thoughts. I agree. I think it's more likely that he would come straight into a, into a title shot. Yes. And and Dana didn't seem to uh, to shoot it down too quickly. Um, of course not. So I, I'll, I'll say this, though. I'd rather see the winner of Gaethje and Oliveira versus Conor over Usman. Because oh. I actually think those would be Much, decently competitive. I mean, Gaethje versus Conor would be incredible. Yeah. No one's <laughs> shooting in that fight. No, nobody's shooting, but those leg kicks would probably sure. um, add up quick. Oliveira but, versus Connor would be great, too. Yeah. Also, I just think Connor is better at 55 than 70. I agree. I just don't. Man, he looks. He looks, he looks big. He but, looks like I mean, once he gets into a training camp, he's doing cardio. Yeah. I think he's just a better 55er than he is at 170. I mean, our only – I mean, the Cerrone fight doesn't really – it was so short, but the two Nate fights – we're at 70. That's really our sample size. 55. At one time, he was the best in the world. Yeah. I buy it. I dig it. I would rather see that, but I am mad. I'm not mad about uh, the potential of Conor versus Usman. It, the, uh, can Patty Pimblett be as big as Conor McGregor? Oh, boy. What are we talking? Like, you know, you know the answer is no, obviously. I mean, I, I don't even think that that's even in the realm of possibility. Patty has like the thing can't. that people who aren't fight fans are like, oh, this Patty guy, I want to watch this guy. Mm. Nobody outside of my MMA watching friends has ever asked me about Patty Pimblett. And I cannot say that about Conor McGregor. Okay, but now, now, again, we're comparing early, right? We're like, comparing this is second early. fight, right? We're comparing second. For one thing, I just don't think Patty Pimblett is as good a fighter as Conor McGregor. That's um, not the point. That's not the question. I know. I'm I know you're not saying that, yeah. but I think I think those things are part and parcel. Sure. I think those things go hand in hand. To be Conor McGregor, to reach the heights that Conor McGregor reached, I think it's underrated. I think people forget this because of how big Conor is and what Conor became. He was absolutely lancing people on the way up. Like that dude was the truth uh, from day one. And I will admit, I needed to see it before I was ready to declare it. Um, I was not one of those who was like. Conor McGregor is going to be the next champion. I wasn't that guy, but I I was thinking that he had the skills and the capabilities. I needed to see it first. Um, not dissimilar to actually how I thought about Israel Adesanya. I wanted to see the the I wanted to see the proof. Um, but has all the skills and had all the skills. I don't think Patty Pimblett has that, and I don't. I think that will limit how far he can go. Um, I think he can headline a card. Obviously, um, he could have headlined that card. I think it was. I, I thought he should have headlined that card. Quite frankly. Mm. Um, but I think he will have to win tough fights in order to become to even like sniff the conversation of becoming Conor McGregor, which I don't think he will. Um, he will have to win big fights, and I don't think that he has what Conor has. I mean, let's let's just call it what it is. In his first two fights, he's faced adversity. Like, yeah, he got rocked. It hasn't been it hasn't been smooth sailing. He did, he wasn't you know Muhammad Makayev who came in there and just smoked a dude. Sure. 
Um, he hasn't had, and and by the way, calling it like it is, for as all you know, for all the hate that Connor got early on, which I thought was unfair, uh, he never fought a Kazula Vargas. Yeah, that's he fair. never fought a Luigi Vendramini. I mean, Marcus yep. Brimage was a solid debut. Max Holloway maybe didn't I, get the kind of love back then. That fight has aged very well. <laughs> you know what I mean? hundred percent. And I, I think it's almost a disservice to Patty to compare him to Connor. I know he'll welcome it. You know, look, Connor's a legend. I think he puts him, Everyone he wants put himself to do that. in that. I mean, they were comparing him back in Cage Warriors too. I think it's a disservice because nobody's Connor, period, when it comes to that attention. But Patty's special when it comes to that, no doubt. Like Patty Patty captures the imagination in a way that a fighter at his level of experience at a fighter who's facing the, the opposition that he's facing, he has something that others don't. He has it. Whatever it is, he has it. And he is special in that regard. Um, so I think it's a disservice to, to even compare him to the biggest name, you know, Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor, those names that had, that have completely changed um, attention for MMA. I think it's a disservice because I think he's up there. I think he's on that level when it comes to drawing attention. He needs the skills to match and he look. I'm I'm willing to be proven wrong. I th- I think he I think he could. I, I think it's possible. I I personally don't see it. Um, but if he does, the sky is the limit. The sky is truly the limit because he does. He people are drawn to him. Haters, lovers, whatever it is. He, he is he, polarizing. He has it, and and people will uh, come along for the ride. So if they can build him in the in the way that um that you're kind of describing for you know you're talking about Conor McGregor, give him one that he can win. If if Patty Pimblet and keep getting ones he can win. Oh, by the way, if I'm promoting Patty Pimlet, I'm giving him six more Kazula Vargas's. Yeah. Who cares? If you're getting that kind of pop, that kind of reaction, what's you the got, rush? Now, you, I agree with uh, Big John. I saw a quote from Big John. He was actually fighting tougher competition in Cage Wars than he has sure. thus far I in mean, the UFC. Ju- Julian Arosa, right? Like, yeah, we're, we're Soren Bach. Guys. Like, the, yeah. these, these guys are tougher than the ones he's fought, with all due respect. He did get rocked. He's winning. Um, he said it. It's fun either way. Like, these fights are never boring with him. I also think the unique thing about Patty Pimblett is in the history of us, you know, I mean, MMA, us covering the sport over a decade now, very rare to have a guy who was that popular on the quote-unquote regional scene for that long not make it to the UFC and then finally make it to the UFC. So I think what's cool about the Patty experience Mm. for, you know, the Kaposas of the world and also the new fans of the world is – you know, usually it's Ian Gary. You get a few fights, a couple of years, you're jumping in there. Sure. Uh, Patty made his debut in 2012. Yeah. Patty was fighting on the same night as uh, the UFC 205 card in 2016 in the main event. So it was a, it's been a long journey for him, and he's got the name, he's got the look, he's got the accent, he's got the fighting style, he had the shorts, he had the walkout, he had every single thing that you need, and he was doing it for a long time here. So the hardcore's feel like some kind of way about him and have ownership of his journey yep. and the new fans are like who's this guy fifth beetle he got the hair he got like it's a and, perfect storm and the people that want to hate on him and doubt him they're giving wanna him watch the energy him and the and attention because they want to see him yeah, yeah they want to see him fail and and that is um energy energy and attention and inertia toward um his goals so yeah i mean yeah i i don't think he is connor i think that's a a hard that that, that bar is an impossibility um, maybe one day somebody will, will achieve that. Um, but man, yeah, he has it. Whatever that it is, he has it. Um, and he needs to he needs to stay winning. Look, it, it would be it would be catastrophic if his next fight is like 
you know, somewhere opening a card or middle of a card on a pay-per-view or something. Like, this guy can sell out an arena, clearly, mm. put him against somebody, and just make that the fight. There's no reason, there's no reason uh, to rush him. There really isn't. Mm. Well, unless you put him on the, you know, on a pay-per-view and just put him against another guy like Vargas. But but Why? But why do that? No, no, no. If you can, he should if, be fighting in the UK. Like, yeah, again, exactly. as I said, Eddie Hearn was there, and that was pretty damn cool. But that was cool. AJ Eddie too. Hearn had, yeah, Anthony Joshua, good friend of the show, Jeremy Piven. <laughs> Eddie Hearn has the blueprint. Eddie Hearn has a much bigger and more glorified version of Cage Warriors, right? Matchroom does things in the United States, but every weekend at four or five, there's a DAZN Matchroom card, and yep. it looks it looks like that. Like when yep. I watched Mick Conlon fight against Lee Wood, it looked like that. Uh, when I watched a couple of weeks prior the uh, the Catterall fight against Jock, it looked like that. He has been able to, and I know there's Frank Warren, but like the yep. the 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 talent and the fan base in the UK, we know this for a long time. Half of the people that watch this show are from the UK. Yeah, they can't just go there once a year. They can't just go there every March. They need to go there at least every quarter. And you'll have, and you can have these fights. You can have these moments, and it'll make Patty look bigger. It'll make Mo- Molly sure. seems like a bigger star because she did that. Imagine if she did that in Phoenix. None yeah, of that and happens. This, and this is why I'm saying it. You could put him against another guy like a Gazula Vargas on, on a pay per view card, but it's like, why? This, right. this, he- this headliner in the UK is going to be bigger than anything else you could do. There's no reason to throw that away. That that's the money. Um, put him at the Echo Arena again. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, put him at the Echo Arena. Sure. Headline the card with him, with or without Till. If Till's ready to go, put him in the main event. Put Patty in the co-main, and you're off to the races. Yeah, and it seemed like you know in the in the post-fight press conference, Dana White talked about as soon as he gets back stateside, he's going to talk about scrapping plans and and coming back. Yes. And it seemed like Paul Craig alluded to some existing plans that he might have gotten in trouble for uh, for some European shows. So. Listen, I think enough, the message is enough. Of, yeah. I mean, please, for the love of God, more of Saturday, less more of, of Saturday. Uh, of the Apex. <laughs> I said we're not going to talk London. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't know how we got all back the way to back. it. That's it. That's all I got. Oh, I'm going to give a couple shout outs yeah, before we go. Hit me. Shout out to Francis Ngannou, went under the knife. Yeah. Hopefully, he makes speedy a, uh, a speedy recovery. The big man. Uh, hope we get to see him again this year. I think that might be a long shot, but we'll see. Shout out to Big Gable Stevenson who went back-to-back, won his uh, second straight national championship. What a 365 days for that guy. Um, Wins it last year, wins it this year, wins the Olympic gold. I'm not a huge collegiate wrestling fan. I go out of my way to watch him. He did a move, I think, on Friday where he freaking, like, somersaulted the guy. I mean, like, I don't even know Mm -hmm. what he did. It was crazy. It was like leapfrog. I don't know what the hell he did. The guy is 275 pounds, and he's jumping around like he weighs 145. When he eventually and inevitably comes to MMA, it's going to be it's going to be it's a scene. Be special. I think it's good what he's doing. They'll build him up as a monster. Hopefully, they do it the right way. Hopefully, they keep his name. They don't do any stupid stuff like changing the guy's I, name. I do fear that that WWE money might just all, you change know be him? too good for no 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 not change him not change him. Um, I'm not. I I don't know him personally. I think DC could probably speak better to like his his character and, and the fiber. I'm talking more like. You know he's going to be getting big WWE money off the bat. Like maybe why? Maybe why take why you know, get the damage in the, in the head? Yeah, why? Why do it? He might he might just stick with that and fall in love with it. Um, I hope he comes to MMA because I think that dude could could change the sport 
Um, oh my god! With how how freaky of an athlete he is. Selfishly, I wish he was going to MMA first because I mean, just the bidding war for him at this point would be amazing. We compare him to um, Brock a lot for obvious reasons. He knows yeah. Brock, trained in the Brock, both from Minnesota. Same college, yeah. It's actually more of the Kurt Angle route because mm. Kurt Angle went to the Olympics and all that. Mm-hmm. Wasn't as successful in collegiate wrestling. But the point is, Kurt never went. Kurt flirted with going to yeah. MMA. You'll recall t- uh, he, went, he was talking about tough. IFL yep. flirted. He never actually did it. Uh, and so to your point, that could be a thing. Brock actually had a falling out with WWE, and that led to him going to MMA. Um, so if everything goes well for Gable, maybe we don't. That would be a bummer. It would be a bummer. Um, I love watching that guy compete. I mean, he's just so big, yet so fast and so agile. It's amazing. And uh, you know what? Shout out to my old friend, my old co-host. I thought DC did a phenomenal job this past weekend. Birthday yesterday, 43 for the big man. But uh, again, after London and after Casey, well, actually it was before before Casey, after (laughs) London, it was like, of course I'm watching NCAA basketball. Not on this night. I watched pretty much the two-hour broadcast of the wrestling because DC, because DC brought the passion and energy of a super fan and the experience and credibility of a legend. Um, and again, I, I don't really watch this stuff. And I had been saying ever since they went over, why aren't you putting DC on these broadcasts? Like this is a natural. This guy's a two-time Olympian. He's a freaking legend from OSU. He's a like to have a guy like that come over. And I he's spoke a to him yesterday. Season commentator. Yes, it he's great at it. Yeah. I spoke to him yesterday, and I was like, you know, people make fun of you not doing like your research and stuff because, like, me listening to it, I was like, wow, you knew all these dudes. I've never even heard of these guys. You're talking to me about Penn State, this, yeah. that. He's like, I didn't do a thing of prep. He just Did, lives it because he's a super like. Yeah. If he could have, if he could have signed up for some sort of like contest. To be yeah. a broad, like that's what tri- he would have chosen trivia, to do. If it took trivia to get it, he yeah. would have he would have aced it. So I thought that came through, and when that comes through, it's very special. So shout out to DC. Shout out to the to the legend DC. Yeah. All right. That's it. Thank you very much. There Casey, he is, everyone. New York Rick stopping by. Peace and love. Peace and love. I told you all as of October twenty eighth. If you send me anything, um, I'm not signing it. Okay, I'm warning you all with peace and love and peace and love. Uh, a couple of the people that we just spoke about might be on uh, the program Wednesday. Stay tuned for that, but uh, we are officially out of time. It is time to go home. So, Frank, any final thoughts, Frank? Anything you want to say? I mean, I feel like we kind of... Uh, I think you got it all off my chest. We put you on the spot there. I mean, it's okay. There always has to be a heel in the group, you know? I thought that was you. Yeah, on, on on this particular occasion, it was you. You know, it just, uh, you know, I appreciate you taking one for the team. These things happen in MMA. Um, let this be a lesson. Never bet against E. Casey Lydon. That's that. Still buzzing from uh, London. What a night. What a card. So much fun. Hope they go back more and more go back to Ireland go, go back to all these places and by the way don't tell me you can't make money over there 4.5 million dollar gate for a, uh, a card that wasn't headlined by a title fight you can make that money take the th- yes I, I get it they're not O2 in every single you know city in, in England but you got a big arena over there in Liverpool you've been to Manchester that's a big arena too in Manchester the the Manchester Evening News Arena unless they change the name you got one in they've been to Newcastle they've been to Nottingham come on guys let's go 
Give us that passion. Give us that love. Give us these moments. Please. No more Apex. Four tiers. Pay-per-view. Tier one fight night. Tier two fight night. Sort of like this weekend in Columbus. That'll be fun. And then tier four. You want to do like three a year there? Fine. But that's it. Thank you very much to all our guests. Appreciate you all very much. Thank you for listening. Uh, who is it? Jack Shore. Patty. Not Patty. Molly. Everyone who joined us. I'm out of time. I'm tired. You know who you are. Much love. Be back on Wednesday. Same time and place. Till the day.